Recording this late Wednesday into Thursday. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast. I am so thankful for each and every one of you. Every single time that you take a minute to click this uh, this podcast on, click this show on. Because that's what's different about um, a podcast or a show like this versus some of the other things that I've done in my life, right? Right. Some of you probably used to watch me on TVG or see me on shows for where I would work for other places. And the thing is, is if you're watching TVG, I'm just going to come on. You could be like, ah, oh, no, that Gino guy's on there. I don't want to see him. When you tune on to this show, you know what you're getting. You know you're tuning in to listen to That's What G Said. You know you're going to be tuning in to to hear our lengthy interviews. One thing that I you know a lot of people say, podcasts, they should be short. Everything should be short. I do the opposite. I go longer. Everybody cuts shorter. They want shorter, shorter. I say, you know what? When we bring people on to have interviews with them, when when we're going to discuss a topic here on That's What G Said, we are going to discuss it. I'm never going to cut something short because of time. I'm never going to do that. We're going to go until whatever the topic is, we feel like we got it all out there. Whether it's one race, whether it's a football game, whether it's talking about a TV show or a Marvel movie, we're going to get into all of it. All of it. And um, i I can't thank you all enough. It's you know it's Thanksgiving. It's when you look around to all the your friends and your your family and your loved ones and all the people who are important to you and all of you. Hey, if it's not for you, I don't have a job right now. <laughs> you you all that tune into this show, that listen to that's what G said. You're the reason why I got money in my pocket right now because I'm able to get have a relationship with the sponsors and with the uh, the advertisers because they know that. There are a lot of you that are listening to this show. And so it's just, again, uh, if I don't say it enough to all of you out there, thank you. Because I know there are a million great podcasts out there. There are articles. There are websites that have videos for all sorts of information. YouTube. Think about all the, the, the streaming services from Netflix to Hulu, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, HBO Max, Peacock, everything. Every show, there's more content out there than ever before, all different mediums, all different sports, all different everything. And any any time that you take a minute, an hour, sometimes five hours to listen to our, our shows, I, I really appreciate it. And it's been a it's been an excellent few months. I'm sure a lot of you who um, tune into this show all the time have noticed we've really been growing with um uh, some of the content with a lot of the the partnerships that we have and a lot of the relationships, uh, working relationships have really, really grown and blossomed over the last year or so. We are having the most people that we've ever had listening to our show right now. We are growing in listener numbers and it's uh, it's awesome. So every time one of you clicks on a show, helps share a show, likes a tweet or a post on Facebook or Instagram, shares something around, thank you so much. And you know, always um, know that if you ever have a question, you ever have a comment, I'd love to hear back from you. And if you ever want to, I can always, I can promise you that you can feel confident sharing this show around with your friends and family and letting them know that whatever the topic is, this is always going to be really well researched and, and really, really, we're going to put in the time for you no matter what. We're not always going to be right. 
We're going to be wrong probably a lot more than we are right. But there's never going to be a time where you came on and go, ah, it seemed like Gino kind of half-assed it there. I just, I promise you, I'd rather not put out a show than do that. So we're always going to give you our all no matter what. Thank you and happy Thanksgiving to each and every one of you out there listening. I hope you all have an excellent, excellent time with your families and a great weekend. So I ended up recording this show a little earlier than normal. So it's going to be different. But before I get into the schedule, I have to get to the other part of the relationship now. And a big thank you to the sponsors. First up, the title sponsor of the show as of late, Better Than Dot Vegas. And the whole crew over there, I've absolutely loved uh, working with them. And if you're not following Better Than Dot Vegas, and if you're if you haven't checked them out, please go do so. It is a everything's free over there, so it's not going to cost you a cent. If you go to the website, you'll notice there are videos from a bunch of different handicappers and gamblers all around the world, and they are sharing their selections, their analysis, some of the games they're playing, props they're playing, some of the bets they're making, and the reasons why. It doesn't cost you anything to to hear and to watch everyone's thoughts. You can also create an account for yourself where you are able to post your selections, your thoughts, videos, and then you can grow your following. You can show people the knowledge that you have and you can help, um, you know, provide information for others. If you follow on Twitter at BTV bets, they give away public prop wagers every single day. So they bet, they bet something. If it hits one of you will get the money. All you have to do is retweet and share those posts at BTV bets, free live streams leading up to football games, fantasy live streams, Great work over there at Better Than Dot Vegas. They want to help you become a better, better, and they have been a really great partner to work with on uh, on that's what G said podcast. We're gonna have an interview with Cindy Carava coming up, and and big thanks to Cindy Carava. She has been one of the long time from the very beginning sponsors of that's what G said podcast, and we're gonna talk all uh, with her about the current real estate market, how things are have been throughout 2021, and what it looks like heading into 2022. Following that, we'll have Jack Fitzpatrick from DRF Sports. DRF Sports, one of the newer partners of That's What G Said podcast. Very excited to be working with them and how they have been branching out from that great horse racing DRF into DRF Sports, giving us all that same great information. Jack is going to help us talk about the big sports weekend coming up. We talk a little college basketball, talk a little NFL, and we talk about the Seattle Seahawks uh, and what's going to happen with Russ and this team moving forward. Then we get into the Sunday NFL Week 12 slate with Eric Etoff, 2-1 Sports, joins us as we talk all the Sunday and the Monday games. Remember, we did talk the three Thursday games on the earlier episode. Don't want to forget about DRF, uh, the relationship we've got with them over there, because that's the only place I ever have used for handicapping the races, past performances, formulator. It's for me, so I don't ever have to. I never have to try to BS you because that's all I've ever used. And I think all of you see when I'm handicapping how comfortable it is to use those DRF formulator past performances. How about Stable Duel with the huge contest coming up? Stable Duel is, is another one that's been around. We've had such a great relationship. Bree Mott and the whole team over at Stable Duel. We've been working together for a while now. Happy holidays to everyone over at Stable Duel. There's a big game coming up this weekend. The Del Mar Derby on Saturday. $20,000 in prizes. $150 to enter that game. We'll talk more about Saturday racing in just a second. So, Sarah Candles. Tyler Herringer over there. 
Happy Thanksgiving to Tyler and to all the crew at Sarah Candles, another one who's been a partner for so long here with That's What G Said. We are lucky to have had such great working relationships with all of you. Happy Thanksgiving to you. So on this episode, interview with Cindy Carava, talking real estate and the market, interview with Jack Fitzpatrick, talking the big sports weekend coming up. We start out with Gonzaga, UCLA, talk a little bit about that game, talk about the NFL, and then we get into... uh, um, Seattle Seahawks and what he thinks about Russ moving forward. Then every NFL game for Sunday and for Monday, we get into Friday racing. Now, because it's Wednesday when I'm recording this and the Saturday races have just come out, morning lines are not even out for those yet. And it's really early. And I'd, like I said, I never would want to kind of half it and only look at those races a little bit. So I'm going to take time in the next day or two, handicap a bunch of races for Saturday. And then on Saturday, or on Friday and into Saturday, I'm going to post some videos online. So please follow. It's me, Gino B. I will post videos with selections, and we're going to do a live stream on Saturday morning that covers the Del Mar Saturday card. It's an awesome card. That There's that big stable duel contest. I talked to Bree Mott earlier. It's either going to be Bree hosting if she can't do it because holiday weekend. I'm going to do it. One of us, we're going to have a full Saturday Delmar card live stream to go through every race on the card. So we're only going to have Friday racing on here from Churchill, Aqueduct, Laurel, and Delmar. I got a couple best bets from all four of those racetracks. And we finish up wrestling with Chad Cooper. Now, because we recorded on Wednesday, we didn't talk about AEW because Dynamite had not happened yet. So next week, we'll talk about back-to-back episodes of Dynamite. We'll have a little bit more AEW coverage. This week, we went Survivor Series, talked about Monday Night Raw, talked about NXT 2.0, The Egg, and Vince McMahon. So we've got Cindy Carava, Jack Fitzpatrick, NFL with Eric, Friday Churchill, Friday Aqueduct, Friday Laurel, Friday Del Mar, and then wrestling with Chad Cooper on this loaded episode of That's What G Said, brought to you by Better Than Dot Vegas BTV Bets. Right now, we head into our interview with Cindy Carava, full-service realtor. She tells us everything about the market, how it's been, what things were like you know, from 2020 into 2021, the pandemic, and now what to look for heading into 2022. Cindy Carava on That's What G Said. So we are recording this uh, right before Thanksgiving, and I've got to say a big, big thank you to one of the longtime sponsors of That's What G Said podcast, Cindy Carava, full service realtor. Cindy Carava, I've known Cindy now, uh, what, over a decade, uh, right? Yeah. Like, Pretty well now, so it's been a while. How are things going for you? Happy holidays to you and your family, and uh, and what's going on? Oh, thank you, Gino. I am absolutely honored uh, to be on your podcast today, and thank you so much. Um, yes, we've known each other for a very long time, uh, back to the TVG days, that's for sure. Um, yeah, no, everything is great. Um, happy holidays to you guys, too. Can't believe Thanksgiving is already tomorrow, which you know right around the corner is going to be Christmas. So, uh, no, everything is really, really good. Business is great. Um, looking forward to my turkey dinner tomorrow. Okay, so last time we talked was right, I think, at the end of 2020 at, to the beginning of 2021, when we were coming out of like a year, year and a half that we've never really seen in this world, like a, a pandemic, a lot of people, businesses, companies were shut down. A lot of people did not have the same type of income that they had in years past. People were losing jobs all over. People were sick and passing away. One of the most uh, uh, yeah. serious thing at the, at the highest level 
Um, and so it, it was an impact and infected in every industry all the way down because the whole world was sort of shut down. And when we were talking, things were sort of opening back up and starting, but it was not as if you, we just flipped the switch and everything got back yeah. to normal. It was one step back, one step forward, two steps back a couple of times all throughout this year. And as we get to the end of 2021, what has it been like in, in the industry for you? How have you kind of felt it in, in your business and what have you seen throughout the year? Um, well, great question. Um, definitely like the last time we talked, I think it was before, right towards the end of last year, like you said, and, and into 2021. And, you know, things were still, you know, very limited for real, realtors, you know, um, we were still not allowed to do, you know, open houses. Everything was scheduled showings um, where, you know, you had to have an appointment. Everybody had, you know, had to take the precautions. So it was it was that way all the way. Of, uh, oh, my gosh, we couldn't even do public open houses where I could just throw a, for, you know, for sale sign, open house sign in the front yard. We couldn't even do that till the end of May. Uh, so just a few months ago so up until then we were still doing scheduled showings every time we had to have appointments you had to limit you know how many people were in a house I mean so it definitely you know affected real estate in, in a big way besides also as I said you know in our last interview was that um, you know inventory still really low so you know when I was getting a listing and I was putting a house on a market you know we were still getting tons and tons of activity, you know, tons of offers, you know, everything was, you know, kind of going crazy. Um, and then March, April hit and it, people really, I think really, really wanted to change where they lived because they maybe needed, you know, an extra room to make uh, at home office. Cause a lot of people, like you were saying, needed to work from home, you know? So we were seeing that we were saying, you know, people saying, you know, Hey, you know, my family, you know, uh, needs a pool and people were selling and then getting that house with a pool. So things started really changing in March and April and it just kind of went crazy and we were still low on inventory, uh, but it was driving up the prices, you know, and interest rates are, were still really, really good. They were below 3%. So we were just seeing just craziness in the market. Um, like I said, a lot of offers, everything was going over asking. Um, it was just really, really crazy there for a long time, like I said. And then around the end of May, you know, things started opening back up. Obviously, COVID cases dropped, you know, everything kind of started open back up a little bit better. So we were allowed to, um, you know, have, you know, a normal, yeah. more normalcy in the real estate market. Not so much inventory or um, interest rates were still really good. But as far as what we could do as a real estate agent, you know, and what we could do with our clients and stuff like that was a little bit easier, a little bit more open. Um, and at that same time in March, I switched gears completely and I am in a new office. Yeah. I am at Remax Resources in Claremont. I still live in Glendora and I still serve all of the same areas, all of LA County, San Bernardino County, Riverside County. I've actually been doing a lot more up in the high desert lately and down off the 15. Um, so, you know, my service areas are still the same. Um, I just moved companies um, and it's been great. Um, oh my gosh, it's just been insane. So it's been really, really good. Um, I yeah, I I'm really happy about that. What you were sort of getting at too, and just thinking about it from a, like we, we, there's a lot of things nowadays that we purchase online, right? We don't necessarily go to the store or we don't go to buy it in person anymore. But if you think about the one of the things that you really want to look at, walk around, get to see, it's yeah. your home, right? 
You won't yeah. want to be able to really understand that that's the place you're going to every day. Like that's where you go home to. So it's, and for someone like you who probably with every unique home that you have, there are so many features that make that home individual, right? So many things right. that you want to highlight that you may not be able to do through the type of showings that you were kind of forced into there. Right. That even puts you and in, in, in all the realtors in that position kind of in a tough spot too, because you don't really get to show like the life of each home that, that you right. get to when you take someone into that. You know, right. No, we were actually, we could only do 15 minute increments. So like we had, when we were doing the scheduled showings, like I was talking about, it was like, you know, one group came in and it was, you know, that buyer with their agent and that was it. And they had 15 minutes and then they had to go out and then we had to wipe down surfaces, you know, make sure, you know, doorknobs were cleaned, handles were cleaned, you know, all that countertops were cleaned before the next group of people came in, you know, and so it definitely, so yeah, so these poor potential buyers that were trying to buy homes and look at a home, like you're saying, Gino, you know, they had to do a quick you know, okay, yeah, I like the house. Yeah, I love the kitchen. I love the backyard, you know, and make an offer. They didn't, you know, and then when they came back, once their offer was accepted, and then they could take that time to really go through while they were doing their inspection and take that hour to two hours to really look at the house and make sure they wanted to move forward, you know, with that purchase. So yeah, it was a little crazy. We got through it. Um, and things are, like I said, better now, for sure. So um, yeah, but definitely it was a change for a while. And you were starting to talk a little bit uh, about the market. So what do we see right now from the market heading into 2022? Um, where What does it look like, buyers for sellers? What have you seen with some of the activity and stuff as of late? Well, again, um, during the summer, you know, we always see like a craziness. The summer, everybody wants to get into their new house before school starts in August. So we just saw a huge increase in buyer demand. Um, and again, we hardly have anything on the market. It, there is very, very low inventory. So the sellers, it is a great time to sell and it still is a great time to sell um, because there are more buyers out there than there are actually homes for sale. So during the summer was really, really crazy and it was just nuts. And everything, like I said, was going over asking multiple offers. All of my listings that I've had over the last seven to eight months have had anywhere between 20 and 30 offers. It's just wow. nuts out there. Um, so it was really crazy. September hit, things started to quiet down a little bit because everybody was like, you know, where they were supposed to be. School had started, things were calm. Um, you know, again, but we still don't have inventory. Here we are in November. We are still very low on inventory. Um, I'm still trying to get buyers into homes and it, there's still not a lot to choose from. And especially when you start narrowing it down between a particular price range and you've only got five houses to look at and they're gone. If they're in a great location and they're priced well and they're in good condition, they are gone very, very quickly. I'm Most days on market right now are still um, at about a week, if wow. that. Wow. Um, it's it's still it's still nuts. So all you sellers out there that are thinking, you know, I want to sell still, this is the time to be selling right now. I mean, I can definitely tell you that Jack and I have definitely thought about it too, because it's, it is really, really crazy out there. Um, interest rates, you know, were pretty good during the summer. They were under three right now. I just talked to one of my lenders this morning to kind of see where we are. Interest rates are at 3.0% 3, 3 right now with no points. Um, don't be fooled, you guys, when you see advertisements for, 
you know, interest rates that are below three, they're 2.85 or 2.75, you know, well, look at the fine print because yeah. usually there are points involved to get that low rate. And a point, if anybody doesn't know, is 1% of the purchase price. So if your purchase is, say, 600000 you've got to pay that lender $6,000 to get that rate. It's a one-time shot, but you still got to pay that you never get back. Not the actual so, percentage. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like I said, if you're buying something more than that, it's, you know, obviously the price goes up yep. on top of your closing costs, you know, so don't be deceived, you know, um, that, like I said, so right now we're seeing rates around 3.0, 3.3, depending on your FICO scores, how much you're putting down, what they're forecasting for the first quarter is we are going to be see, just like everybody's hearing, that interest rates are going to continue to go up. Um, the economy is good, so it's going to start going up. And they're going to, they think, uh, obviously, we, nobody has a crystal ball, but what the experts are forecasting is that rates are going to be probably around 3.3, 3.5 by the end of the first quarter of next year. And by this time next year, it could be up to 3.7 or higher. So if you guys are thinking about buying, I would say do so now rather yeah, than later, because it definitely will affect your buying power and what your payment's going to look like for sure. Yeah. You want to get on that as soon as possible. Yeah. And with Cindy here, you can help as a full service realtor with uh, really a a everything. I mean, buying yep. with selling with home improvement, even because maybe some folks are not quite interested in buying or selling, but maybe they just want to improve their home. That's where you can connect them with all sorts of people that you've worked with, that you've used and you've had experience with in your home, gardeners, landscapers, painters, all those types. How about the yep. lenders too, for loans, yep. people need help with the loan. So that's, what's great. If you're someone that's watching this or you're listening on the podcast and you know, you're not sure if you want to necessarily go all in for a brand new home, but you just want to improve or yep. you want to maybe see where you stack up. You can, you can do like a, mar a, a market analysis for them. Yeah. It's free. It's free. Yep. No obligation. I'm happy to do it for anybody. Not a problem. I think most people will be very surprised how much their house is worth right now. Yeah. And so with hearing some of the things that, that Cindy just mentioned in the start of our conversation, if you're wondering, you know, it's, it's you might be, hey, you know what? I think we're in a good spot. We're in a good location. Things are going well. That house down the street just sold for pretty well. Let's see where we might stack up. That's something uh, that you may want to reach out and ask Cindy about, because those are all the kind of things that, you, you know, you try to do something like that on your own. You have five or you never done it before you start worrying and all of a sudden you didn't check one of the boxes you know that that's what's nice when you let you take care of all that stuff for you and and yep. you'll make life a lot easier for everyone yep yep especially when it comes to all the paperwork and escrow and transferring title and everything you want to have somebody on your side yep. that um that really uh you know knows what they're doing and will help you through that because it can be a little scary process for sure so you told us a, a bit about the the move that you made. Um, now you've been with the new company Remax for a little while, and it's always we've well, many of us have done it. You know, you work somewhere for a while, and you come in, you love the place, you love the people, but it's a new opportunity, and it's something that you feel like you have to do. It's always scary to do, you know. To, it was to make a change. Yes, I, I definitely uh, for three months. I think it was about two and a half to three months. I really, really thought about you know making that big change and. 
you know, we get in our little comfort zones of what we like and, you know, change is hard, change is scary, you know, and is the grass really greener on the other side, you know, and uh, I can honestly say that it is here and I'm very happy. I have an amazing support staff here and it just, it's just been absolutely incredible. So, um, mad at myself that I didn't do it sooner. <laughs> well, we're very glad to hear that things are working out well. And I'm going to pull up uh, the site now and we can show everyone cindycarava.com, which is a, a look at the website here. So this is basically like home base command center, uh, yep. all of your information, everything you need here. So on this website, you will have your contact information. You can take a look at, you know, updates, buying, selling, everything you need. And right off the bat, if you're looking for a property or you want to enter in, you can just search right here and pull up a lot of the properties that you have. So this is the easiest place for anyone who wants to get in touch with you, who wants to look around. They can find uh, reviews about you on Yelp and Zillow also all over the place. Um, tell us a little bit about the site that you have built now. Yes, exactly. In fact, if you go, if you click on the properties, Gino, it might be able to come up with... Um, uh, with a property that I have listed right now. Um, I actually have five acres, so I also do land and I've got vacant land right now out in, there's my recent sales. Um, I also have vacant land in uh, Lake Matthews right now. It's five acres. I'd say about three quarters of it is very uh, buildable and it's listed at 225,000. So um, I do, like I said, do two homes, you know, and I also do land as well. So uh, it's been great. Um, definitely. And then you also, besides my website, you can find me on Facebook. I'm on Instagram as well. Um, you can check me out. I have a Google My Business page now. So I've got a lot of my reviews on there now too. So um, if you Google my name, Cindy Carava, uh, you'll be able to pull up a lot of information about me and uh, reviews and everything and some of the listings I've had over the year, over the last few years as well too. So couple things I wanted to mention um, that I have coming up. Um, I do a Black Friday sale. So which is really good how people go how in the world can you do a Black Friday sale in real estate? Well, I did this last year and actually had a great response with it was that if you list your home with me for sale, if you purchase a home with me or you refinance with me through one of my two preferred lenders that I use, I will compensate you up to about $1,500 for services. So that could be wow. an appraisal, that wow. could be an inspection, that can be a home warranty, it can be a multiple multitude of things. But, um, and you have until December 31st of 2021 to do that. Um, so it, that's kind of really fun and exciting. So on top not to, of the fact that it's a perfect time right now in the market, yes. you get a little bit of a bonus too. If you were like, you know, if you're like, ah, you know, there might be some extra fees or anything. Well, you're going to get right. those taken care of with this sale. And Cindy is encouraging you right now with the way things are moving. You might as well take an opportunity right now where people are looking for your homes. If you want to sell and they need, and they they're desperately flying off, to, off the shelves. Or if you're looking and you just want to save a few bucks, Hey, you know what? We might buy a house in a few, in six months. If you do it right now, it could be a lot better for you. 
Yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's that's really fun. So make sure you check out my Facebook and my Instagram page um, on Friday morning because that's when the Black Friday sale is going to go. Right. And then another thing that I have coming up too, which is I did last year too, which was a lot of fun, is I did the 12 days of Christmas. So starting on uh, Sunday, December 12th of this year, so just in a few weeks, um, I will start my 12 days of Christmas. And what I do is I give away um, a gift card to a favorite restaurant for a, a favorite service, you know, place that so with me living in Glendora and working in Claremont, half of them are going to be businesses or restaurants in Glendora, and the other half are going to be in Claremont and some of the places right. I've discovered now in here. So it was great um, last year. Um, to have that and to give away and just part of me giving back to my clients and my friends and my followers on social media to say thank you for supporting me for the for all these years so i really do appreciate that um so it make sure you like i said we've got go the on december 12th and look at my uh yeah. my 12 days of christmas double thanks for thanksgiving uh, right afterwards you get the black friday sale where you can get money discounted off of your services uh, just for reaching out to Cindy, just for having her, for listing with her. She will give you a, a discount there. And that sale will go all the way through the end of the year. Yep. Yep. Till all December 31st. Yep. The end of the year, starting on Friday, starting on Friday, day after Thanksgiving on Black Friday. And then uh, also, um, as you were mentioning, the 12 days of Christmas. So if you're out there and if you're not following Cindy on uh, on social media, make sure to do so. G give us your uh, your social media plugs one more time and uh, where everybody can follow along and see what you're up to each and every day. Because you were we were just talking before uh, and you can give a shout out to um, the uh, the marketing assistant that, that you have working with you who does a really good job helping you out with a lot of your stuff. Yep, yep. I owe a lot to my uh, marketing assistant, Gia Blair, um, and she is just, she is a rock star. So I am very grateful for having her on my team and uh, just coming up all these great ideas for me. And we do a lot of collaborating together and it just, it's been awesome. So I'm really grateful to her. So yes, you can find me on my website that we're looking at right now. Also, I'm on Facebook and I'm on Instagram and I am on LinkedIn as well. Great. We can find Cindy all over the place. And uh, honestly, uh, someone as you, you've seen and heard in this conversation now, and those of you who are, are listening to the show, you probably heard Cindy on here a few times through the year. So nice, kind, genuine. She's not going to BS you because that's not what you need when you're dealing no. <laughs> with this, this. You don't want someone giving you the runaround. You want someone that you can trust. And, and that's exactly what, uh, what you got here, Cindy. Thank you so much. Before we get out of here, is there anything else you wanted to mention uh, before we finish up? Nope. I just wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving, happy holidays to everybody. And um, just thanks everybody to all my family and my clients and my friends just for supporting me. Um, coming up on eight years already. Wow. That is <laughs> just unbelievable. And uh, congratulations and continued good luck to uh, to your husband, Jack Carava out there, who many know, a former trainer over there who's doing a great job now as a jockey agent. And uh, I think he's He's continuing to add to to, uh, to his crew. So uh, great job for Jack and shout out to the rest of the family. Hope uh, Brittany and everybody is doing well. So please send them my love. And thank you so much. We will make sure to continue to direct people over your way. CindyCarava.com. That's the easiest place. The website we're looking at right now where you can get all that great information. And the time is now in the next yep. 
six weeks or so, you'll get a little bit of a, a discount from Cindy if you want to get involved with her and by uh, the Black Friday sale and the services and the market. It is the right time as uh, the economy starts to trend back the right way. You want to jump in right now, strike while the iron is hot. Cindy, thank you so much. If you and I sat here, we would probably talk for an hour and we would start talking about <laughs> the podcast. Yes. We would start talking about Christmas movies and Christmas music and uh, everything yeah. else going on. Yeah, thank you, Gino. I so appreciate your time and thanks again for having me on. I really, I really appreciate it. Thank you all so much again for joining us. CindyCarava.com. That's the website. Full service realtor. Anything you need, she's going to take great care of you. So have a great Thanksgiving, Cindy. Tell everybody I said hello. I will. And same to you, Gino. Thank you. Folks, uh, thank you so much. And uh, make sure that's what G said podcast. Download, subscribe. Some of you are going to be hearing this on part of the podcast too. So you're probably thinking, what am I? What's going on? We're hearing this on the podcast anyways, but we're repurposing this for some video and for some uh, some audio. So have a great Thanksgiving and uh, we'll be back again with more of these interviews, more of these live streams very soon. Thank you so much to Cindy for helping us out. If the interview didn't sound quite like as clean, maybe a little bit more echoey, it was because I actually recorded it on video and I just repurposed it for here. I posted the video on social media, on YouTube, on Twitter, or on Facebook. So if you want to go check that out, you can see us live and in the flesh. And um, so it might be, you can still hear the quality fine, but it probably just wasn't quite as great of a sound because it was uh, on uh, a video that was uh, transferred over to the audio instead of just the normal audio recording on the podcast that I do. But thank you so much to Cindy for helping us out, for taking some time and for letting us know what things will look like moving forward. Please take advantage right now. And uh, you know if you're going to get a few bucks off and with those Black Friday sales that she's going to offer you, plus the 12 days of Christmas, make sure to follow along on social media with Cindy Carava. We are going to follow on along and get to our next interview. We're going to talk about, wow, Gonzaga. They were impressive. So some college basketball talk with Jack Fitzpatrick from DRF Sports. We'll uh, discuss a little bit about the NFL now and what things look like after week 11, heading into week 12. And after a disappointing couple of weeks for Russell Wilson in his return, Jack, who's a big Seattle Seahawks fan, tells us uh, and kind of shares some of his thoughts on um, what he thinks will happen with Seattle moving forward. Jack Fitzpatrick going to talk DRF sports. We're always going to discuss how you can use DRF sports in your handicapping and the DRF cash grab app. If you don't know what that is, you can go download it right now. It's free. And if you are someone who likes to bet on sports, who likes to play fantasy, who plays DFS, it is totally free and it offers you cash prizes every single day. The DRF Cash Grab app. Give it a look right now. Give a listen to Jack Fitzpatrick. Thanksgiving week and a big sports week. And we are very thankful for Jack Fitzpatrick from DRF Sports, who's been hanging out with us uh, a lot over the last month. And Jack's going to be back again right now to talk about a, a lot happening. As Jack, man, did we see an impressive college basketball team last night? I think I know I, coming into that game, UCLA, Gonzaga, two teams who played last year, um, t- the two top-rated teams in the country. We saw UCLA already look pretty good and pretty impressive in, uh, in in some of their victories and they're well coached yet Gonzaga looks like they're on a different level huh yeah they're not playing the same sport as everyone else when you have Drew Timmy and Holmgren in your front court um, things can go pretty easily for you they shot 56 percent from the floor 
And that's because all their shots were within, what, three feet of the hoop. It, they just they weren't playing the same sport. Amazing ball movement. Mark Few has that Gonzaga Bulldogs team, I think, playing better than we've we've maybe seen ever. They're plus 600 to win the national championship. I'm not saying it's a lock, but I'm saying um, you have the key in the deadbolt about to make it lock. And what's nice is this is a hungry team, right? This isn't like a team that has won a bunch in a row and maybe you get lazy a little bit. You have some players returning from a team that still feels like they had maybe a little unfinished business. And then you add a new piece. And and Holmgren's amazing because he is so skinny, right? <laughs> and he just That's just the first thing that it, honestly everyone's going to say when you look at him. And so like, you kind of, well, you look at him and he reminds you, there's a few people that come to mind for me, like a Tayshawn Prince, even who was like a really, really good high school and college player. And then was excellent in the NBA, but just like, you're like, wow, that guy is thin. And Durant obviously <laughs> is another one that comes to mind. Who's, who's excellent. But this dude who is a center and can do it all. He almost doesn't look real when you watch him play out there. Like it's almost like a video game glitch character or something. Cause this guy, he shouldn't be that big and that fluid and be able to move around, recover. Um, like normally when you see someone that's that tall, they just, especially like they have a hard time looking coordinated. That's why the few of them that do, they call them unicorns. This guy really is that. Yes. Yeah, seven foot one ninety five, And he can block so well. He has such great instincts down low. When a when a bigger guy's backing him down, he might lose his position a little bit because he can kind of get pushed, but he makes up for it because of his instincts. He knows when to jump. He knows when to swat the ball, and it's absolutely fantastic. And a little bit of work he needs to work on on the perimeter, but yeah, he's a unicorn. There's not a lot of seven foot one ninety five guys that can spot up from three and then also block on one end and then run the court and flush it down. That was an amazing sequence. I think it was early on in the second half. Um, Not a lot of guys can do that. And he's going to be really fun to watch for the rest of this season and also in the NBA level and to see, you know, where he starts putting on that weight. You know, and I I bet coach McCronin loved getting this opportunity Early on in the year and this is something That you and I have discussed over the last few weeks And why college basketball is great And in particular these next couple Weeks of college basketball because you get Everybody getting into these tournaments now Between now and basically the start Of the year once league Play begins and you get an opportunity To see the top teams Play each other or see oh my gosh Like Gonzaga really does feel like they're a level Above everybody else so what (laughs) That that gives Mick something to take back to his team and go, hey guys, look, we thought we were good. Look at what we just ran into. Look how much harder we have to work. Look how smart we have to play. Because Gonzaga beat up UCLA, but that that was one of those games where I think UCLA got a little shell shocked early by it. Like that wasn't the best version of UCLA. I think with yeah. their the best version of them plays a much closer game, but I mean that's the that's what happens when you play teams like Gonzaga. They turn you into a team like that. So I thought that we see we don't see it in college football because everybody's too scared to play each other now with the way that the you know the way that the the rankings are. If you lose one game, you can't schedule a really tough out of out of conference opponent early because if you lose that game and then you lose one game in your conference, well then you're probably not going to make the playoffs. So it discourages. Games like this which I mean I'm I'm really looking forward to This next week and then It's 
December, early December, we get some of them, but then it feels like kind of right around Christmas time again. You get those great tournaments where you don't even know what's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, right now you have the Maui Jim Maui Invitational, which is an absolutely fantastic name. Thank goodness Maui Jim decided to sponsor that. <laughs> you have the Battle for Atlantis. It's worked out then, really well, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they were saying it last night on the broadcast, and I was like, I feel like you guys are just saying Maui twice for no reason. And now, <laughs> you know, reading about it, I'm like, oh, it's because it's sponsored by Maui Jim. Ma- Maui, yeah, Maui Jim, and <laughs> it's the Maui Invitational. Like, all right. Um, and then you have the Good Sam, the Las Vegas, what's going down. So Gonzaga's going to play Duke here on Friday. And then you just look around. The Battle for Atlantis is always a good one. UConn plays Auburn here, two ranked matchups. It's just so much fun. It is. And, and the way that the sport is, they encourage it. They encourage yeah. you to play tough teams. They reward you for your good losses, your quadrant, yes, yeah. you know, that's, that's, what's great. It's yeah. It's, in college football, can you imagine just if this is very hypothetical, but Clemson, Georgia played early on in the season. And if Clemson and then, you know, had the season we all expected with DJ, Uyunglele and, and everything, but they had lost that Georgia game that would have hurt them come college football time. But in college basketball, they would have looked at that and called it a good loss. Yeah. Um, but instead in football, it hurts you in basketball. If you can compete with the best, it's going to help you. It helps you. It's good for your resume. It builds your team. And uh, that was a lot of fun. Just, wow, watching a team like Gonzaga look that good early on. And, hey, you know what? I'm a USC fan. At (laughs) least the Bruins didn't score as many points in that game as they did against USC over the weekend. I think it was (laughs) – I think they got to 66 in the football game. They only got to 63 uh, last night, Jack. So there's a small victories all over the place that we can take. Nonetheless, those are two very good basketball teams. And we'll see if UCLA, who's who's missing a piece or two right now. They uh, they they still have uh, the, uh, the room to improve a little bit and to have some upside. But wow, that was quite an early season showing and a statement from Gonzaga last night. And uh, they are definitely rising Towards the top in college basketball We're kind of seeing A little bit of something similar Happening in the NFL right now Too Jack where You know the beginning of the year we come in And it looks like okay the Bucks They were really good you're returning Super Bowl Champs last year they're probably Going to be a little bit better with the Time with the training camp and then you got the Chiefs with Mahomes who they've just been The team to beat and then the, the Chiefs have like a real lull in the middle of the year. They're three and four. Yeah. All of a sudden, they've won four games in a row. They're back to seven and four. Tampa looked pretty impressive again the other day. A lot of the other good teams are struggling. They're looking like they're having major, major issues. And are we sort of back to where we might have started, where we were kind of looking around and like, Tampa, Chiefs, is it, is it going to be you two again? It it really might be. You know, <laughs> we all thought the Bills had a shot, and now all of a yeah. sudden the Bills are – they might not even win. There's a good chance the Patriots are the best team in the AFC East. Yeah. And we might be saying the AFC East champion Patriots. And so the Bills, who knows what happens to them. Jameis Winston, when he was with the Saints, looked like they could be a potential potential threat to the Bucks in the South. Uh, but then he what, tears his ACL, and now it's the Trevor Simeon Taysom Hill show. Lost um, three in a row. Yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's looking bad. And then the Bengals were world beaters. They've come back to earth. The... 
trying to think the Ravens looked really good, but then they just struggled against the bears. They've struggled mm-hmm. against the Vikings. They struggled against the Colts. So maybe they're not as good. The chargers, the who knows, you know, like with them, like every team that has had a week or two where, where everyone's kind of wanted to crown them, they've all come back to life. And yep. the teams that you, you just kind of see sort started to pick up a little bit of momentum are the ones that you you trust the most, which is it's scary. It's the Brady, it's the the Belichick with the Patriots, and and yep. now it's the Chiefs again. And it's like, uh oh, these teams seem like they're just starting to really ramp up at the right time right now as uh, uh we head into Thanksgiving weekend. And and yeah, man, it, it's funny too about Thursday because um, we're recording this Wednesday, so this will come out Wednesday night. A lot of people. Some people might hear before th- Thanksgiving Thursday. Th- Thursday Thanksgiving games this week. We got three games. All six teams coming off of a loss. Just kind of funny when you're like handicapping those three games. It's very rare. It's like wow, every game, every team playing today came off of a loss. We got a beautiful Thanksgiving morning start where we're gonna have Tim Boyle, yeah, versus Andy Dalton. Happy Thanksgiving. Get that uh, get that feast started right away, Jack. Yeah, that's a, a beautiful is a word to describe. I don't think beautiful is necessarily <laughs> the word I would use to describe that game. Um, another B word like bad or probably bad is the only other B word I can it's think the, of to describe so that game. Just just real quick, because I, I want to mention this as, as many times as I can while uh, while Boyle's out there starting. I don't understand because I know you're someone who who pays attention to a lot of college stuff, too. And and so for some people out there who who may not have who, who are just NFL fans, it's pretty crazy that this guy is playing in the NFL right now, Tim Boyle. So when you look at his career, so he was so Aaron, bad. he was Aaron Rodgers' backup for three seasons in the NFL. He only appeared in eleven games. He completed just three of four passes, fifteen yards between twenty nineteen and twenty twenty. So that's in the NFL. Of course, whoever's Aaron Rodgers' backup, they're not going to play very much. But what yeah. what I was more intrigued by was before that. So in college, he played twenty five games for Connecticut between two thousand thirteen and two thousand fifteen, and he completed. 133 out of 275 passes. He had 1,200 yards, one touchdown, 13 interceptions. Yep, one touchdown and 13 interceptions in his first 25 college games. So he sits out 2016. He transfers to Eastern Kentucky. So 2017, he's a redshirt senior. He starts all 11 games. Completion percentage much, much better. He's improved. 201 out of 327. He does hit 2,000 yards. Thir- uh, 11 touchdowns 13 interceptions <laughs> and, and So in his college career In 21 starts He threw 26 interceptions And he somehow made his way to the NFL Which is just Pretty crazy to think about all the good college Quarterbacks that don't even get a shot Because they're too small or undersized Or whatever reason but this guy He caught on last week First start with the Browns 15 for 23 77 yards 2 interceptions uh, Timmy Boyle, how, how crazy is it that this guy is going to be in a standalone game starting on Thanksgiving morning? Um, crazy. Yeah, that's a word. <laughs> it's just such bad quarterback play in this one. And no offense to Andy Dalton, his time has come. His it time is. has come and passed. What a terrible quarterback matchup. Yeah. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch this game. Don't get me wrong. And I'm going to love every single second of it. However, just the fact that Boyle has a job in the NFL, and he's had a job for multiple years, is kind of crazy to me. I, I, like I might Kaepernick, who's in the background, just like waving his hand up and down, like really, he's just 
There's really? so many quarterbacks out there, if I'm the Lions, that I choose over Boyle. Just you know, like the CFL or the XFL or anyone who you could just it's just so funny that he's that he's the guy back there taking snaps. But hey, maybe he'll surprise us all with a, an opportunity to make his second start in a big one on national TV. A uh, couple other things I wanted to talk about in the NFL while we've got you here, Jack. You're a big Seattle fan. And, you know, the, looking around when we started talking a few weeks ago, I think anybody at the bottom of the NFC or AFC probably felt pretty confident about their chances to to snag a playoff spot. It's like, hey, we get right. We win a few weeks in a row. We're going to be right there. And then we heard Seattle with Russ. He He's banged up. Geno Smith, you know what? They didn't look amazing offensively, but he did a, a pretty decent job trying to keep things close for them in a few games. He put them in spots to win a couple games that they maybe could have and you know, if 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 they would have had a healthy Russ, they absolutely would have won a few of those games. But they don't. And now Russ comes back. He does not look healthy. You know, we heard about him no. rehabbing the 19 hours a day and doing all the extra finger stuff. And Russ is like as good of a leader and as good of a human being and a teammate as as there is. The guy wants to come back. He he had never missed a game. It's crazy just like looking through his game logs because uh, before talking to you about him and and like what his future is that you know he had never in since 2012 he'd started every single game all 16 games since 2012 he never had a losing record he won at least 9 games every year and he won only 9 games one year every other year he won 10 or more yep. and and now you get in this spot where you know he started 7 games this year he's 2 and 5 He's obviously not healthy. None of the numbers look great. And it's just, it's a weird season because he's banged up. Metcalf and the receivers haven't taken a step forward. The running back situation has been bad. Carson hasn't been around and, and he's now done. And and the team's defense isn't really strong. It just sort of feels like this Seattle team that we knew for a while to be the Legion of Boom. And then after that, it was sort of this you kind of knew they were just like a Russ led team that was always going to be there and always capable. And now they just don't really have a whole lot of identity this year. Yeah. I mean, there were two and two before the injury. I kind of throw out yep. the Rams game where he injured it in the, about the, the third quarter. Or so yeah. Yeah, um, that game could have gone another way if he stayed healthy, who knows? So they're two and two. He was putting up MVP numbers at that point. He had six, seven, eight, nine touchdowns to no interceptions completing well over 70% of his passes. Like he was looking really good to start the season. The defense was letting him down. But then, like you said, Gino comes in, the wheels kind of fall off. He doesn't look healthy. He's completing just over 50% of his passes, only two. In, I mean, no touchdowns with two interceptions. He just doesn't look comfortable in the pocket. He doesn't look comfortable in the offense. The offense doesn't look comfortable around him too. And whether it's coaching, whether defenses are, have figured out the Seattle offense again, like they did last year, how they were a play action, go deep. If you put two safeties high on them, then they're just SOL. Um, I think they've kind of been figured out again. And I don't know if it's Shane Waldron. I don't know if it's Pete Carroll. I don't know what's going to happen, but it feels like there's going to be some sort of combustion here coming at the end of the season, whether it's Russ leaving, whether it's Pete Carroll leaving, um, who knows, but it feels like there's going to be this kind of huge moment at the end of the season because nothing feels right. Metcalf's raw off, Deke, uh, Lockett's off. The only guy that's actually a consistent winner in that offense is Gerald Everett. Who would have yeah. thought? 
I know. And it, it, you kind of, I think you were hitting on it because we heard last year some of the rumors, right? Is he, does he want to get traded? Does he want to get moved? And then Russ is always going to say, no, not really. No, no, you know, he's, and no, I'm good. I'm going to play here. And he, you're always yeah. going to get the best from Russ. Like he's never going to be one of those guys who's going to be, uh, and he's going to talk bad about the organization or he's going to throw you under the bus. It's not him, but you could tell that the wheels were starting to move in his head and, and, you can only say, okay, let's run it back or let's try this one more time. Like you can only do that like once or twice, right? You can't say, okay, let's just bring everything back the way it was and hope it worked great. There's gonna have to be a major change happening. And and what sometimes it sometimes it's unfair. It's just life kind of handing you a weird uh, a weird card because sometimes it is just injuries, right? Who knows if Russ doesn't get hurt this year and you look around the lay of the land. Like what's to say that this Seahawks team right now isn't seven and three or six and four and yeah. just right in the playoff mix? And who like who would scare you? Who would be someone that you would be so terrified of of not being able to beat in a game or two this year, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you I think you hit the nail on the head. If this injury doesn't happen, if he doesn't have a freak accident, because this is an injury that hardly ever happens and, and to the severity it happens. He was on an MVP pace. People we're kind of forgetting about his first four games of the season. And in those two losses to Tennessee and Minnesota, they had late leads. They lost in overtime to the Titans. Could have easily been 4-0 and or 3-1 and sitting going into that Rams game. And if they're sitting there in the thick of the playoff hunt, I like the Seahawks over the field. And that's probably a homer pick. But, you no, know, but you like the, the quarterback. You like a team that's been there. And you know what? For as much as Pete is you know, gotten some crap the last couple of years about like scheme and things here and there. Like he's still a guy who knows how to get players ready to win the big games, which is which is still half the battle. Um, and it, you know, I look at this and just to uh, kind of compare it to something that I saw as a fan firsthand over the last couple of years. And I know when I talk about the Lakers, everybody rolls their eyes. Everybody hates the Lakers, right? I'm a Laker fan, but. I saw this exact. I love the Lakers. I'm a, you know, I'm a LeBron fan, so I'll be right here with you. I and I saw this LeBron. exact same thing. You know, the Lakers uh, a couple years ago they win the title, and then they they make a couple changes. They last in last season they had a very very good team, but the quick turnaround from the bubble season to last yep. year, Anthony Davis gets hurt early. Which you know, I think when you dig into him, I think a lot of people think he's super injury prone, and I think that's kind of overstated when you start digging into a lot of his games and. He went through a whole title run and won, and then LeBron gets hurt. And so this team of the Lakers, even without LeBron and AD, they had one of the best defenses in the league. All of these role players played really, really well. But then by the end of the year, they got a little bit tired. Heck, the Lakers were in a in a series with the Suns up two games to one when Anthony yep. Davis got hurt in the playoffs. And then they end up losing that series, and it's like, uh-oh, we got to make a bunch of crazy changes. And the Lakers bring in nine new players this year. They end up getting rid of all of their identity. What was what made the Lakers great over a couple years was they were very good on the defensive end. You knew that with KCP and Caruso and Kuzma, you were always going to have like three or four of these really good rotation players that just played hard on defense. You put them with AD and LeBron. It's like you got a nice nucleus that's going to be there. And they made they panicked. They made all these changes, and now I look up at this Lakers team, and they're you know nine new players. Nobody knows what they are. Nobody knows who they are. They're not a defensive team anymore. They brought Russ West Russ the other Russ Russell Westbrook in, so they're 
they try to run It's sort of like I can see that Almost coming with Seattle And you, it's a bummer because I always liked Seattle I like I'm, I was a USC fan I like Pete Carroll I like Russ as a quarterback I like Russ as a human being It's sort of nice kind of knowing They were a staple in the league And it's it's a little bit As a football fan It's like wow I'm, I'm kind of curious What's coming next And a little bit nervous too Because things can go From really bad, great To really bad Really quickly Yeah And as a Seahawks fan Watching this kind of unfold For you know The last couple of years I think in the last five years Seattle has One playoff win And they fail They're not going to make My hot take I don't know if it's hot anymore It's probably very cold They're not making the playoffs this year So in the last five years You have one playoff win And you've missed the playoffs Twice of those years I think things have kind of What was a nice rolling boil Up in Seattle In the Pacific Northwest Has turned into Just warm water Things aren't going well With everyone there And I think What you need to do Is you know Stick with your generational talent in quarterback. But the problem is Pete Carroll, not only is he the you know head coach, but he's the executive vice president of the Seahawks and he's probably not going to fire himself. Yeah. So who knows what's going to happen. But I think, I think the identity has been run through, like in the case of the Lakers, they had that really good identity and that could have lasted. The problem with the Seahawks is their identity doesn't work in 2021 football. No. Their identity no, is, you're right. you know, let's run it between the tackles with an offensive line that, remains one of the worst in the NFL and let's run it with Alex Collins who was on the street just a season ago. No, I mean, he's been, he's been a solid guy, but he's no Chris Carson and, and everything like that. And this is an offense offensive driven league that needs to, you know, pre-stamp motion and, you know, quick hitters and moving the ball yep. through the air and analytics and going for it on fourth down. Pete Carroll's one of the least analytically driven coaches in the NFL. And, we get into it. I can talk all day about it. If who's the problem, Pete or Russ or the offense or the defense, I could get into it all day. But I think at the end of the day, Pete Carroll's the one that needs to answer for yep. it. And yep. I hope he's gone at the end of the season. I've I loved think, his run. He's been so successful as a Seahawks head coach. But I think that time has come to an end. Completely agree. And it's funny because you know we were talking with the Lakers and a lot of the parallels too. It's that Pete just is in a point where. You know, you, you don't like seeing father time stuff, but the way things have changed, yeah. he's been he's been a little bit stubborn. In, yeah. in in trying to adjust to it, right? We see a lot of coaches where, yeah, they're kind of old school, but then they have to adjust and they have to adapt as the game moves along. Um, even someone like we, we keep as we keep getting back to Lakers, like Frank Vogel is a very good defensive coach who can who can do enough on the offensive side. The problem where he is right now is like he and Pete's kind of in a problem like this too. Is like Frank's just in a spot where he doesn't have that the players to do what he wants. Exactly. Like he, he just doesn't have the players to do this to coach the scheme that he wants. Now, what can you do? Can you now adjust and be that great coach and do what your group needs? Pete wasn't able to do that the last couple of years, unfortunately. Um, and we're seeing if if you know Frank can do that for the Lakers. But I, the one thing that you and I both agree on, and I love Pete. I think it's got to be him. I think he's the one that's got. There, there needs to be a change up top, or else you're going to lose Russ. And, I, and yeah, it's like, not a situation where Russ like hates Pete, but I think Russ is not stupid. He sees the writing on the wall, and he's just not going to be winning in this situation right now. Yeah, let's 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 look at it from the outside. Do we want to stick with a seventy-year-old head coach who's stuck in the past, who is a who was a great coach at one point and is still a very good coach, but his better days are behind him? Or do we want to stick with the thirty-two-year-old franchise quarterback who, in today's day and age, probably has another at least ten seasons under his belt? Like. 
I think I'm going to lean with the franchise quarterback. And you, man, you look around the league this year and uh, a few weeks ago on this show with uh, my buddy Eric, who helped us out um, each week. We did a quarterback rankings, and we still ranked Russ even when he was hurt. At, he hadn't hadn't come back yet. And when you rank, you start when with like that's an exercise that a lot of people I think should do because so many people. Just it would only take 15 or 20 minutes to just kind of sit down and start jotting down tiers of where you think this quarterback slots and like who for each team because everybody's like, oh, that guy stinks or this guy's no good, but they don't look at the curve. You know, you don't start looking at like what really bad is at the bottom of the league. (laughs) Tim Boyle. Exactly. (laughs) We're just talking about Tim Boyle. You want to see what bad quarterback play is? Go look at what the Jets or the Texans or some of those teams have been dealing with just this year. Heck, a team that has. A, what I think is an above average quarterback And the, look at the team like the Browns They were miserable They couldn't find a quarterback forever They finally think that they found one And now the guy is sort of banged up And now the fans are crapping on him And it's like he's almost going to turn on them It's it's so hard to find someone That is good That is consistent That you can trust If you need someone the la- like The last five minutes of a game To drive you down I trust Russ in that short list Right on top with Brady With Rodgers, with Mahomes He is in that grouping And you, there are so many Guys towards the bottom of that list That you just would not want at all So it is one where If you have the opportunity to keep this guy And lock him back around He's always going to be one of those guys That when healthy He keeps you in it, he gives you the opportunity We've seen it, I think this is what we do In horse racing sometimes Like If you're looking at Russ's Career and his years This is like the one season that you just kind of Put a line right through yeah and you Don't really gauge a lot of the record You don't gauge a lot of his numbers We know about the finger stuff we know About the things that are happening we have to kind Of I think towards the end of the year put a line Right through this and assume that Russ Next year hopefully in Seattle Wherever he goes I think he's Going to be super motivated coming off of this Down year and he's going to be he's going to be Like really really cooking yeah, I just hope the finger gets healed and uh, he didn't rush it back too much and doesn't cause mm-hmm. long-term issues. That's, that's my that's my biggest concern right now. Yeah, that's something that uh, that that we have to keep monitoring. And before we get out of here, Jack, it is Thanksgiving weekend, or it is Thanksgiving week and and weekend really. So, uh, okay, question for you: What's Thanksgiving like for you? And I saw you you post something about this that you mentioned on the DRF College Sports podcast. Give me your uh, some of your Thanksgiving food. Give me something that you like, something that you think it may be overrated that you don't like. Oh, an overrated one. That's tough. Okay, so Thanksgiving for me, it's very simple. Just me and my mom. We do a nice little dinner. I um, used to go out to Seattle every Thanksgiving, but the last couple of years, just been me and my mom down in Virginia. But the top foods, overrated, underrated, overrated cranberry sauce. I yes. talked about it on the college oh, yeah. sports podcast. Oh, not yeah. that I'm hating on it. If you like cranberry sauce, great for you. It's just I, not for you. It's just not my my go-to. It's great on the next day's uh, turkey leftover sandwich. Great on that. But, um, I, you know, I prefer, like, the fattiness of gravy, just putting that on everything. I don't need the yes. acidity of cranberry sauce. We can get into taste palates and all of that, but that's another podcast. <laughs> um, but an underrated green bean casserole. I mean, you can – that's the best. That's the best Thanksgiving food. 
that's one that comes up a lot on the underrated. So uh, Jack will <laughs> so maybe give it's you not a, too underrated. If it comes yeah, up, I was gonna say it's starting to move. I was gonna say it's starting to become, I think, more fairly rated in this generation in this <laughs> world. So uh, shout out to Green Bean Casserole. Maybe in a few weeks we'll see it uh, in the top twenty-five rankings soon, Jack. Maybe it'll oh, yeah, crack maybe the. Maybe it'll they, take the number four spot over. Because <laughs> in the uh, in the bowl, yeah, in the, in the college football playoff, as uh, that seems to be the spot that's changing weekly and everyone's fighting for. But Jack, man, again, it has been a lot of fun. Over the last month or so getting to know you Thank you so much for helping us out here each and every Week I hope you and your and your mom And uh, all your family have a great Great Thanksgiving and good luck in your wagers Have fun with the uh, the college games and We'll be talking again uh, real soon Either next week or maybe this weekend uh, If you join us again on fourth and inches for the game previews Whenever you're uh, available We're always very happy to have you Awesome appreciate it so much and Head on over to drf underscore sports And you can get all the latest betting previews And angles for it Making sure that you win money on Thanksgiving And you can kind of flex on your family Every game, every sport You can click on uh, the game You you will find matchup information For all of the games Every single one If you're just in the football, click on the football games They will help you, they'll give you trends They'll give you betting insights They'll give you all sorts of the matchup information How these teams have done recently Some of their recent past performances A lot of you who are listening to this are horse racing fans So you know DRF You know daily racing form Because you've looked at the past performances You've you've used it every time you've gone to bet the races This is what you're getting now For all of sports games Think about it, for every (laughs) game, every matchup Every sport, you can click on that matchup You can get a bunch of information From the same place that you trusted And uh and Jack, now there's uh, even a lot of fun with these free games on the DRF Cash Grab app. Every day, if you're someone who likes, you know, to play DFS or fantasy sports, or if you're someone who is into prop betting now, you will love these DRF Cash Grab apps because it's free to download, it's free to join in and jump in the games, and it's just something that's nice because. Hey, we're we're talking betting, but we understand everybody out there doesn't, you know, especially the way things have been the last couple of years. Some weeks are tough. It's holiday season. Sometimes your family's got to worry about getting ready for Thanksgiving or gifts for this or bills for that. It's always nice where you can fire something up where you can get some action for free and actually win. Yeah, exactly. There's so many awesome games, especially tomorrow or I guess today when the podcast comes out for Thanksgiving. If you download the DRF Cash Grab app on the Apple App Store or Google Play Store, you can just create an account and then start picking. We have the Pro Football – it's a tongue twister. Pro <laughs> Football Potluck. You just answer eight questions for a chance to win $500. Raiders-Cowboys games, you answer seven questions for a chance at $1,000. And really every single sport. You, last night we had a UCLA-Gonzaga kind of um, pick them. But yeah, it's all props. It's all how many points will be scored. How many yards will this person rush for? How many interceptions will Boyle throw? Probably I'll say 15. I was going to say over under. High, the line is 15 and a half is where we've uh, we've set that one at. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jack, thank you so much again, buddy. And uh, happy holidays. And we'll talk again real soon. Thank you. That is Jack Fitzpatrick, DRF Sports. Make sure to give them uh, them both a follow there. On social media And uh, you can give Jack a follow On Twitter At Fits All The Way DRF Sports there You can find them at DRF underscore sports Or if you're on the, the DRF website You can just click sports there For all of that great information Don't go anywhere folks We still have plenty more to discuss On That's What She Said Horse racing fans Many of us have been Using the 
DRF, the daily racing forum, for years studying the races, keeping up to date on news with all the articles. I remember looking for a copy at the local liquor store or picking one up at the local racetrack, wherever I was going. Now it's even easier and cheaper than ever to use DRF with DRF.com and the newly optimized DRF mobile. You can get all the tracks that you want to bet and handicap. Past performances that are mobile optimized for on-the-go handicapping on your phone. So you go to DRF.com from your mobile device, no additional cost. Tap the calendar icon on the top left. It opens all of the options for past performances and for the tools that are available. One click to bet now and DRF bets. Get real-time odds and scratches on race day. You can tap on any horse and you get those same DRF past performances that you're familiar with with a larger font for your mobile display. One click to formulator for charts, for replays if you get the formulator version. And even on the classic past performances, you get the home screen with horses, with odds, with buyers. You get a lifetime buyer speed figure graph. You can rotate your phone for the best view. And any horse that you click on, you'll see the running lines. You can easily move from horse to horse. The same data as those traditional classic DRF past performances. You get an interactive format, which is... Very similar to the DRF Classic version that you're used to on the desktop. Every card includes live data updated instantly with those scratches. And so you get the accessibility from desktop to phone. Cross-device functionality. You can take your notes and save them from one device to the next. And then access your account on any of your devices. On-the-go handicapping and wagering multiple formats to view you got the overview page with recent speed figures current days odds easy access to expert selections and analysis you got the buyer speed figure graph with lifetime buyer speed figures and chart notes for every horse and you got those traditional drf pass performances that are just newly optimized for your mobile phones they are constantly upgrading improving and making everything easier for you to get your handicapping done at drf.com drf.com for all your horse racing needs for all those past performances drf.com slash sports for all the uh, the handicapping and the gambling needs of those sports games every game every sport you name it they will have a match up there for you tons of information if you don't know the teams all that well they don't know the players all that well you'll be able to just take one click in that box and in a few minutes you will have plenty of information there to feel confident to feel comfortable drf.com for me that is always where i'd be using the uh, the past performances and those formulator past performances drf.com drf.com slash sports Speaking of sports, let's get into NFL Sunday games and Monday game with Eric. We went over those uh, Thursday games on an earlier show, so if you're looking for the Thursday games, we do have them all broken down for you. You can find them on the earlier episode of That's What G Said from uh, a couple days earlier this week. Right now, NFL Week 12, Sunday and Monday with Eric. We continue on with the NFL Week 12 game previews. We're going to get to the Sunday games and the Monday game now. Some of you probably heard uh, the Thursday game previews of Thanksgiving games. Eric joined me uh, for an er- earlier podcast in the week, and we discussed those games. So if you if you stumbled onto this and you're looking for those Thursday games, don't worry. You can uh, you can just tune into the uh, the earlier show where we uh, we do our normal breakdown of the games there, and we are going to get into the rest of the games for Sunday and for Monday. 
Eric, buddy, uh, thanks for doing this early. Just a heads up to everyone. We are recording a little earlier than normal this week because of Thanksgiving. So we are going through all the games on Wednesday night. So make sure to monitor injury news. Make sure to keep an eye on, you know, if you got to change your fantasy lineups, DFS stuff. And if you need help, last minute help, we will have a show on Sunday morning Fourth and inches you can follow along Right on Twitter at BTV Bets And we will go through all of the Sunday Games right there so we'll have Up to date information there so It's nice that we at least have that uh, that, that Option this year Eric too you know if we Record a little bit early here and uh, We can we know we can go live there and if We have to maybe call an audible or if, if Things change a little bit we can we can give everybody The uh, that new fresh info Yeah because I mean, how the NFL is now, Friday, the Friday injury report is the only one that matters. Mm -hmm. I mean, you have these guys that are just sitting out practice and they're 100% healthy. And like, we don't even know if they're going to play until Friday, end of the day. So, and And then you throw Thanksgiving in this week with, with like the way that teams are a little bit different, the normal information that would come out, like you said. Uh, this week, sometimes you start getting stuff trickling out from Wednesday to Thursday to Friday. If people are how they're practicing this and that, you're just not going to get a lot of updates on Thursday on Thanksgiving Day, you know. So keep an eye on everything. Just keep monitoring it, like always. I'm sure most of you listening to this, you're, you're going to go in before you make your plays. If you make some of them on Sunday morning or before you set your lineups, just always check again and come hang out with us Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern time. We'll go uh, fourth and inches, and we'll go through uh, all those Sunday games. So, Eric, let's jump into Falcons-Jags right off the bat here. <laughs> we got a beautiful game to kick to kick off the, uh, the Sunday games we're going to be discussing. And the... Line I've seen in the neighborhood of like two to two and a half. It looks like right now it's around uh, Atlanta minus two. They're on the road. They're playing the Jags over unders in the 46, 46 and a half vicinity. So, I mean, we got the Falcons. Let's be honest. We don't really have much. What can you say about that effort last week? That was such a bad effort. We, the spot, the the Patriots played to the flat spot. They did. They did. Most teams would have covered in that situation. Atlanta was just so, so incompetent. It's pretty crazy because they're four and six, and they are dead last in DVOA overall behind the Texans, the Jags, the Lions, the Jets. Nope, it's the Falcons who are the most incompetent team all around in the NFL, even with their four and six records. They are coming off their two worst individual games of the year based on the DVOA individual game metrics. So you can see even earlier in the year when they played poorly, they were not playing as poorly as they have the last couple weeks. Patterson was out. I mean, they they weren't a very good football team to begin with. And then they have injuries to I mean, they're best players. I got to say, one of the biggest L's I can remember taking was I invested so much in Mike Davis this year. It's like so many fantasy leagues. I had him all over. I had Mike Davis and I had Ridley in a lot of spots, too, thinking he'd be in a situation where, you know, they're probably going to be having to throw from behind sometimes and a really good receiver. And gosh, this team has just been bad, Eric. And, And they're favored on the road going to play another really bad team. I mean, the Jags. They got 200 total yards last week, and they got 75 of them on the final drive when it was total garbage time. They played almost a full game with like 115 total yards. They didn't grade well on anything. 
Last week on the offense or defensive side Normally they can at least run the ball And and stop the run They didn't do anything Well in pro football Focus their individual grades Not one of their units Not one not their offensive Line not their defensive line not their receivers Not the quarterbacks not anything Got over a 70 grade Individually I mean uh, it was It was bad it was an embarrassing effort And um I know, I the, Jag- the Jaguars, you know, their the front four, it's not that bad. No, front no. Four, it's not that bad at all. They do have some holes in the secondary. They're better than last week for sure. That was a yes. piss-poor effort even for them. So, I mean, I, I like their defense. But at the end of the day, um, you can – how can I word it? You can tell when a quarterback is developing because when they get to the 20-yard line, the 25-yard line, the field shrinks. They're doing multiple reads. Lawrence isn't doing that, and we're in week 12 now. He does his first read, and if it's not there, he runs. That's all you need to know about the the lack of coaching he's getting from Urban Meyer at the quarterback position. And, I mean, if he does, they don't get this right, he's going to go down as one of probably the biggest draft bust ever because he came in with such a high – he Everyone was hyped was as yeah. biggest since Luck, the biggest prospect yeah. since Luck. A can't miss him, yeah. Peyton Manning. You, they're the, the last can't miss prospects, yeah. and they, they're it's at a critical situation right now. Like I, I, it's week eleven, and he's he's doing stuff he should be doing in week one, week two. He's there's no development, no coaching at all. Um, I can't take the Jags here just because I think Meyer is a complete idiot. Me too. Um. With the offense that Arthur Smith wants to run, lean heavy on the run, do the play-action pass. The only problem is their offensive line isn't that good, and they really don't have a running back. Cordell Patterson, he's a wide receiver. The way he runs, he runs like a sprinter. His strides are too big. It will never work. He can be a gadget player, fine, but an every-down back that does like the 20, 25 carries, he can't do. They just don't have the personnel for the Smith to run his offense. I will say this, though. A.J. Terrell... He's developing really nicely into a cornerback, dude. I yes. really like what I see from him. But in terms of betting wise, I can't take points with the Falcons. Excuse me, with the Pan- Panthers. There's no way in hell I feel comfortable laying points with Matt Ryan on the road. So this game's a pure pass for me. Me too. Cannot play this game in any way, shape, or form. I mean, Atlanta looks like a team that, and somebody said this to me online the other day. I can't remember who, but like they looked like the type of a team that could just lose every game the rest of the year now. I mean, they just like gave up the way they've done it, but they have a couple of games on their schedule. They're still four and six. They're not even that far out of the playoff mix, and they have some winnable games here. Jacksonville, the, you hit the the nail on the head with the progress. This is a really big game and a couple big games coming up for Lawrence because this is the type of game where he has to look competent here. He doesn't have to throw four touchdowns and three hundred and fifty yards, but he shouldn't be struggling himself. Against this team This Falcons team He should be able to move the ball himself He should be able to hit receivers He should be able to With what like throw some guys open Against this team And if he doesn't you gotta really start Worrying like you said we're into week 12 Now there has has gotta be some progress Shown which we've seen From a lot of the other guys you know it was hard. We can't really gauge Wilson because he got hurt. So it's hard to see like right when the time when you would have started to learn and grow, he was he was hurt. But Mac Jones is absolutely improved. He's in a great spot. And I don't think well, I think we both agree he's not as good as people are kind of claiming that he is right now. But 
He's sure improved. He's sure gotten better as the year gone on. Justin Fields was doing it too before he got hurt. We saw progress from them, and we just haven't seen it really from Lawrence at all. Big game for him. Not a play, though, for me. How about another beautiful game right off the bat, Eric? Back to backers right here, huh? We've got the Jets and the Texans. Jets uh, on the road at Houston. Houston is a two and a half point favorite here. How about this? The Texans are a two and a half point favorite. Over under in this game is 44 and a half. So Flacco played last week for the Jets. Both him and Mike White are on the COVID list this week. Zach Wilson is going to be back to start for them. Michael Carter, who started to play well, now he's going to be out for a couple weeks. Wide receiver Elijah Moore, I believe over the last like three or four weeks, he's been the number one wide receiver in fantasy. He just kind of out of nowhere. Eight receptions for 141 yards last week. Uh, that was on the Jets side over on the Texan side. So they come off of a win, which Eric talked about on this show. Eric talked about uh, that also on fourth and inches. And it looked like a spot where he just felt like the Titans were going to come out flat because they had played really well. And and it was a little bit deceiving when you looked at a lot of their box scores and you watched a lot of their games back. The ball was bouncing the Titans way in every one of those games. It's not to say they didn't deserve to win them. They just seemed to get the the fluky like either or plays over and over. So the Texans last week, they took advantage of. The Titans when it seemed like everything kind of went the other way It all caught up for them it all evened out They win that game 22 to 13 The Texans only had 190 Total yards on 62 total plays 3.1 yards per play They had 15 first downs On 12 drives (laughs) Like a a little over a first down Per drive Uh, they they were 6 for 17 on third downs They had 7 penalties for 50 yards This was a game they won Tyron Taylor was 14 for 24 For 107 yards passing He did have 6 carries for 28 yards and 2 touchdowns They ran the ball 38 times As a team for only 83 yards 2.2 yards per carry The Titans The reason why Texans won that game The Titans turned the ball over 5 times In that game And the Texans turned it over none So uh, they were actually really close in time of possession, which is nuts to think about. Even with all the Titans turnovers, they they were still pretty close. No wide receiver for the Texans had more than four catches. They got up 19 to nothing, and they almost laid an egg. And the offensive line played really poorly. They got lucky because five times Tyrod Taylor scrambled on what probably would have been a sack. I, I mean, I don't really know. How I can't feel I don't feel confident with either of these teams in either of these games right now. Like the problem with all four of these really bad teams that we talked about early, I don't mind ever getting dirty. We talk about it. I don't mind ever playing those teams, but usually it's in a spot where they're heavily, heavy, heavy underdogs. And we're talking about lines that have gone up from seven to ten or from twelve to fifteen. I don't want to play any of these teams when there's a game that's within a field goal. I have no, if any one of these four teams just laid a complete egg and the other team wins by three scores, I wouldn't be shocked. I don't trust any of these four teams, Falcons, Jags, Jets, Texans, in a situation where we're basically having to pick the winner. I'm staying away from both of these games. Oh my gosh. I love the Texans here. I absolutely love the Texans here. Great. I, I like them being at, um, at minus two and a half. You know, Taylor, 60% as a favorite, Tyrod Taylor. 
He covers, man. Favorite. He covers. He's 60, he's 64, 64% gets the spread. He's not going to turn the ball over and he's not going to make idiotic plays. And with what the Texans have, that's basically all they need. Lovey Smith's a competent defensive coordinator. I think Zach Wilson is the worst quarterback in the NFL and he's coming back to live speed. You know, you know what I mean? He hasn't played for how many weeks and this is his first game back. He's going to struggle. He's who's his back? Do they have a up. backup? Like who's the backup now? Cause they I have to put that. Jo- it's that Johnson. Oh, Johnson, Josh Johnson. Yeah. That's who it was. Yeah. yeah. He who, who actually, he, he's a, he he's looks better. a better option than yeah. Zach Wilson. He looks, he looks a lot better. Um, yeah. And, uh, the defense, you know, Robert Salee is supposed to be this defensive guru. Defense hasn't looked that great. Um, I just really think that. And Lovey Smith, I kind of feel, gets um, discredited as a defensive coordinator. Um, he's a competent defensive coordinator. He took the Bears with Rex Grossman to the Super Bowl. People forget that they lost in that swamp fest to uh, Peyton Manning. But, yeah, I mean, that's going to be a tough D to go against. I think the Texans roll here. I think they win by seven, maybe even ten. Dirty, nice. I like it. I I don't have a strong opinion, so I'll be rooting you home with the Texans here as uh, we move. I'm on. actually start. I'm actually starting Tyrod in one fantasy league. Believe it or not, that's how desperate I am at the quarterback position. Dude, there's a lot. Of, I was <laughs> saying, I got na- I got so nasty in a couple leagues. They're so so dirty. Oh gosh, I had like I said, I started Tua last week. I've had just so many awful awful people starting through injury through just my incompetence this was a bad fantasy year for me because and and uh, i'll take the l there were just three or four guys that i was heavily invested in and i don't and none of them worked out for whatever reason the 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 three or four that i thought were a little undervalued i'm gonna i'm gonna draft them in a lot of leagues and i'm gonna make sure that i have you know combinations of them i said ridley was one of them mclaren was another one who's you know just been Way too inconsistent back and forth Lamb had I, I had it in a couple also And he was bad early to start the year And in, in some spots he's been a little bit better late I just uh some swings and some misses For me as we move to the Titans Patriots There's just well, Somebody's just flew down my street And the person out front And and so they like set off this car alarm And this car oh. alarm just going out front And that's just like the most annoying thing in the world Because I'm like I have no idea where that car it, where the people who parked that car is right They could be yeah. down the freaking street And have no idea their car's going And this thing could just be going And it's so annoying It's like damn it you stupid people driving oh, down Oh my god when I lived in New York City that was the worst Right That was the absolute worst when I, was, <laughs> I lived in the city for one summer and that was just... Oh my god It was phenomenal <laughs> Like when I look back at the crap I used to do um, You remember uh, God who was that I'm going to really age myself here but you remember that old um, UConn center, Jake Voskel? Oh, my with, gosh. Yes. Look at him that. And I, him and I, like, were a co-worker. Like, I became friends with that guy, and we had some wild times, man. That so. is awesome. Blast from the past <laughs> there as we uh, we get back to our next game. Titans at the Patriots. So I did see right before you and I were recording um, that this did pop up to seven. Uh, in, in some spots And so I locked in the Titans uh, at 7 I do actually think it's probably going to float up But I, I locked it in at 7 Just because that's the number that I I had my When it gets there I will play this Now 
I am a little bit nervous uh, So the Patriots are a 7 point favorite here at home Total in this game uh, 6.5, 7 depending on where you're looking Totals in the 44, 44 and a half. So you can probably find a beneficial number For whatever side you're on um, I'm, I'm telling you I'm on the, the Titan side But you know So the Titans got beat last week by um, By the Texans We were just talking about the Texans And it to me was just Like a game that I don't like I looked at, I watched it, I take a lot of things out of, but it doesn't bother me that they lost to the Texans. Like even everyone loses, it doesn't matter to who. We've seen good teams lose to bad teams. It does it doesn't matter to me. It just you knew this was coming. They were beating teams every week where they were getting outgained. They were getting the like the turnover luck. They were getting Weird kicking stuff happening They were just every Random thing that could happen Was for about five weeks their defense is Actually legit though and like Getting getting into the Titans a little bit so last Week Tannehill was 35 For 52 for 323 yards and four interceptions He had six turnover worthy Plays and he got sacked uh, Twice three passes broken Up he was graded By pro football focus Out of the 35 Quarterbacks that took a snap At least a snap last week He was ranked 31 Out of those 35 <laughs> um, He, he uh, they, The Titans I mean They had 420 Total yards to 190 For the Texans They had more first downs 26 to 15 More total plays 79 to 62 More total yards Yards per play 5.3 to 3.1 But they had 5 turnovers And they missed an extra point It was just everything from all those weeks Kind of came back to them in once It doesn't usually happen that way It'll kind of start to even out week Usually for 3 or 4 weeks in a row But this time it just came all at once for them um, Keep an eye on Brown this week He wants to play He left the game last week And that is my concern Because I I like this spot As a bounce back spot for the Titans I think it's a, a spot where the Patriots are still a little Overvalued we'll talk about them in a second But I am just genuinely Worried that the Titans Might be a, a little Undermanned I think I read that On Tuesday into Wednesday They made 13 transactions Just as far as like yeah. Releasing Releasing players activating or like Bringing players up off the practice squad They got rid of Peterson which was it's not like you, you called that out It's like he didn't have anything left It's not like that's going to hurt them They got rid of him or anything But that's just There's a lot of moving pieces So as much as I like this spot And, and, and at 7 I like the number I am still worried They had Nick West Not Russ Nick Westbrook Akeen Targeted 8 times He had 7 catches last week 176, 170 yards and a 46 yard long He's a 24 year old Wide receiver in his second season He's only got 23 total catches on the year But he could be in line for a, Just like a big game at least in garbage Or someone to keep an eye on in DFS Especially with or without Brown um, It was you know A ripe spot for them to just be down but their defense, Eric, this was the thing I was the most impressed with uh, in my rewatch of this game last week. So after every time the Titans crapped themselves, their offense, bad throws by Tannehill, turnovers, another bad throw, after every time, their defense held strong. First half, right after the interception, they held the Texans four plays, zero yards, forced a field goal. Turnover on downs, they held the Texans to three uh, three plays, seven yards 
Then in the second half, turnover on downs held the held the Texans to three plays, nine yards. After another interception, held them to three plays, one yard. After the next interception, four plays, negative four yards. This defense is is actually pretty good. I know the te- the Texans aren't great, but any defense that gets put in a bad spot like that over and over and over, they normally crack, and they didn't. Um, I'm I'm leaning here with the uh, the Titans. Yeah, I love the Titans here. I mean, the line opened up at three and a half. It's definitely getting an inflated line. Um, Patriots, like you kind of set up, you set up before in the Falcons game. Um, that score is a little misleading. Falcons kind of shot him the self in the foot, or that game would be a lot closer, and this line wouldn't be as inflated as it is. And we need to remember um, the next week that the Patriots have the Bills on Monday Night Football. So um, you know, it's definitely going to be a look at that spot because that game is going to be for the lead in the AFC East. Um, so yeah, I definitely like the Titans here. I like them to rebound. Defense has been playing a lot better too. And Rabel is two and zero against Belichick. Yeah. Um, going to go there too. Yep. He knows him. He, yep. He knows him looking at, and like I said, like, I mean, I know I sound like a broken record, but there's like certain guys I like to like bet on when they're a favorite and fade when they're sorry, bet on when they're a dog fade when they're a favorite. Rabel 65% again, 65% against the spread as a dog, 64% against the spread as a road dog. And the offense, Hillard looked good. I like what I saw from the guy Hillard, the the back, the running back. And they started to use the play action a lot more when he was back there. And I really think the play action is going to open up the um, the offense for the Titans. So I like for them to rebound. I definitely like the seven. I mean, the Patriots have been playing well, like, well, they're not as good as as like what some of their scores would suggest or, you know, kind of the buzz that they're getting. They're playing fine and a lot of the other teams are just not like not playing well and that's sort of why they're standing out a little bit more I just don't think that they should and that's fine and so they deserve to be at the top of the the division standings and in the playoff conversation and all that but from a gambling standpoint they're still the number 16 offensive DVOA even with their recent success and what seems like they're humming their their defense is good I think this is a team like this is a game where the Titans defense is going to play pretty well too and make it difficult on New England. So I'm I'm absolutely and the Titans have shown like this is their whole year. I mean that's why we bet on the Jets. That's why we bet on the Texans. Titans are the team. They play up. They play down. You know. I mean. So I definitely definitely like them here. Also, um, another thing to remember is. The Patriots, like, they, they put up a lot of points against the Jets. But, I mean, it's not like a run-and-shoot, like, pass-heavy team. They're still just going to pound and run it. So anything over a touchdown is going to be – it's unlikely. that It's hard for them with the way they play offense to cover such a big number. Yep. Both on uh, the Titans side here, look for the best number that you can find as we move along from Titans-Pats to Eagles-Giants. So – we spoke about the Eagles the other day on our uh, on our last podcast as Eric has locked in a future on them. And so like in this particular spot, I mean, I look at this game and there could not be two teams coming into this game in in like different ways. The Giants look so bad. They fired their offensive coordinator, Freddie Kitchens is going to be calling plays. But I got to be honest, he was actually a pretty decent play caller. It, he he was bad as a head coach. Um if you just look at some of the numbers when when he was calling plays, he actually wasn't terrible for for the Browns. He just was the type of guy that can't be the head your head coach. He can't be someone that's got all these different things going on to worry about. Uh, 
I mean, and that's fine. Like that—that's what some people are. Some people right? Some are coordinators. Are are aren't um that's that's their ceiling for their career. They just aren't aren't the um the head guy that can put everything in order and manage everything, and which is fine. I mean, like he, he's a good coordinator. He's going to be a good play caller. You sent me that video when of the Giants when they had three players oh in the gosh. same exact spot. He's like, gonna what? Yeah, he's going to develop the plays a little better. And Giants have a lot of talent. They do have a lot of talent. Um, Eagles, though, like I, like I said, man, like they, they lean in their offensive line, which for me right now is a top five unit in the league. They're running the ball over 40 times a game. The only thing that can stop the stop the Eagles, excuse me, is Sirianni. If he kind of gets a little – Himself. Yeah, a li- like starts thinking like a little, um, a little crazy. And – like I went down a rabbit hole. Like I had a, I had a little bit of a drive today, and I kind of went down a rabbit hole, and I was like looking at stuff while driving and thinking of stuff. Um, it's kind of it's it's really weird that you're going to see a team change what they did at this part of the season. Um, the Eagles never ran the ball, and then they ran. Now they're running all the time, and then. I kind of was like, okay, you know, let's kind of play around with some numbers while I'm driving. Probably not the safest thing to do, but you know, I started playing around some with some numbers, <laughs> and we'll 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 get to this team in a little bit. But do you know the team over the this time, this four week time, that second in terms of rushing attempts, the Indianapolis Colts. Colts. I was gonna say it's probably gonna be yeah. Colts and Taylor, and, and and they're 34 times. And Sirianni used to be the offensive coordinator and his good friends with uh, Wright. So, I mean, is this just a coincidence or did these guys just talk one random Sunday? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's just like they both start one. They both at the same time, just they're like at the same time, just completely changed what they're doing and just started pounding the ball. And then when you think about it, like I mentioned this other time, there's no real defense besides the, um, the Buccaneers that's built to stop the run. So they're putting their teams in great positions to win. So, I mean, it's kind of, I don't know, like you go down that rabbit hole and start thinking like why you start doing this. So I, I don't know. I love the Eagles. This spot, though, I mean, anything over four, you know, interdivision game, home dog, I'd lock in the Giants. It's at three and a half right now. That number is probably going to be a pass for me. But if it gets to like a four, four and a half, I'll be invested in the Giants. Yeah, th- I wouldn't. I don't want to lay three and a half on the road with the Eagles just from a, a gambling standpoint. I, I don't like doing this. I would not be surprised if the Eagles just beat the crap out of them. I mean, it wouldn't be shocked. They scored 40 points on a very good Saints defense. They ran the ball. Against the number one rushing defense And the difference between what we're seeing From Philly right now Versus like when I see teams Play really really great Games and And then I'm, I'm You know want to play against them the next week It's that this has been sustained for Philly And it's it's running the ball You can kind of do that Against anyone even good run defenses When you're this focused on it And when you've gotten this good at it It's It's much more Consistent than Throwing the ball and, and going up and down And being able to complete passes Because then you have to throw, catch, move The sticks, everything Look what um, they did the Saints last week The Saints, the, the Saints are the best DVO Number one, number one the run. They ran the ball they got, 50 times against they got, that They got pimp slapped I mean they got 50 absolutely times. pimp slapped In that game I mean it was a complete beat down Two yards rushing, 4.8 yards per carry Three touchdowns, Philly had three different rushers Of over 10 carries and 60 plus yards All three of them had at least An 18 yard run 
They have won three of their last four Their lone loss came in a back and forth game That they lost by a field goal to a good Chargers team The three wins that they've had in those four games They've all been by double digits If you like Philly here and you want to play them you know, that, that helps you But it, if I would have wanted to play Philly I would have wanted it at the most at three Yeah, and, and it's But just, I mean like I'll be honest like I, I'm a stickler for this Like I mean I, like you and I have talked about my rules and everything. Like I don't lay points on the gr- on the road. Like I know play like Philly to make the playoffs or something like yeah. that. Like we yeah. we've talked about. There's just better to ways to play house. Philly. Even, yeah, there's way better Philly to make the playoffs. Philly to win until the, the game starts yeah. and maybe you can play and play if yeah. the Giants score first. You know, just I'm not. I'm I wouldn't. One, I I almost never, and I don't say never because there might be certain cases, but I would very 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 rarely. Be laying points on the road You know in a situation Like this and I'm definitely not doing it if I'm Getting the bad side of the number No like, no. you're over not that key number at three I mean if this is two and a half yes. Or even even if it was like a one And you get the money line at minus 120 Yeah Absolutely. okay I get that's, it but That's fine I can stomach that but no, nah, I don't want to go minus three and a half or above Here when um, yeah. y- there are probably Just better ways to play this one so Philly they uh they are up to the number seven offensive DVOA, number twelve overall DVOA, number three rushing DVOA. They have four defensive linemen record multiple pressures last week. They only had two pressures charted against their offensive line. We discussed their rem- the remaining schedule. Giants this week, and the Giants are on a short week coming off a Monday night football game. You've got the at the Jets, then a bye. They're five and six right now. They're going to be favored in the next two games to very easily be seven and six. After their bye, they've got a home game against Washington where they'll be a, a field goal favorite in there, at least. Then they got a home game against the Giants where they'll be a four or five point favorite there. They're a three and a half point favorite against the Giants on the road right now. Probably seven, maybe, if they're, they're still playing well. And then at Washington, and they close at Dallas. This team has an opportunity to really, really, you know, Put together a lot of wins late in the season. Get hot. They were up thirty-three to seven in that game, with two minutes and thirty-eight seconds left in the third quarter. And then the Saints actually came back and made a little run, and they 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 made it close. And you know what Philly did? We're going to go on a nine-play, seventy-four-yard drive in three minutes and fifteen seconds just to go. Nope, we're up forty to twenty now. Get out of here. Yeah, uh, it's just they're impressive. Yeah. They're impressive right they're, now. They're playing well. You know they. They seem to get it, and it's just remarkable what's going on. It makes you wonder how how it happened. Yeah, and shout out to uh, to Sirianni. So far, we've laughed at him. You know, he wears the uh, Iverson jerseys, and he's trying to, to you know fit in. You know, but he's he's doing well so far. Could be a, a good few weeks coming up for him. We move to the Steelers Bengals. Man, this division, this is going to be a fun division down the stretch because they all still have a bunch of games against each other this weekend. We've got. Steelers Bengals and we've got Browns Ravens And I mean Any of these teams can move from the Top of the division to the bottom of the division And the team right now in the division With the best record the Ravens They're not that good It's not like no, none of them are that good Nobody's that I mean I, I think we both Weren't very high on the Steelers but it's not like Any of these teams are bad 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 and I think all four Of them have like four of the five or six toughest schedules in the league because they play each other so much and they're all pretty decent. Um, so Steelers, 
Bengals The Bengals are a four and a half point favorite in this game Over under is 45 This one's a weird one for me Because I'm, I think I'm wanting to play the Steelers in this spot Bengals beat up the Steelers um, earlier in the year when they played them And that's something that they have not done quite often this, The Bengals are coming off a big win last week That's who knows how great it is Because they're playing against a Raiders team That could very easily be checked out um, the, But the Steelers are coming off of a short-ish week Where they played late on Sunday night That was a really tough way to lose They came all the way back They were down huge They did get a little bit lucky late to come back They almost stole a win So Pittsburgh punted on the first and second drives of the second half After that, field goal, touchdown, 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 touchdown Field goal, take the lead Including a three-yard touchdown on a drive after a block punt An 11-yard touchdown drive after an interception And a seven-yard field goal drive after a a failed um, fourth down from the Chargers they didn't really run the ball because they were down so big early So I'm not really going to hold that against them For not running the ball last week They went 8 for 15 on third down They um, they didn't turn the ball over That's kind of what kept them in the game This not turning it over And for a game they were down pretty big The time of possession deficit wasn't all that much I think they were down about three, three and a half minutes or so The thing about Pittsburgh is Seven of their ten games this year have been decided by eight points or less the last six games they've played have all been decided by six by eight points or less. The last five games they've played have been decided by five points or less. And they're another one of those teams that you hit on saying you don't really want to lay points with them, but you do kind of like playing them when they're a dog. I don't this is probably the t- I don't I just don't know if this is the kind of spot I love that much for them. They're ranked twenty sixth in defensive DVOA. 26th against the pass, 16th against the run. Okay, but without looking, don't look at your DVOA sheet. Where do you think the Bengals' offense is in DVOA with all the weapons they have? Oh, they're not good. 23rd. They're not efficient at all. They're they're 23rd. These, I mean, yeah. their offense is awful because like it's either a basic formation and they run Mixon, or they go empty set with five wide and Burrow drops back. I mean, there's no offense creativity from Taylor. I mean, to me, the big thing comes down to this. Does TJ Watt play or doesn't he play? And if TJ Watt plays, this four and a half is an absolute hammer for me. And even if he doesn't, it's probably going to be a hammer for me too because Mike Tomlin, he's the greatest, like, I, like a cheerleader type coach. You know, come on, it's us against the world. Everyone's doubting us. Let's get it done. You know, he is 67% as a dog and he's 59% ATS. Yeah, now this is a favor or a dog. Just after a straight up loss. So he covers after a loss. He covers as a dog. And you, you remember when Tyler Boyd said after the game, what I don't forget when that was, but like week four, he said that team quit. They laid down to us. They're not on our level anymore. You're telling me that Tomlin's not going to have that quote all over the locker room? You know, I, to me, this is the typical Tomlin like cheerleader yeah, type. It feels like, like it. let's go do it. Let's go do it spot. Um, you know, and this Bengals. You know, I mean, this, the Steelers with Lockett, they can create pressure. And it's not like this Bengals offensive line is that good. I mean, Burrow's walking around with a limp all the he, time. He's got to be better at taking less yeah. hits, man. He's got to. He was limping around again. Um, you know, 
And that game when you look at it It's a little deceiving So they scored 19 points in the 4th quarter uh, 4 for 4 on 4th quarter scoring drives To win 32-13 to 13. They only had 148 yards passing for Burrow yeah. It's actually Mixon who ran the ball well And it was late He kind of wore them down late 30 carries, 123 yards, 2 touchdowns Improved as the game went on they did it. I mean, they they won a lot of the major metrics. They dominated the time of possession. They dominated. They they had a, twenty three more total plays. They they had yeah. ten more first downs. So they they won a lot. Of, they won that game like pretty impressively. But we've not been surprised anytime we see this happen with the Raiders. Now, um, I, I'm leaning. I haven't locked it in. I was leaning Steelers side. I, I this just feels to me like a like a close divisional field goal kind of game. Oh, exactly. But I mean, the thing is this: if it gets to, if Watt plays, the number is going to hover, hover where it is. If he doesn't play, you're going to get more value. So you're better off just sitting back and waiting. Maybe waiting wait for a little the bit. Friday. Yep, wait for the Friday practice report, see if Watt's going to play, and then lock it in after that. After the number adjusts, if he uh, if he's not playing, let's get to Bucks Colts. So. The Buccaneers are a three-point favorite on the road Going to play the Indianapolis Colts 52.5 is the total in here Bucks coming off of the Monday night football win Against the Giants And you've got the Colts Who just beat the crap out of the Bills last week So the Colts are now 6-5 and 7-4 and four against the spread this year After that miserable start to the season When Wentz was hurt COVID stuff, both sprained ankles, all that. Well, they're right back here. They're in the playoff picture. They're at six and five. Uh, last week, Taylor had 185 yards rushing. 136 of those were after contact. He had 14 first downs running, six explosive runs, four touchdowns on the ground. He had a fifth touchdown, which was a 23 yard reception. He put himself into the MVP conversation, honestly. Uh, with that with, with that game and, and with what he's done as of late Because the Colts are winning All of the Colts games this year Have come against teams that won at least 10 games last year And they're 6-5 and five. Yeah. Uh, They're a dangerous they're, I'll tell you what, they're a dangerous team and like, They're impressive they're, You know, they're running the ball, like I said Over four time, over the last four, di- four games 34 times Taylor looks like what we all thought he was going to be Coming out of Wisconsin A pounding Running back Wentz isn't turning the ball over. Offensive line is playing good. Um, I did. I'll be honest. I lack in the Colts. I love the Colts here. Home dog getting three. Brady has yet to cover on the on the road this year. We faded him every single time. Won money every single time. I'm not going to stop that trend. It is a little worrisome though that um, Nelson doesn't look like he's going to play. But then again, it's Wednesday. We're not 100% sure. Um, and God, by Oh my God! Name starts with V. The defensive Vita, lineman. Vita Vita Vita. Vita Vita. Yeah, he he's he's tr- he practiced. It looks like he is going to play, which is going to clog up the middle a little bit. But Against yeah, the right. I like the yeah. Colts. Yeah, I like the Colts here. Home dog playing great. Um, I defense. They have a top ten defensive unit. Um, and I know they killed the Giants, but still, this offense doesn't look good. Um, it looks good when. Antonio Brown's out there and we don't know what's going on with his leg and everything. I think there's something going on with Evans and um, Brady because it really doesn't seem to be looking his way that much. That's something that seems really odd to me. But yeah, I like the Colts here to like cover the game. I don't think they win it, but I like them to cover. Yeah, this one's uh, this one's interesting. I'm I'm leaning Colts. Now, I'm I'm curious if the, what this number because three 
like if this got down to two and a half or so, I would. I mean, then I'd probably just play the Colts maybe money line in that situation. But I agree. agree like three and a half would be the the number that I wanted more like to get to get the opportunity to to, to lose by that field goal here. I mean, the Colts. They're playing well though, and I have no problem playing them a little money line. They're up to number eight overall DVOA. They scored on their first four drives: touchdown, touchdown, field goal, touchdown. One of them was right after a fumble for Buffalo. They had to go one play to get the touchdown. All of a sudden, it's twenty-four to seven at the half. They won the time of possession in that game by over fifteen and a half minutes, and they didn't have to even try to pass the ball. It was, you know, weather, and they were running so well. Why are you going to try? And yeah, six games left. Looks like they've got three tough games and then three games that they should be able to to you know get the job done. They've got this game and they've got home against the Patriots and home uh what's the other one? Home yeah, and then three kind of like pretty cake games. These are their two toughest games, Tampa and the Patriots I think still left. So the Colts, can they do it? This is a huge game for them because if you're 6 and 6 you got you're in a little bit of trouble because there are a lot of teams at the bottom of the AFC that are bunched right there. You can't get behind them right now. Um, yeah, leaning leaning Colts for sure. Probably one I'll keep an eye on, and uh, and uh, we'll probably end up locking. Yeah, it's up weird. Here. Like DraftKings and FanDuel are the ones I usually use to make the playoffs, and like I live in Illinois, I'm in Michigan now. They don't have to make the playoffs props up. I don't know if they took them down because it's midweek or. Or they just all offer admission because I was going to see what it was for the Colts. It's kind of weird. Let's get to our next game. We're going Panthers Dolphins. So the Panthers are on the road as a two point favorite, playing the Miami Dolphins. Over under in this game is forty two. Carolina lost last week to the football team, so they're now five and six straight up, five and six against the spread. And Miami is four and seven now. They are five five and one against the spread. Dolphins have won three in a row. Two actually. Okay, I mean, they were playing the Jets He was 27 for 33, 273 yards Two touchdowns and an interception Like always, he didn't try to throw the ball down the field at all He only attempted four passes More than 10 yards down the field They won the time of possession 33-35 to 26-25 Most of the other stats from the game Were pretty even, first downs were close Total yards were separated by just Yards per play, pretty close Not too far off, red zone penalties Just one turnover each, all pretty similar For Dolphins-Jets in that game Gaskin carried the ball 23 times. They they can't really run the ball. Um, they just they, they, they just picked up Philip Lindsay today. That's okay. Yes, that's a great point, and I'm glad you mentioned that too. Um, what I like about the Dolphins is they've only allowed 36 points over their last three games, and this is a defense that last year frustrated the hell out of you and I because they were good, but they were getting kind of lucky, but they were good. And and they were better than they played for a lot of this year, this defense. They weren't as good and as going to be able to take a, you know, score on you every time like they did last year, but they were not as bad as they played for a lot of this year. They played really well against the Ravens a couple weeks back. They played pretty well against the Bills, actually, uh, a few weeks back, too. And then the Texans game is in the mix, and then the Jets game is in the mix there, too. Those are all games where they've started to look a lot better. The offensive line was a little bit better last week. I think I'm leaning Dolphins' money line in this spot. Um, This is just a pure pass for me. Uh, this is going to be one of the best, better defenses that Tua has played against. I'm not a Tua believer at all. Um, if this game, this is what I, like what I was talking about earlier. 
if this line was a one and I could get like a minus 115, minus 120 on the Panthers money line, I would take that. Um, Dolphins struggle running the ball and that's what the Panthers are going to do. They're going to try to pound the ball with McCaffrey, Hubbard, and Newton like 40 to 45 times a game. Um, I just don't think I, I can see them stopping the run enough. But I, I don't lay points on the on the road, and I've already made my one-two a bet for the year. So I'm sending, <laughs> this, one, I'm sending this one out. Yeah, the Panthers last week, because that was – they, you know, they're thinking they're at home. Cam, they're going to be a little up. Cam's had like a week now to look at the playbook and everything. They didn't even have 300 total yards in that game. They only had 18 first downs on 10 drives. They lost the time of possession – by almost 12 minutes to the football team And Cam had 21 completions And 20 of them were short Within, you know, inside, you know, of 20 yards There was only one really deep pass McCaffrey, 10 carries, 59 yards 7 receptions for 60 yards And then Cam stole the touchdown there He had 10 carries himself for 46 I think I'm leaning Dolphins here Not a love, but uh, I, if I do I'm going to play Dolphins on the money line as we move to Chargers Broncos We've got the Broncos coming off a of bye Chargers are a two and a half point Favorite on the road here over under Is 48 in this one uh, Any opinion in this game Eric Love the Broncos you know Teddy Bridgewater He's 68% against the spread As a dog Charger, Chargers Can't stop the run Broncos like to Like to run the ball and I'll be the first to admit what I was wrong I was High on this Chargers team what Sunday showed me, it's, it's the same Chargers team. They could not shut the door on their opponents. Oh, they man, that was bad. Back in. That was so bad. I, they were up 27-10 with three minutes and 40 seconds left to go in the third quarter, and they were down. They allowed the Steelers to score 27 points in the fourth quarter to take a 37-34 lead. But, I mean, the thing is, is, like, Herbert has – it's kind of weird how his season went. Like, at the beginning of the year – he was spread like spreading the ball around great. Um, then Williams kind of got back hurt, started leaning on Keenan Allen. And then that game, he was just throwing, throwing the ball to Keenan Allen in the tight ends. He wasn't even looking Williams way until the, the final play of the game. Um, he's got to go back to seeing the field and spread the ball for this team to reach what they're capable of. They have a couple injuries on the, uh, on the offensive, the uh, right side of the offensive line. And also, like, if you look at the Broncos defense, like where it started with who's supposed to be there and who's there now because of injuries and the trade of Von Miller, it's completely night and day. Um, I like Vangio. I think he's a good defensive coach. I think he's going to put up a scheme and he's going to change some stuff around. He's going to get the defense headed in the right direction. Interdivisional game, key number three, Teddy, Teddy covers at quarterback. I'll take the Broncos plus three all day. But I would lock that one in now because I think this is going to drift down to two and a half. Over the weekend So The the Chargers had a 93% Win probability that went To 31% and then Back up to 100 in the fourth quarter uh, In the final five minutes of the game They tried to spit that thing out They had a blocked punt, an interception And a turnover on downs all in the fourth quarter <laughs> I mean you look That's at the just box, awful That's, that's awful. nuts, that is pretty nuts I mean, You look at the box score they had more first downs, thirty-three to twenty-two. More total yards, five thirty-three to three hundred. They had seven point seven yards per play to four point six. But the turnover, the block punt, twelve penalties for seventy-five yards. That just crushed the Chargers. I mean, Herbert was awesome, though. He was awesome, and he makes incredible throws. And and I I think it was somebody on uh, I think on the Ringer NFL show that had said this uh, last week and. 
when you look at his interceptions, almost every time when he throws an interception, it's because somebody made a great play on it. It's like he's yeah. very rarely throwing just a duck that's like, oh my gosh, what did he do there? It's like when you look back and you, if you were to just put together his interceptions throughout this year, almost all of them would be, oh my gosh, what a great play by the defender there. Oh wow, what a diving like play. Oh my god, that was a great one. Like it's just he's good, man. He ran the ball. 9 carries for 90 yards. He had 90 yards rushing in this game. Um hey, he played well, you know. 382 I, but like yards. I said like when he's yeah. distributing the ball, he looks good, but when he locks in an Allen, that's that's the big worry. They get a little goofy with the way like he's got a big arm. He can make all the throws and they dink and dunk a little bit. It's like they don't really have the personnel to try to stretch the field all that much because Allen is a good possession receiver and Mike Williams can go up and get it, but neither one of them are just going to beat burn you with speed. You know, yeah. they're not just going to outrun you. And so the, maybe they, they, they could have been someone who maybe used a Deshaun Jackson or just a, a that type of player who can really help them stretch the field and, and give them like that dimension uh, for, for someone like Herbert to look at a couple times through the game, take a few shots. Cause man, this he, he's good. Just watching him over and over. He's a really, really good football player, and uh, he had a couple drops too. Too, so he was seven for eleven down the field uh, when they had to go for ten yards plus, 162 yards and a touchdown, three big time throws, and in the four throws that he missed, two of them were drops. Uh, he had four runs of ten plus yards, so a very nice game for him. But I'm staying away in this one. I would also lean Broncos if you could get the three somewhere and find the plus three or anything above that. Lean Broncos there and I need Just I think two I had uh, I needed to get them uh, I had seven and eights on On Broncos win totals for The year um, so just got to get a couple More to to chalk that one up and I think Carolina too I had Sevens eights and nines a couple Different ones on, on some of the alternate prices uh, For them so let's see if we can get A couple stacked wins for uh, for the Panthers As we move along to Vikings 49ers Eric, uh, we've got what the 49ers as a three point favorite at home. Vikings uh, on the road here, three point dog total in this game, 48 and a half. Yep. And like I said, there's certain coaches I like to fade and when they're favorites. And that's old uh, Mike Shanahan, 32%. No, sorry, Kyle Shanahan, 32%. Kyle. You were thinking yep. Broncos, Mikey. Now yep. we went to Kyle right after. <laughs> uh, 32% against the spread as a favorite, um, a whopping 13 percent against the spread as a home favorite after a win um yeah i just i just love them in this spot and then plus like i look at these teams and i think they're basically even and i'm getting the vikings with points they have a, they have more offensive weapons um granted you know you got the Kirk cousins factor who god only knows what you're going to get with him but yeah i like the vikings here zimmer's 50 58 against the spread as a um as a dog, I just, I just think this is a great spot for the Vikings. I think they have more weapons. And like I said, in my eyes, it's basically a coin flip game. So I'll take the, I'll take the three all day. So some things for the Vikes, they are currently in the playoffs right now. They're the number six seed cousins had a pretty good game, but there was, there were a couple plays that there was one interception that got called back. And then a couple more that he had that were dropped by the Green Bay defense, but dang, he's been playing really, really well, kind of quietly under yeah, the radar. I'm not gonna lie, that that plus two and a half was a legit, uh, legit sweat for me because like, yeah. oh, that, yeah. was a, that was a legit plus two and a half sweat. Dude, um, I was on the same side with you, man. 
I had that and the money line. And so I had yeah, just, that, um, was a, that was a legit, a legit, a legit sweat, but, um, you know, it, he took advantage of it. Cousins does play well in nine prime time games. Um, but yeah, I just don't like, I, in my eye, Shanahan is just an overrated coach. Like I you agree. look at what he's done, his winning percentage he's... is like 45%. Um, everyone says like, well, you know, he hasn't a quarterback, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of guys that don't have quarterbacks that, that do well. You know what I mean? That, that win games. Um, I think sometimes he gets a little too cute. I think if you get in a doghouse, like, I think he's a coordinator. I think he's one of those guys that we were talking about. Like, I think he's a very good coordinator, but I think the way he manages some of the players, like some of the stuff with Ayuk, with uh, Sermon, with with Lance and and Jimmy G, even all the weird stuff about the, you know, this year with the draft pick and then actually picking Lance. That just seemed really, that was weird. Lance played no football at North Dakota State and you used a a pick at him. What was it? You moved up. You moved third up, pick, like, right? It just doesn't make, yeah, it just doesn't make sense. No, especially, but it goes back. It's a copycat league, and you saw the success that these quarterbacks drafted in the first round had, namely Herbert. So you had all these guys drafting quarterbacks, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and they thought that, this that, that he yeah. was the combination of yeah. he he was not only a good first round quarterback, but he's got a little bit of Lamar and a little bit of Kyler, right? You know, like he can be the the best of some of those guys. Well, no, no, those two guys, you know, th- there have been a lot of of players that came into the league that thought they would be able to run and succeed, and because they couldn't throw, because they couldn't throw, they just couldn't. Yeah. Right. Because once after five games, six games, whatever it is, they'll have a little bit of success. But then you get a little film on them. The coaches realize that they can't make certain throws, and then you force them to to have to make those throws. They can't. You win. That's that's yeah. that's what ends up happening. There's a reason why Lamar and Kyler are still successful because one, Kyler's actually a, a really good thrower of the ball, and Lamar is actually very much improved thrower of the ball. From where he was two to three years ago You can tell he really works at it He tries And like anything It's not natural to him So he's going to have some games Where he'll just go He'll revert back and really struggle And that's the concern with a guy like Lamar In a playoff situation Against a really good team And a good defense Or a good coach And a good scheme But there's just There's not a lot of guys that you can do that with And the 49ers just kind of figure that Oh yeah we're just going to go get a guy Who sort of has those same skills And we'll just we'll just turn him into that And yeah. it doesn't doesn't work It um, doesn't work that way Jefferson man He had another great game Eight catches, 169 yards Two touchdowns And he was the number one graded wide receiver By uh, pro football focus Over the last two weeks So the two week stretch 17 receptions on 20 targets 312 yards 18.4 yards per reception The the Vikes got up 16 to 3 And then 23 to 10 They allowed Green Bay To get back in the game They scored touchdowns on back to back possessions All of a sudden they're down 24-23 But Minnesota fights back they score a touchdown to go up 31-24. When they got down, I'm like, ah, oh, they're done. I can't believe the Vikings spit it out. Oh, my gosh. They're down 24-23. They come back. They go up 31-24. Then Green Bay comes right back to score. And then Minnesota goes eight plays, 64 yards, two minutes, and eight seconds. They kick the game-winning field goal. Not only did they drive, they ran the clock down. They hit the kick. That was like 
the most non-Minnesota way to win a game ever. They did all the right things that you had to do to win it, Eric. It was crazy. It's all it was like I said, like I said, like it was it was the most stressful plus two and a half cover I've already had. And I had I do these round robin parlays like with the dogs I give out like every week. And I had the what was it, the Texans money line, the um that was the other big big money line. We had the Colts money line and the Vikings money line, like all parlayed like three of them to get together twos always. I mean, yeah, it was a it was a stressful little time for in my household, but got it done, which was nice. So Vikings up to number eleven overall in DVOA, the number nine offense, and the number thirteen defense. It's kind of quietly as because what the Vikings have that nobody like nobody in the league has. They don't have one. Real down spot all year where they just got their ass kicked. No, they've had not. a tough schedule, and they and they've been I mean, close. They, they almost laid they almost laid laid an egg against Detroit. That was the one. Yeah, spot. and well, and they've played they've almost laid a few eggs, but they they haven't had a game where they just got their butts kicked. They haven't they haven't had a game where they just completely no showed, which everybody else has. Like you look at a team like you know like Cleveland, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, even they've got a couple games where they just got their doors blown off. By teams and they just no showed at all you don't you don't got any of those really from the Vikings um so for the 49ers on their side I mean they just beat up the Jags last week and I gotta admit um that was a spot that on paper looked like a flat spot for them so uh power to the 49ers for winning that game they had more first downs 25 to 14 more total plays 66 to 44 more total yards they only had 300 303 to 200 they they did look a little bit like the old 49ers in that they had 42 carries. You you see a number like that, 42 carries, 171 yards, 4 yards per carry. They had three rushers with over 30 yards rushing. All three of them had a long of at least 11. Debo Samuel, 8 carries, 79 yards, and a touchdown. That was the most carries and was tied for the most rushing yards by any wide receiver in a game this year. Jeff Wilson Jr. was back. You mentioned uh, he's... He didn't have like the greatest game most efficiently, but he's not a bad running back. Maybe someone you keep an eye on in like a, like a DFS standpoint. He had 19 carries last week, only 50 yards. He's so slow. 19 he could be the slowest running back. Slow. He's molasses. He slow, slow. It's but a, I mean, the for him, it's a volume like, thing. It's a volume yeah. thing. That's what it is. It's not a like him being yeah. a good running back. I don't think because Mitchell, you who you were talking about, Mitchell's pretty good, and Mitchell the grades. Really well by a lot of the advanced metrics By like DYAR and, and some of the Running back like grading and Rankings um, but From yeah if you're playing some DFS thing Somebody that's going to get 19-20 touches That might be nice and maybe he gets a little Bit more but the game the game shape was up I mean they were up 17 nothing and then 30 to 3 they did They've won three of their, their last four and their Lone loss came to the Colt McCoy Cardinals where they got their asses kicked It's like they could very easily be 4-0 And, and they would have Put themselves in a great spot But what's crazy is This is this it's isn't like it, Yep it's, it's not like an elimination game. game quite yet Because one of these two teams can Lose this game and then still win a few And probably get in but this is a de facto Playoff game you're right Exactly like exactly Two teams that are right with the same record Both in that same 6-7-8 spot Whoever wins here And one loses that's a, is a Big big deal for them so the Vikings, yeah, they're number six, currently tied with the the 
Saints and the Vikings Vikings, Saints, 49ers all tied For the final two playoff spots And All three of those teams at 5-5 five and five, They took the opening drive The 49ers did last week thir- uh, 20 plays, 13 minutes And they were only able to kick a field goal But they gave the Jags 7 total drives In the game The Jags only had 7 drives What was a positive for San Francisco Last week was one of the first times they had like All of their weapons almost Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, Sermon, Lance even got a few carries. Jeff Wilson Jr. was out there. They were all in the field. It hasn't happened very many times this year where they've had like all of their major weapons. So Vikings is where I'm probably leaning. Three or over is where I would uh I would definitely play uh play the Vikes. Three more games for us to discuss. Rams and the Packers. Eric, the Rams are a one point favorite on the road here, over under forty seven. What do we know about the status of Aaron Rodgers right now? That brings me to my point in this game. Like, in my eyes, there's no way in hell you can play this game. Because, A, you have no idea what's going on with Mr. COVID toes. Like, how what he's going to – if he's going to play, is he able to move? Um, Jenkins, who's been lights out at left tackle, is, is, is not playing. He's on the IR, so that means the Packers are now down to their third string left tackle. And the Packers have a history of being very cautious amongst players. And their bye week is next week. So you really don't know, like, who's even going to be playing for them. This could just be another, hey, you know what, let's have love go out there. And then for your boys, Stafford has historically struggled at um, Lambeau Field. And this team had a lot of issues going into the bye. With with so many question marks around this game on both sides of the ball, this is just a pure stay away for me. Like, there's just way too much unknown for me to even think about playing it. Some notes on the Packers side Strong second half from Rodgers last week He was 10 for 11 for 197 yards and 3 touchdowns That was just the second half But I don't, he, you said he can't and he shouldn't play this week And he should just never open his mouth again To, to talk about stuff when he thinks he's being funny and snarky He's talking about Tovid He calls it Tovid Covid toe it's just, yeah, he's just, What are you doing he's dude? Just shut up Just don't say anything And the uh, the running backs they struggled a little bit last week. They had 15 carries for a total of 64 yards. They only gained two first downs and only one broken tackle. Now, Dylan was okay out of the backfield. He had six catches for 44 yards. MVS had that big 75-yard touchdown to tie it late. You mentioned the Jenkins ACL injury. That's a big injury to the offensive line. And the Packers cornerbacks, they got roasted last week. They allowed 14 catches on 18 targets for 231 yards and two touchdowns. Stafford might be able to roast them this week. Crosby missed another field goal this year. He's 65.2%. That's 33rd in the league among it's field bad. goal kickers. There's, there's not even that many teams. teams. There's not even that many teams. He's worse than every starter in the league. It was the third straight week where he's missed at least one field goal. So if this is a game that's basically a pick em on paper, and you're telling me they've got a bad field goal kicker, They've got a quarterback with a question with question marks like at one or at a pick them. I'm fine taking the Rams. I don't like laying points on the road, but we're talking about a situation where they're not laying points. It's a pick them. And if we find out Rodgers is not playing, the Rams will probably be what? Three and a half point favorite. Yeah, it'll probably float up a little bit. So you more can than, definitely get a little I'd bit. say more than a field goal. Yeah, know? for sure. So. Sure. If you think that Rodgers isn't going to play, this is another one of those games where we're saying, hey, maybe. Again, you, you, if you lock it in now, you're probably going to get the benefit of a couple points if that's what you're thinking. Um, and if he does play, it's not as if the Rams couldn't beat an Aaron Rodgers Packers team with some of the issues that they have. 
but I can understand why Eric uh, would want to stay away or uh, would you know would request staying away. That was even weird. Did you see the stuff with the at the at the, at the in the tunnel with Rodgers at the end of the half? Where yeah, he like, but a lot of a lot of a lot of quarterbacks do that. A, but a lot of people. A lot do of yeah. and a lot of quarterbacks and a lot of NBA players do that too and stuff. Yeah. He just looked like it's. He, his body language is weird now too. He's really in this like effort mode after all this COVID yeah. stuff and like me against the world and who's on my side. Cause he just looked like, he just looked like in such a, like, I don't give a shit. You know, it's just really funny with, uh, with Rogers right now, as, uh, we get to the Sunday night football game, divisional game here, Browns, Ravens, and the Ravens are a three and a half point favorite. At home, over under in this game is 46. The Ravens should have lost. How, how many is that for the Ravens now? Uh, like, I mean, you got to give them credit though, because they do. Games. They, no, they do. They shouldn't be winning. They do. Um, they do. They really, and, and that, kinda, and that was without kinda... all of like no Lamar, none of their backs. They're missing a ton of, uh, they're missing a ton of players, but that record of, you know, seven and three, Kansas City, Detroit, the Colts, the Vikings, the Bears. Every one of those could have been a loss. Oh, exactly. They're winning games that they shouldn't be winning. So, I mean, you give them credit. I mean, my my thing I worry about them is Lamar's how old. He's had COVID twice. He gets sick more than anyone I know. That's my one. That's my one worry. Some point about him. Um, with the Browns, Houghton's coming back, which will be a boost to the passing game. He'll probably line up a little bit more outside, which is good. For them because they definitely are lacking lacking passing weapons. Um, but I just don't understand why Mayfield is even out there playing. I mean, you and I can disagree with how good he is, but I, I think no, right now both agree. I can agree that Keenum would be a better option. Absolutely. Um, and he hurts their and Keenum would be a better option for them to win right now. And I think we both probably agree that money aside, Baker's probably got a higher ceiling. Like for this year or like in one game That he could probably do It's like you're not gonna I don't understand this I've not got this at all I have not understood this whatsoever And then and now what's ended up happening Is like Baker's getting pissed At the fans because the fans are like Booing him and it's like okay hey Cleveland Think about where the hell You've been recently Like you're boo like you and I Can rip on Baker and stuff but Browns Fans you really don't like Baker compared to the crap you had before. Like the guys won a playoff game for you last year. It's it's hilarious. And then Baker, it's like Baker, don't bat, bitch back at the fans. It's weird what's going on over there. Um, this yeah, is, the I'm whole staying, situation. I'm staying weird. away. I mean, like, like I'm, I'm staying away here because I don't like. I'm not that what's... high on either of these two teams right now. That's my concern. Yeah, yeah you don't know what's going on, so because of that, you got to kind of stay away. Mm-hmm. Yeah <laughs> we, we could have a long talk about this one I mean how about like I said both these teams with tough schedules Left how about you know Baltimore Here's the rest of their schedule Two against Cleveland two against Pittsburgh The Bengals Green Bay and the Rams Not easy yeah, they, get a, they, they get a tough run All their division and then Green Bay and the Rams And you know Cleveland's schedule is, is very very similar to that too So this game is is a fun game Like I like the Browns as a team More than I like the Ravens And so I'm, I'll am i be rooting for the Browns in, in that aspect but no No play for me here I mean Huntley Gotta give him just a little bit of a shout And a little bit of love for, for last week And what happened um, So 
late, late game winning drive Ravens score 10 points in the fourth quarter to win 16-13 They go 5 plays, 72 yards in a minute and 19 seconds With, with only 1 minute and 4 or They went 5 plays, 72 yards, a minute 19 There was only a minute 41 left in the game And they needed a touchdown And they got one The Bears blew coverage multiple times Ravens picked up a 21-yard pass interference penalty 21-yard pass play Another 29-yard pass, yard pass play, play All on the final drive um, Drive so they dominated the time. Yeah, I mean, for Huntley, yeah, I mean, like they they went in there. And it was a great game script, and I mean, you got to give them credit because they're winning games that they shouldn't be winning. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I think Harbaugh is going to figure it out that they're going to be in a good position, and um, they could easily get with Buffalo struggling right now. I mean, I'm laughing at sixteen to one. I think I'm in a good even. Out easily in playoffs and make money because they're going to be the home favorite. So I like the position I'm in because I took them and they're winning these games, but I I know they're a little bit of a bluff. Absolutely. So you're in a great spot because you the wins are great because what's nice about wins in any league and anything, right? They can't take those away from you, right? You stack those. Nobody can take them away from you. What we do as gamblers is we try to dig into those wins and say, okay, which of these were fluky? Which of these are going to make this team overvalued? And then when you get three or four or five of them all together, you wonder. But hell, I'm saying all of this in in a season where nobody's scary. Nobody's that good. Nobody scares the hell out of you. There is zero reason why Baltimore, like I look around right now, and Baltimore absolutely could put together three or four wins in a row come playoff time. Because nobody... Like any ma- any team that they would match up with wouldn't be a situation where I go, oh yeah, there's such a bad matchup for them that they couldn't beat them. There's just that team doesn't exist this year. It's completely wide open this year, and yeah, I mean, like I could, we could sit here, we could do a whole show, and we could just attack the holes in every team. But you know, at the end of the day, they're winning games and against good teams and bad teams that they shouldn't be winning against. So, you know, big picture, could they win it all? I think they could because, like I said, they're winning games they shouldn't be winning. Let's get to our final game. We're going to talk Monday night football. We've got Seahawks versus the Washington football team. And this game is about a pick em here Monday night. I tried to lock it in right away with Washington at just the, the minus one here. And I, I'm a little bit worried about Seattle. They kind of give me the signal of a team that's – just giving up. I don't really know what they have to play for anymore. They're now three and seven. Yeah, you know. I'll be honest. Uh, my friend, she lives out there. She's friends with one of the players on the team, and how he describes Russ in practice, he can't get a broadside of a barn. Like, I mean, I talked to her today when I was driving back to see my folks and for the holiday, and Russ can't hit a broadside of the barn. I mean, they're talking internally. In the organization about just sitting him down for the rest of the year, just because his finger just just isn't right. I mean, they're three and seven. They have zero hope of making the playoffs. They have huge holes in the offensive line and defensive line. Why risk Russ? Sit him down, get him better, get a high draft pick, start building for for next year. It makes zero sense. Um, Washington, their offense is playing better. Give credit where credit is due. Um, Heineke is produced against two good defenses. He produced against the Buccaneers. He produced against the, um, oh my God, the Panthers. I mean, those are two top 10 DVOA defenses putting up numbers. So you got to respect that. Um, to me, you play Washington or you don't play at all. 
absolutely they, they kind of got things a little figured you know and and you know it's just so much negative over there with russ hey, chris carson who who, who like out russ he only had 270 uh, 207 yards from Pro Football Focus. He looked hesitant. This was a quote from Pro Football Focus. He looked hesitant. Just 34% of his attempts traveled past the first down marker. In limited success, it came almost exclusively on play action. He completed five of six for 68 yards. The problem is they can't run the ball, so they can't really do can't play do action. They can't do and play action. Have, and you and I talk about offensive line all the time. They don't have their starting left tackle, they don't have their starting center. That affects the game. Even if you're not a run base, a run first offense, you at least got to lean on the opposing defense to control the clock, let your defense rest, and kind of set up the play actions of the, the deep ball or the uh, 15 yard outs. And they just can't do that with the guys that they have there. I mean, like long term for the franchise, they're better off just losing out, getting a high draft pick, getting yep. an offensive line, and just moving on and going from there. Yep. And uh, I mean, they had 266 yards, and they ran 30 less plays than the Arizona Colt McCoy, Arizona, without Murray and Hopkins. They had less than half the time of possession to the team led by backups. Yep, um, and they had no no lot injuries in the linebacker core. Um, they're missing a um, Edmonds, who's their starting running back. Starting running back, RB one, wide receiver one, QB one. Yep, Gone. zero excuse. Zero excuse for that. And and now this game's like a pick 'em. No, like I like the football team. They're riding some good momentum right now. You know, you dug into that box score a little bit too. They they were a little bit better than um than it would suggest. Heineke's actually playing some pretty good football after a stretch of really, really bad football earlier in the year. They're running the ball a little bit better. They're a little healthier. I think they're gonna get Logan Thomas back also. Yep, he's so, he's coming back. And that's gonna be a tight end streamer that can help you win because a tight end position, you don't one of the big three. You're kind of up up a creek without a paddle. Eric, buddy, thank you so much, man. Uh, you helped me uh, out twice this week. We were able to split up week 12 into two. I know you've got family in and around, and you've got a lot of stuff going on. So I really appreciate all your time. And uh, I think uh, you're going to be jumping back on. Uh, you said we'll, we'll be talking fourth and inches on Sunday. We are recording this Wednesday night. Some people actually might hear it Thursday. Are you going to be on Thursday morning, too, with us tomorrow morning? Yep. Uh, yep. I will be there Thursday morning. So we'll we'll talk again tomorrow morning, my man. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Uh, I'll talk to you then, but happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. And I think you're going to, to see a movie right now. So uh, go, uh, go bust those ghosts. Hey man, looking forward to seeing this, looking forward to seeing the new Ghostbusters movie. So I'll have a review tomorrow morning on it. Beautiful. Can't wait to hear it. Let me know how Paul Rudd looks in there. Uh, have a great night, buddy. Take care. All right. You too. That is uh, Eric. So thankful for Eric. He has been over the last couple of years, one of the best friends to this show. Uh, Eric is an excellent gambler. He is one of the hardest working guys out there. We are very, very thankful to have Eric on our show each and every week. A good friend. Happy Thanksgiving to him and happy Thanksgiving to all of you again. Good luck in your plays this week, but don't go anywhere. We've got a lot more on. That's what she said. Listen in as Gino and friends give you all the specifics on who to bet and how to make some money.
Big thank you to Eric for helping us out. Happy holidays to him, and happy holidays to all of you. Because Stable Duel is going to give you a family-free ride on Thanksgiving Day. That's right, the Turkey Tumbler family-free ride. That means if you go to StableDuel.com, if you download the app, free, anywhere you get your apps, just go to the App Store if you want. It doesn't cost you anything to get into the Del Mar Turkey Tumbler family-free ride game. 500 bucks in cash prizes Nothing to enter. We're going to give you a, a couple of our best plays on the Del Mar card um, for Friday. And there are Friday Del Mar contests as well. A $5 game and a $75 game. If you need some more help with Del Mar, well, we've actually got Del Mar on uh, the previous podcast where we went through Thursday racing. So here's a look at the schedule coming up this weekend. On Thursday... Charlestown has a $3 game and a $100 game. Del Mar, that free, Turkey Tumbler. And then for $50, there's a bigger game with $3,500 in prizes. Woodbine has a $40 game on Thanksgiving. On Friday, Charlestown has a $25 double up. Del Mar has a $5 game and then the $75 big game with $3,000 in prizes. Golden Gate has a $3 game. Tampa Bay Downs has one for $2 and then one for $50 for some of the bigger players. Then on Saturday, we're all going to be focused in on the Del Mar Derby Contest. $20,000 and $150 to enter. $20,000 in prizes. There's a $10 game if you want to play in one of the smaller ones. Golden Gate has a free ride. Happy Thanksgiving there. Doesn't cost you anything to enter. Tampa Bay Downs, $50. $750 prize pool. And then Woodbine, they have a $30 game on Saturday. Closing the weekend out on Sunday, two games at Del Mar, $5 and a $100 contest. At Golden Gate on Sunday, there is a $100 double up. And then on Woodbine for Sunday, a $50 triple up. That is this weekend. So that big game, Saturday, big bucks are coming. Del Mar's fall meet, biggest day, multiple graded stakes races, the Hollywood Derby, the Sea Biscuit, and the Jimmy Durante. That's the Saturday card, and that's what that is going to be in that big contest for the uh, the Del Mar Derby contest. Estimated payouts to the winner, around $7,000. To the runner-up, around 3000 The third and fourth place finishers should still take home over $1,000 for your $150 entry fee. Heck, even the... Uh, the top 20 spots should still double up their money. Give it a look. Big games this weekend and the biggest one. Saturday, the $150 entry into the Del Mar Derby contest. Let's get into some Friday racing. We're going to go, as I mentioned, because I'm recording this Wednesday, I didn't want to force myself to get a bunch of Saturday handicapping done for tracks that I hadn't get the getting the opportunity to watch replays and do a lot of that handicapping. So I got all the Friday stuff done. I I threw an extra track in for Friday and make sure to please come and follow me on Twitter. It's me, Gino B, because I will have some coverage for Saturday racing for at least Del Mar full card and, and some best bets for Churchill because they've got a really good card there with a couple graded stakes. So you'll no doubt get some Del Mar and some Churchill for Saturday. If you just follow me on Twitter, it's me, Gino B. If you follow me on Facebook, their Instagram, I'll post some of those things too uh, over there. Let's get to Churchill 
So just a couple plays at each of these tracks Churchill, Aqueduct, Laurel, Del Mar That's how we're going to bounce around We start Friday at Churchill We're looking November the 26th And we're going to look at races 5, 9, and 11 For Friday So the third race If you're playing early exotics I thought the three strong silent was you know like a single in there Coming out of the Raven run Good start to the lead Pressure from the outside from a couple others Got headed early and then ended up backing up Looks like the one to catch Not a ton of other speeds in there Proven at Churchill, proven at a mile Just not one that you probably want to bet on the win end Because you're not going to get a great price But maybe a single in some early exotics The fifth race, if we can get You know f- Five to two on encouraging idle bet to win And this will be another that I possibly would just single And maybe go back to back singles And try to uh, try to get to the fifth, the fourth and the fifth So encouraging the number eight she debuted on October the 22nd at Keeneland Going six furlongs She drew the rail that day And she hooked a really good group The winner in that race, Goodnight Olive Won and earned a 93 buyer for winning And then she won her next start An allowance race, a first level allowance at Aqueduct By nine lengths with an 86 buyer The runner up, Oscarette Came back to win a maiden special weight next out Encouraging drew the rail She was a step slow Then she had to try to rush in tight She couldn't get through She backed up And then she just couldn't come on again Not everyone is push button Not every horse can go and start and stop and re-rally That was just her first start The 2-5 to five winner won by 8 plus The dam of encouraging was 3 for 9 Earned 140,000 stakes placed Won her first couple starts So she has the right to be uh, at least a decent runner here with some precocity. The number eight encouraging three to one on the morning line. We will treat as an exotics single. Anything over five to two will make a win wager. As we move to race number nine, the Grade One Clark is in the eleventh. We'll get there in a moment. In the ninth race, non two optional sixty two mile and three sixteenths. I'm looking at the one twenty twice. This is a guy who at three last year was starting to get pretty good. Didn't run well in his debut going on going long on the grass. Then came back, finished second in his runner up, second in a as a runner up in a career start number two. Came back to finish third, back to back victories, and then we didn't see him from November of 2020 to September of 2021. And when we did see him to start his four year old season, in his first start he went a mile and a quarter, which is just not easy. And then on October the 23rd, he settled inside. He was about five or six lengths off. He made a five-wide move at the top of the lane. And he shifted out. And right as he was shifting out, he th- th- he got in tight a little bit. And, and that kind of hurt his momentum. He's going to go third start off the bench. I think he's set for a big effort here. The number one, 20 twice, who is 10 to 1 on the morning line. I had him stacked as a 5 to 1 shot here. 20 twice. From the inside Let's move to the grade 1 Clark Race number 11 Mile and an 8th On the main there at Churchill Downs Now Midnight Bourbon is probably the one They'll all have to catch and beat There's not a ton of speed in here And Maxfield is probably the one That they'll all have to hold off I actually think Dr. Post is kind of sneaky So he put the blinkers on Try to get him a little bit more focus In his last few He's still kind of quirky he had a slow start. He was back to last as Art Collector was just cruising up front in the Woodward. And Dr. Post made an early four-wide move, but just couldn't get any pace to set up. He finished a length behind Maxfield. 
I thought he was better. He ran better in that race than Maxfield did. He just had more to try to do. The number three, Dr. Post. He is 5-1 to one on the morning line. If we can get anything around 7-2, to two, we'll make a win wager. couple plays for you for Friday over at Churchill Downs. Let's go from Churchill Downs to Aqueduct. Get those past performances out for Aqueduct. Friday, November the 26th. So just two races I'm going to be looking at for Aqueduct for Friday. The fourth race is uh, a stakes race. It is the Forever Together. And I don't think there's that much speed in here. So Platinum Painter to the outside has has some, some tactical speed. I think Sailing to the Wind, the five, is actually the quickest. This filly, she has shown speed last time out sprinting, going seven furlongs. Now she's going to stretch out and go a little bit longer. So she was on the lead going shorter and she gets a really good speed jockey aboard. Carmouche, who was abo- uh, aboard last time out, stretches out. If she can clear Platinum, Plain- Platinum Painter, she's going to be pretty tough in here to run down. Sailing into the wind, the number five in race number four. That's going to be my play as we move to race number eight. So the eighth and the ninth are stakes races. Now, what I did find out a little bit earlier today um and i want to just find this army wife army wife will run in thursday's fall steady stakes at churchill not friday's comely stakes at aqueduct david grinning uh tweeted that that was per owner kirk wyckoff so thanks to david for for tweeting that out and if you're playing the ninth um just keep an eye on that so there will not be army wife in that race and i think it's going to be probably a race that i can't really bet because Crazy Beautiful going to be pretty tough in there. So I won't be playing that race a whole heck of a lot. Just wanted to uh, to mention that because I always like to try to talk about the stakes, but that one looks kind of chalky to me. I did think in the, the Geopony, though, the eighth race, Ocala Dream is really, really honest. You dig into his races and his form, I think he's a little bit better than it looks on paper. So on October the 22nd, he was down inside about three lengths off. He's in the third flight, and he's just stuck behind horses. He's traveling well. He's waiting. He's got nowhere to go. He got a little bit of room late, and he started to stretch his legs. He should get some pace to chase in here. You know, you look up and down. You got never surprised who's going to be forwardly placed. Manition to the outside. Safe conduct isn't as quick as some of the others, but I don't think he's going to want to be way out of it. Original, same thing can be said for him. All of a sudden, now you're looking at a race that looks like it's got a pretty good amount of speed signed up on paper. It should set up nicely for the number five Ocala Dream, who is six to one on the morning line. If we can get anything around seven to two, I think that feels pretty fair for Ocala Dream. As uh, we move along from Aqueduct to Laurel, got a couple plays for you at Laurel. We're going to take a look at races three, five, seven, and eight at Laurel Park for Friday. Over to Laurel for some Friday. We don't get the chance to talk all, all too much about Laurel. So I figured, you know what, we were uh, looking around, and I thought I actually got, got a couple more plays that I like at Laurel than any of these other tracks for Friday. So let's jump into Laurel. We're going to look at races 3, 5, 7, and 8. And in the third, 12-5 claimers going 5.5 furlongs on the turf course here. I'm looking at the number 6, Carolina Ice, who is 12-1 on the morning line. Her turf form is a bit sneaky, so... Look at the last time she was on the grass. Two starts back at Laurel when she was 12-1. to She was a good runner-up. Prior to that, the last time we saw her on the grass was going long at Pimlico. And then before that, she was racing in July. And that was in her first start off of, what was that, a seven-month layoff? 
You can make excuses for the two and three starts back races on the grass. She's proven here at Laurel. She's proven over this trip. She had the good effort two starts back. Tossed the dirt races because she just doesn't seem quite as as good on the dirt. Carolina Ice. 12 to 1 morning line. I had her stacked like a 6 to 1 shot. Anything over 6 to 1 will make a win wager there. The fourth race is a stakes race. It's the politely Hello Beautiful is 1 to 2 on the morning line. She's going to be pretty tough to beat. In there, the fifth race, though, we will look to the eight rough C. Now they're going to be going seven furlongs in here, and I'm I love horses that turn back like this. Rough C has been going a mile, went a mile in two of the last three starts. Came closing late, a little bit late last time out. You're just going to get more bottom from this horse. A little bit of something to run at in here. Look at the way this race shapes up. You've got Mr. Pete. Who's got some speed? You've got WW Springtime, who's got some speed. You've got Good Luck Chuck, who's got some speed. You've got Satchel the Riches, who's got some speed. I think combinations of all of them are going to be forwardly placed and should set up nicely for Rough C to come closing late. He is six to one on the morning line. We will make a win wager if we can get anything around seven to two. Let's move along to race number seven. At Laurel, I am looking at the number 10 in here, and that is Muggsy Malone. These are maiden $40,000 claimers in here. Muggsy Malone has been facing maiden specials in all three. He's going to drop in class for the first time. He's drawn well. He cuts back. I think he sits third in here. The way this race could shape up on paper, like hand gesture is probably the quickest. Dr. Grant has also flashed some speed. You'll probably get the two of them forwardly placed. And then you get Muggsy Malone, who can sit well to the outside, who is quick, but who can he can be a little fitter now cutting back from a mile. Outside draw gives him the opportunity to just kind of track off Muggsy Malone, the number 10. Anything around 7-2 to two will make a win wager. He's 5-1 to one on the morning line. The 8th race, another stakes race at Laurel. It is the Howard and Sandra Bender Memorial, 7 furlongs on the main track here. I like the six Galerio because the seven furlongs is is what is the key for me in here. And I, I think Galerio will have no problem with it. Now, he he has settled for minor rewards throughout a lot of his career. This is a good spot for him, though. He is really tough. You just don't see him show up with poor performances. He's nine for 29 with 14 seconds and two-thirds. And with his running style... He should track pretty nicely in here. I'm thinking he's sitting probably third or fourth and not too far out of it early on. Galerio always shows up and runs well. Now he heads into a barn who's excellent, an excellent claim barn. The number six, Galerio, nine to two on the morning line. Anything around three to one will make a win wager there at Laurel Park on Friday. Let's get you over to Delamar. We've got a couple plays. Uh, we're going to look at races five and seven for Delmar for Friday. Let's finish up the racing for Friday with Del Mar Races 5 and 7 Get those past performances out We're looking at November the 26th for Del Mar Race 5, we've got a first level allowance 5 furlongs on the turf course here And it looks like Solardi is going to be flashing some speed from the inside Because of that rail draw Midnight Special I think will be right there pressing Mac Daddy 2 is really really quick Deputy Bernardini, kind of a wild card. We just don't know what kind of tactics we're going to see from this one. I'm leaning towards Elusive Treat, turning back here to five furlongs. I think it'll give him the opportunity to just 
take back, launch, make one late run. In that most recent race, October the 30th, he was favored that day. There was no passing, none whatsoever. The top two finishers, Eastern Ocean and New Park. New Park went to the front end. Eastern Ocean sat second. Nobody passed. Third off the bench, cuts back. You've got Solardi. You've got Midnight Special, Deputy Bernardini, Mac Daddy 2, combinations of them flashing speed to set it up for Elusive Treat. Third start off the bench, Elusive Treat should be set for a good one. 6-1 to one on the morning line. If we can get anything over a 3, I'll make a win wager there. We move to race number seven. It is the Hollywood Turf Cup. And we're going to have another play in here with the number four, Astronaut. So, just toss the Breeders' Cup turf for Astronaut. Okay, he had some trouble, but let's just say that the race was too tough and, and he didn't run well. Toss it. Put a line right through it. Now look at his form. He won the Del Mar Handicap two starts back over this turf course, beating Acclimate. Three back in the San Juan, he was behind Acclimate, who sometimes Acclimate can get away with winning races like this because he's got that kind of speed. He just gets out front, and sometimes if it's the right kind of pace shape, he'll win. Award winner will likely be doing his best to try to keep Acclimate company up front. And that's really what this race is going to come down to because if Acclimate gets the slow, slow kind of pace that he likes, he will be tough to run down. But Astronaut, we've seen, can run him down. And Astronaut, they thought enough of to, hey, let's take a shot in the Breeders' Cup turf. Second start off the short little break there. With that race under his belt, he had legitimate trouble and he at least got some fitness out of the race. He's only raced 10 times too. He's got a little bit of upside, lightly raced here. So I would use him along with Friars Road, who's only been on the grass twice, and he feels like he's got a lot of upside as well. So Friars Road and Astronaut for me. Astronaut's 8-1 to on the morning line. If he's anything over 7-2, to I'm going to make a win wager. I will use an exotics with Friars Road. So that is Friday. We've got some Churchill, some Aqueduct, some Laurel, some Del Mar for you all for Friday. And for Saturday, I won't forget about you. I promise. Just come follow me on Twitter. It's me, Gino B. I will have a live stream for Saturday to talk about all of the Del Mar races for Saturday. And I'll also have a video, at least a video with some best bets for Churchill for Saturday too because they've got some really good races there. So give us a follow and we will have some more for you on Saturday as we get ready for our final segment on the show. We're going to get into wrestling with Chad Cooper in a moment. Before we do, let's talk some Sarah Candles. So you want to set the mood, you're looking for something all natural, soy wax, non-toxic baby, scents for every season, now don't be afraid baby, just spell it out. C-E-R-A-N-O-S.com And don't forget, promo code Gino gets you 10% off, mmm, mmm. Holiday season is right upon us now. This is the perfect gift, folks. 
non-toxic, no toxins, no carcinogens, no pollutants. You know, you're always looking for some extra gifts to get for some of the family and some of the, the friends and you don't really know what to do. Get them a couple candles. Let them know these are healthier for you. They're better for you. And because of that soy wax, they're actually going to burn a little bit longer. Promo code G-I-N-O gets you 10% off your purchase from sarahcandles.com. Spell it out like Joey says, C-E-R-A candles.com. We are going to get to wrestling with Chad Cooper. This week, we didn't talk a whole lot about AEW because of when we recorded. It was on Wednesday. Dynamite had not happened yet. So next week, we'll talk uh, about the last two episodes in a row of Dynamite. We'll get back to our normal recording schedule on Thursday next week without uh, Thursday being Thanksgiving. And so we will uh, we'll talk a lot Dynamite next week. This week, we talked a lot about Survivor Series. Recap that show. Monday Night Raw. We talked all about the egg. And then we got into NXT 2.0 with Chad Cooper. Cooper Loop. Here it is, folks. Fight of the night. I'm trying to claim that belt once and for all. It's this week's wrestling recap. All right, calm down. And here he is, your hometown hero, your reigning champ, the one and only Chad Cooper. Recording this on Wednesday before Thanksgiving and one of my very good friends. I'm very thankful for this next gentleman, Chad Cooper, who has joined us each and every week uh, for quite a while now. We just hit episode 250 uh, earlier on. That was our last episode of That's What G Said. And this guy, Chad, has been around for many of them, many hours right here. Uh, Happy holidays, buddy. How you doing? I'm hanging in there, sir. Yeah, it's been a fun ride. Um, man, 250. It it doesn't seem uh, when you're having fun at work, it doesn't seem like it's uh, work, right? And it just seems to just move right along. Uh, it's been fantastic, um, and I'm sure the next 250 will be even more uh, more entertaining. Thank you so much, buddy. And uh, we, because of when we're recording it this week, this week because of Thanksgiving and the holiday, I ended up recording my show a little bit earlier. Chad was very, very uh, awesome to call, uh, call an audible and help me out uh, in that. So we're recording on Wednesday. Normally we record on Thursday, so we can talk about what happened after Dynamite. But we recorded last week right after AEW Dynamite. Anyways, the only thing that's happened since then has been Rampage. Not a lot on there. We got Darby Allen versus Billy Gunn. Just kind of surprised to see that match go as competitive as it was. Darby got the win. Um, and then they they just built up what I'm sure by the time a lot of you hear this, you'll already have seen Dynamite will end up being a punk QT Marshall match. Uh, Jade Cargill got a victory also. So, yeah, it wasn't anything uh, too much because, you know, Jurassic Express wins their main event. Rampage is always just a, a short show. Usually a lot of the bigger stuff tends to happen on Dynamite. So we'll talk more AEW next week because they don't really uh, – they they were just coming off of one of their big shows. We talked a lot about them in the last few weeks because of the timing of this show. We'll spend uh, a little more on WWE and the egg. Chad the Cooper. golden egg! Did you <laughs> steal the egg, Cooper Loop? Now, this is – this is hilarious to talk about because I don't I mean we one day we'll find out but we don't know if there was a plan if they hoped there was a plan if they thought they were going to get the rock if they never thought they were going to get the rock but they just you know were going gung ho with this storyline you know the fact that Vince shows up 
the fact that they're you know really going with this somebody stole the egg and it becomes a, a story from the pay-per-view that trickles over into Monday Night Raw you would have thought that maybe the rock was going to show up or they were sort of teasing it like it a lot of people were frustrated or upset because we didn't get a sighting of the rock we didn't get a video on survivor series which we'll we'll start talking about right now they even had a uh a little uh, backstage segment where Roman Reigns went back there and, and kind of rolled his eyes when Vince mentioned that The Rock gave him this egg. So the egg that we're talking about, it's obvious that during Survivor Series, WWE had a, a an advertising deal and a promotional deal with Red, the movie uh, Red Notice that uh, is out on Netflix that The Rock's starring in. And look, I know a lot of people get upset and, you know, with the when there's advertising stuff, and we saw it with the Pizza Hut thing later on, which I didn't like. The, I don't, <laughs> I don't mind the like every show has to have sponsors and advertising, and it's like everything. So having a title sponsor, having props, even like having the egg there, and having Vince talk about it, even the whole storyline, it doesn't bother me all that much. It just kind of seems like it fell a little bit flat. I don't know if. When they started this thing on Sunday night or Sunday, they were thinking or expecting it was going to pay off with Austin Theory just kind of losing in a match on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, the payoff was really disappointing. I, I was ecstatic that Austin Theory Me too. Um, what was the chosen one. I, I, you kind of felt that, you know, with the help of the Internet, uh, the Survivor Series is rolling along on Sunday night. And, you know, everything is based around The Rock. It was the anniversary um, of Rocky Maivia. And then, you know, moments later, we find out by everyone on the Internet that he's in Europe uh, filming a movie. Um, we did, we really didn't get anything from him. Uh, I think the ultimate payoff, you know, I, I just still to this day at WrestleMania, I would assume has to be, you know, Roman versus The Rock. But. I'm being told it's it's Brock Lesnar again versus Roman Reigns. Nonetheless, um, it is what it is with WWE. This is what you get with product placement with a company that probably got a ton of money from partnering. Uh, this movie's on uh, Netflix. Is that correct? Is this a Netflix show? I believe. Yep, yep it's a movie. Okay. Yep, it, and it was a big budget movie. Ryan Reynolds, Gal Gadot. Like they put a lot into it. They and it. it I haven't watched it yet. I, I started to flip it on the other day, but I, I wanted to actually watch it and not kind of have it on the background. So you don't you don't get the cast. Instead, you get this egg, and it was silly. There was some good moments. I'll say this: Sami Zayn was fantastic. He was hilarious. Uh, he, he was fun. He was great with the egg. But no, it fell short, especially with the the way uh, Monday Night Raw ended with Big E just defeating Austin Theory the way he did. I thought it was a a pretty cool moment for Austin Theory, but. Um, if you take that out of Survivor Series, I, I was pretty impressed um, overall from head to toe. Now, there were moments in that women's Survivor Series match that was just not good and it was forgettable. Uh, I know a lot of people thought it was too long. I thought this was a fantastic Survivor Series. I really I, thought it was good. I like the show a lot. It's fun. And I know people get disappointed because and, – and I understand they have to find a way to figuring out – how to make we we mentioned this last year we mentioned this earlier a week ago you got to inject a little more stakes into it there yeah, has to be absolutely. a way where something's got to be on the line more because everything in the ring i thought was really really good but yeah. but so many people kind of come into it 
Survivor Series and they're like, oh, it's just there's nothing on the line. Why do I care? Why do I? And so they don't even give it a chance. You know, they they like want to dislike this show and and they're already going to crap on it before. And there were, I thought, a couple things that I didn't really like in the show. But I mean, when we go throughout the show match by match, if you're looking at in ring and you're just talking about what we got in ring. This was really good and the in-ring product And the pay-per-views continues to deliver Now some of the booking might have been wonky There were a couple things here and there that, Like we said, we may roll our eyes at But we got Nakamura and Damian Priest Now they put that on the pre-show I think because they seemed like they didn't really want to have A finish for that And that's again right. one of the problems that with some of these matches You get really good matches This thing went like 9, it was strong Priest has got this Maybe a heel turn coming You know, he's He's definitely got the real more aggressive side of him going on. Um, and uh, Nakamura, you know, they end up Nakamura ends up winning by a, a DQ because Priest kind of gets into it with with Boog. So, I mean, it was there was nothing bad. It was just the kind of the booking at the end. They they just you could tell they didn't really want to have a winner. Now, fun match. Um, you know, of course, after looking at that, a lot of people thought maybe the twenty five man battle royal should have been on the pre show, what have you. Um, <clears throat> Didn't like the ending. I, I, you know, McAfee is great in these matches, especially yeah, with Priest goes sad. after Bugs' guitar. You son of a bitch! You know, it's just uh, it, it was a good match. I, you know, again, we we match in, match out. We had to watch Raw just stay the the dominant the dominant brand in these brand versus brand matches. So and, weird! Uh, it's so it's weird that so they weird, do that, man. It is. It doesn't I, make any I sense. That. I, I just I do. I hate that. I. I there was some weird booking, but uh, to start the show pre-show, that was uh, that was a fun match. We got the the match of the night, in my opinion, Becky Charlotte, which was sure. just incredible. This was the oh. one that everybody was really hot for. Both of these uh, ladies, they have great chemistry, and what's what's good about this really feels a lot like Brett versus Sean in that sure. we don't really know how much of what's going on with these two is part of the story or is real, and I think it's. A little bit of everything to be honest I, I kind of would say that I thought I think these are two that were Really good friends that you know Have had a falling out but it's probably not As bad as it Might seem to us I think they're going In on, on each other a little bit more um, And they're Doing a really good job whatever it is They put on another great match They it, and I, I love The way that it ended too with Becky getting the sort of cheap win because you knew she was going to come back and try to be the heel the next night again. And Charlotte just kind of laughing at her, like, oh, yeah, really? Like, you know, okay, yeah, you got me that one. You know, you cheated. I saw you. But then that's something I probably would have pulled. So good for you. I, I really enjoyed it. And this, these two are, gosh, like at the level they're at right now, they are, I mean, I'd put them, Roman. And then, you know, when you think about, Everybody in in all of wrestling right now. Even if you were to look over at AEW, and I mean, maybe before Kenny was uh, got hurt, now you'd maybe put Paige or like a Brian Danielson. There are only a few people that are operating on this kind of level right now. That that Charlotte and Becky are male, female, singles, tag team, any companies, and in the world, anywhere you look, they are some of the absolute best right now. We mentioned it a while back. About how far Becky Lynch has come in professional wrestling. Just she was just like this little goofy character that came up, you know, with you know a lot of the 
main girls that we're seeing now on the WWE main roster from NXT and uh, really didn't have an identity. And she she goes through a couple of identity crises, so to speak. Uh, we get the kind of the steampunk Becky. Uh, then we get the lovable loser. Remember, Becky just can't win a match to save her life. And then something snapped. And uh, <laughs> I, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan uh, of her in anything she does. And even jumping to Monday Night Raw, her promo uh, in ring was phenomenal. Um, the backstage promo with Liv and Liv started crying. It was just phenomenal. It was great. Um, I liked I mean, everything the women did, and we'll and we'll get to except for I didn't like the fact that Bianca kind of like we all knew what happened with the fans. They for whatever sure. reason in the match we're gonna get to the fans crapped on the women's match. That was they weird because it wasn't it was bad. Very weird. It no, was not it a bad match. So. It doesn't make any sense to me when you go to these shows and you chant CM Punk or you crap on a match. It's like, why did you just spend your money to come to a show and a the product it. that they're giving you was good? If they're giving you a really, really bad product, I could at least understand that you were bored, that you were this. But what you had seen so far was good. That wasn't even like it was happening during the Battle Royal with the pizza no, stuff. It was, no, it was exactly. No, and, and it's just. You look at those, uh, what was it, 10 women? None of them deserve that. I think no. Charlotte cut a, cut a promo a couple of weeks ago when they started doing some of that nonsense with her, and it kind of pissed her off, and she kind of went off script. But Becky Charlotte was phenomenal. Uh, it was a great ending. ending. It had to end that way. Uh, and it's just going to be one of these rivalries where maybe the next time we see them will be at WrestleMania. I, it's just something that it's a natural fit. And I'm with you. I think a lot of it is shoot. I think a lot of it is a work, whether you want to call it a work shoot. Uh, but A plus way to start off a show, uh, almost 20 minutes in a match where everyone was invested and they did everything right. And I, I think that actually, in a weird way, the way that them putting this match on first made people think that okay, Rock Rome Rock might show up now in the main event. True. True. Because the Ro- Roman Reigns is going to be there And then sure. two, let's be honest Roman and Big E was a go- really good match But you had kind of been hitting on it too And I don't, I didn't 100% agree that I felt the same way But you and a lot of other people that I've been reading and listening to Have felt that, not that the Big E run has been bad But it just hasn't been incredible It's just kind of right. been, eh, it's been a, eh, you know So for me, it's been, I've been a little more excited than that But I definitely think coming into the night, most people were were the most excited, you know, other than the the hopeful of the rock of on paper what we knew we were going to get for Charlotte Becky, and so that well, after thought, that, yeah. you know, it kind yeah. of like the rest of the show isn't going to be as good, even though the rest of it is pretty good. I thought kicking off this match, I said, okay, we're going to get Brock Lesnar. I thought uh, something too, right? Something has, you know. If the Rock is in Europe and that's not going to happen, maybe a vignette to say, "Hey, look, you know, you you disrespected the bloodline. How about you and I, you know, WrestleMania?" I I, I thought something, um, but I, that was your main event. It was the best match on the card, and nothing was wrong with Roman Reigns and Big E. Nothing. You knew we were going to get some schmas a little bit here and there. We knew Roman was going to go over. Should he should have been minus fifteen hundred or whatever it was, but it just you know, Biggie. Look, I, I loved his his trunks. It was uh, uh, paid homage to Seinfeld. 
They were in Brooklyn, New York, and then Monday night they were back in Brooklyn, and he had Festivus on his Festivus trunks. Festivus on there, man. Oh. It's it's a ama- I'm a massive Seinfeld mark. That's but, so great. You know, just something there though, man. It's just something I don't know, and I think it's because the New Day aren't really around with him. You know, Kofi's not even on board really anywhere now anymore. Yeah, they they're selling the injury with Kofi. Yeah. I don't know if that was real or just part of the story that they read him off, wrote him off TV for a little while and because I think maybe that's they just... Biggie too. The New Day. Not being around, I, it I does. It no, was, you're right. But it does. It does. And they don't need to be goofy New Day, and they do all the time. And they don't need to be all the time, always with each other. But just the like, hey, he's that he's they can come to the ring, or if Biggie's getting beat down in a situation, they'll come out and save. Like just like it used to be in the old days, where your buddies would come save you. You know, right, it, right. it. I agree that 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 I think that would have enhanced it, and they they. I think they noticeably wanted to go, okay, let's take Biggie out of that. And we don't want him to be not goofy at all, but we want him to be a little more straight, which I like. I agree. I think if you're going to be the top champ, you don't want to be completely just a comedy act. But they, there's something a, a little more that, that can be done with Biggie while we're talking about it. I mean, that match was, it went 21 minutes. The one yeah. thing that I think we've seen with Big E is they need to figure maybe how they can. Because I don't want Big E to just be someone who, whenever he ends up losing the title, kind of floats back down like where Kofi is. You know, I'd like Big E to be established sort of like how maybe a Lashley or a Drew McIntyre are now. You know, right. you kind of feel like they're a little bit higher up on the card, that they're more of an established someone that you can slot into a main event. And and what I do like is in ring, I feel like Big E's done as well as he could. In the positions that he's been in I haven't seen any of his matches that have felt like They were underwhelming Or they weren't good Or he was botching spots Or he didn't feel like he could compete With Lashley or with Drew Or with Roman or with any of them So I think from that sense For me at least That's been a major positive They just gotta put it all together With the package You know, We've we've hit on it with the baby faces the chase and the winning the title is so much better. And then as soon as they get it, it's like they don't know what to do. Right. Yeah. And, and this, you know, your your first your first title defense storyline is really, really important. And it kind of seems like to me that Seth Rollins is overshadowing him um, in, in that main event storyline. I know Kevin Owens, we're, we're, you know, we come up to the. To the men's Raw and SmackDown match. I know Kevin Owens is involved in this storyline, as you saw on Monday night. He walks um, out of this match. I, I just thought that was completely bizarre. It was it, really it, weird. Man, I'm just telling you right now, I have the feeling. I, I don't know why I don't see Kevin Owens as an AEW guy. I know he was a Ring of Honor guy, and he was friends with all those people. I, I just... I'm not going to watch AEW of Kevin Owens, Kevin Steen, or Kevin Steele, whatever he wants to go back to. But man, I sure am getting the Adam Cole vibes here. I, I you know, they're fixing to make a run in Canada where Kevin Owens is is billing with uh, top billing in these house shows with with Seth Rollins. I'm just curious to see if this is it for him because I'm starting to get the feeling that it is. I sure the hell hope not because I'm a massive KO fan, but I'm starting to get that feeling here that we're seeing deja vu, Adam it, Cole. It's funny because I feel I feel similar in that it, it seems like he's it would make sense for him from his standpoint 
to probably go. I mean, I money and stuff. It's nice. He's had really good security with WWE, so I know the, a lot have been of releases and a lot of crazy stuff happening. But he he's they've done he's done very well. He's made a lot of money here, a lot more than he would have made if he was never came to WWE. But sure. I, it, it's weird because. That seemed like the angle that would have been just goodbye, lock off, right, you know, right. and you're gone. And then the next night, you're sort of back in the main event picture. You know, you're like looking True. for the egg. You're right out there again. So that's the only thing that I think is weird is that, like, kind of like you're saying, I'm not positive that he's just a foregone conclusion to be gone because he's still in a pretty good spot right now. It's like you're telling me, you're now, you're telling me. If he were to leave right now, and we just saw this with Adam Cole, right? And now maybe NXT, and with Adam Cole, and with anybody that was in NXT, I could totally understand now that they left because they were probably knew what was coming. If someone like Adam Cole, his decision was he was going to stay in NXT or he was going to leave and go to AEW. Well, then I completely understand because he's probably he. They probably told him, "Hey, look, we're going to revamp NXT. You know, it's going to be revamped coming up." You look at where Gargano and Champa are, and you know there's a few of the veterans, and we're kind of going to have a, a like sort of veterans versus new guys uh, war games match that we'll talk about in in a minute. But it um it's not as if Adam Cole is in a better spot right now at AEW than he was being on national TV in a constant main event place on on NXT. You think you think KO would just go over there and automatically be a main event guy that gets. 15 or 20 minutes in segments Talks all the time can go Get long matches every week On Monday Night Raw I mean that, He's in a For the last month or so since the draft He's not the champ But it's not like he's in a bad spot No and I you know what I would like to know Honestly And it's the million dollar question Is a lot of these guys Are egomaniacs I would be I mean they just are some of them handle it Better than others some of them are Super cool on the indie scene Or uh, They're just total dicks or what have you But when you come over from WWE And I'm not talking about Adam Cole Let's let's say Kevin Owens does And he goes to AEW uh, I'm not working YouTube matches Just not <laughs> I'm not going to I don't care if they're in front of a full house I don't yeah, care and like Daniel Bryan will do that And CM Punk you know, because Brian, da- Brian Danielson is just, I'm cool with whatever. He's just a good right. dude, right? He's one right. of those genuine people. And you got Punk, who hasn't really done that, but Punk is kind of still in the new, like, I'm happy to be back. But I agree with you. It's Think about all That's the athletes. Tough. That's a tough pill to swallow, man. You're an athlete. You're on a team. You're, you know, you're on this team. You either, some some guys... Only care once they get the paycheck and they're good, right? They don't right. care if they win ever. They'll they'll go out there, they'll play hard, they'll do. It's not it's not really going to change the way they play, but they don't really care about winning or losing all that much. They they're getting paid, they're making money, they're they're happy what they're doing, and that's fine. Other people are the opposite. They want to win, or they want to have their own. You know, they want to get a chance to prove themselves. Or everybody's motivations are different. We we don't really know what they are, but I know I look at Ko where he is right now. And look around and I think a lot of the guys And gals who may have left WWE And went to AEW or went other places They You wonder why right did they leave Because they were unhappy with the way The work was did they leave because they wanted More opportunity if that was the case I don't know you know maybe they're getting more Creative freedom like artistic Integrity but 
for like for for me with a lot of and I guess everybody's different for a lot of it it's like hey if you're getting paid to sort of be an actor and be on TV and you're just kind of playing your role you right. know and that's, that's what true. it comes down to um with WWE and how do we how do you treat it are you treating it like you're the actor playing your role or are you treating it like hey I really legitimately think I'm one of the best wrestlers in the world and I want to go somewhere and prove myself wonder where KO sits right now the team raw match though um the the elimination match was very good. It, yeah. Rollins, Balor, KO, Austin Theory, Bobby Lashley beat Drew, Jeff Hardy, King Woods, Corbin, and Sheamus. We got Drew Hart, uh, Jeff Hardy, Drew Hardy. Jeff Hardy had a uh, a kind of a good run here. Yeah, he, he did. Got, you got some moments, and they've been do- they've done a pretty good job recently of of sort of rebuilding him. He's teased that he wants a match, one more match with Edge. Which I could sort of get behind. That could yeah, kind of be, uh, be fun. A Hardy versus Edge match, and uh, those two guys would go crazy and probably try to do some crazy stuff for two old men. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, they, they know how to do these elimination matches. You go back and watch some of the old Survivor Series matches. I love them. I love them. But goodness, <laughs> goodness, some of them are bad, and the eliminations are bad, and they're just not great. You know, uh, shout out you and I were talking a little bit about the uh, the one in '93 where the Undertaker is. Rest. <laughs> It, it says USA, and he opens up the jacket, and he's got the, the the lining that's like the red, white, and blue. I was like, "Oh, look at the taker right now! He's American." Hey, was that the was that the one that Lex Luger? Yeah, uh, he was a sole survivor. Yeah, because I think yeah. he had to fill. What happened was, uh, it was the it was the the Team USA versus the Foreign Fanatics. And that's it. Yes, the it is. Team yeah, USA. Each of the teams had one of their members get hurt in the lead up. And for Team USA, I think it was Tatanka that got hurt. So they needed to find somebody else to fill in. And on the <laughs> other side, it was I think it was one of the Quebecers that ended up getting yeah. hurt. And so they both yeah. had to end up filling in and uh and they were looking around, who are we gonna get? And Lex Luger goes and gets the Undertaker, Undertaker. which was uh which was great. <laughs> I love that. That was so awesome. And uh we uh yeah so this was good That's team raw gets the- that was a 30 minute match man yeah 30 and minutes 30 minutes team raw gets the win and we've got Seth Rollins continuing to to look strong here and i would not be shocked if they i think i heard i can't remember where it was maybe it was on one of the wrestling inc podcasts forgive me cuz i love to try to give credit to people if i can remember and they they said maybe they take it off biggie and have him chase and win it back at Mania, and maybe that's more interesting. It if, has something has to change because here ma- and soon, maybe you have it be Rollins or some heat one of these heels cheats beats Biggie, and then like you said, maybe he needs the, his the new day to help him out or some whatever it is. The chase him getting it back might be more interesting than kind of just holding on to it and then maybe having a heel beat him at. WrestleMania or whatever it's going to be. Uh, I don't know. We'll we'll see. But that uh, Rollins is actually pretty hot right now. Yeah, and Monday Night Raw, we knew it when we saw the draft because they shifted a lot of talent over to Monday Night Raw. Now I don't think SmackDown has been bad. I I just think that Raw has actually been a little bit better because there's just a lot more talent and a lot of really good talent over on Monday Night Raw right now. We saw it in the I mean in the main event ma- in that Raw elimination match that side of the team. With Rollins, Balor, 
uh, KO, Austin Theory, they all came over. They're all in pretty good spots. Even Finn, who's not been winning a lot and lose, like Finn's at least on our TV a lot and feels like someone who's in the upper echelon on Raw. Um, so that was a uh, the elimination match. We got the Rock 25th anniversary <laughs> dual branded Battle Royal 25 man with Pizza Hut and uh, oh my goodness. So first of all, okay, I mean I I love me some pizza. I love sure. me some pizza. And let me say, like I'm out here in California and I totally understand it. sometimes it's when it's late at night, I'm up late working all the time. Three or four times a week I'm like forced into ordering pizza From somewhere because it's one of the only things open It's like late at night There's nothing else open I can order pizza, I'm too lazy to make food I've had myself many a Pizza Huts Many a Domino's, many a Papa John's Many a Round Tables Whatever they are, you know I know you got some CC's out there. Is that one of the, the ones out, out your way? We got some CC's. We got okay, some CC's. Okay, lo- love that CC's. I've been over to that buffet before. That's some good stuff. <laughs> yeah. But you're in Brooklyn and you're throwing out Pizza Hut pizza. Come on. Like you're in Brooklyn where the pizza might be the best uh, and maybe of any of close to anywhere in the world. You've got all this great. And you got that's where you're throwing out the Pizza Hut pizza. Really? Really? The cr- cr- hey, the crowd took over and wanted some of that pizza. They loved it, you man. Know what? It got thrown out to them. <laughs> they wanted it. The pizza was over. The pizza was over. Oh, and boy. Uh, I will uh, pat myself on the back in our little uh, group chat that we uh, we have a wrestling chat. We talk uh, about things that are happening and we share news and stuff. I said, the only thing I want is that I get to see Ricochet do a couple cool things towards the end. At least we yes. got at least we got Ricochet hang around. <laughs> and you know, again, he I think by kind of by process of elimination. Another thing we noticed with the draft when when they shifted, there were going to be some people on SmackDown that were going to just have to be on TV more because the, a lot of the, the people who were on SmackDown before moved over to Raw. So right. we are seeing a lot more Jeff Hardy. We're seeing more, uh, in a good way, and even Ricochet, he's out, he's on TV a lot, he's wrestling a lot. That's all I. That's what we want with someone like him. If they're not going to get behind him and give him a title run or whatever, at least we get. I'd rather have Ricochet out there for 15 minutes every week on my TV or on a pay per view match, even if he's losing or you know in some sort of a feud, because it's always going to be entertaining. The guy's still really hungry. You could tell he still wants it. He's not like burned or jaded like some of the other guys who have been around and they've had their runs. He see, he still like has that glimmer in his eye where every minute he gets out there, it's kind of hope that maybe this could be the moment that he wins Vince or somebody over. So I'm I'm always down with Ricochet. And maybe like he just feels like someone who would be wouldn't the IC title right now be so much better on him? Then Nakamura and just like have Ricochet do the open challenge or let him have like nice 15 minute wrestling matches every week out there. Not that I don't like Nakamura, but they just haven't done anything with him with that title. Yeah, Nakamura wins the crown from Baron Corbin. Then we get a king of the ring and I just we haven't, you know, Nakamura. I don't think he's won a match other than a DQ at Survivor Series in a while. But I'm with you, at least with Ricochet, he's the time that he does get on TV. Or pay-per-views, he takes chances, and you, and you got to like a guy that does something like that. So Omos, this this was really about building up Omos, and yeah, it was. You know what? It's been it's been slow. It's been steady with him, but I gotta say, I'm not 
ready to say Omos is is gonna main event WrestleMania this year or anything, but there's something there's a lot more there with him right now than I would have thought maybe just like at the beginning of this year, which is I feel like he's come a pretty long way in a short time. Just I don't know what it's gonna be, and I don't like him just. I know with the Giant they don't want him losing and stuff I don't want to see him just like lay waste to AJ or something like that That's going to bother me if we do But there's there's something here with him, I think You know, and, and I, I I don't know It just, it, I get sort of the feels of like Like early, almost early Braun Strowman stuff before he caught on um, And you always just got to be careful with a guy like this Because these big guys, they can go one way or the other But what do you think about Omos? Uh, he's come a long ways. Uh, I don't know if that's because AJ Styles effect. Yep. Um, but from what I hear, uh, house show reports, he's really gone over. People seem to like him. And again, I go back to that that uh, that tag match we had uh, several weeks ago on Raw, um, right where he and Bobby Lashley faced off in the in the center of the ring, and people went nuts. So I think there's something special there with him. Uh, it's look, it's not going to be a a Brock Lesnar type. Um, it's not going to be anyone like that. Uh, maybe not even as, as much as, uh, an effect the big show had what big show's career ended up being just laughable there in the second half of his, his run in WWE, but there's something is there with the guy. If they can get this guy talking more charisma, I know they said that's been the down point with, uh, with his character. Something is there because they, he's he's well liked in arenas. He, he yeah, it's kind of it's natural. He's over yeah. without saying anything. Yeah, yeah. It's just based on his look, his size. So if they're able to get something out of it, uh, cultivate some sort of a personality, then uh, that's not that's not a, like a CM Punk cult of personality thing. <laughs> then uh, then maybe <laughs> maybe we can go somewhere with the uh, with Omos. Um, oh my, I, I gotta say, man, uh, RK Bro uh, and Usos. <laughs> this was good. This was. You know, 15 minute match, RK Bro wins As you would imagine um, These four guys in the ring Are going to be great, all of them are are Awesome, but Monday night Oh my, <laughs> I was di- I was Dying, Incredible. when Riddle Comes out, and they, and we've said For for a while They haven't been quite as As hot, you know, they're um, I think what hurt When Big E came in and won the money In the bank, that sort of Shuffled them down because they were supposed to be In that title picture I think they even had a match Set up where it looked like it might have Ended up being a triple threat with these guys And they ended up Getting rushing it they put the one on one between Orton and Lashley on Raw and then Big E Cashes in but Randy Tells tells Riddle That he needs to be more like Him he says "You you need to be More like me and so On Monday Night Raw Riddle shows up He's wearing Randy's exact trunks He's got a goatee (laughs) Glued on his face To look like Randy And he's talking and acting like Randy Orton He's got the black tape Around his wrist and (laughs) Orton almost lost it Oh my Orton was laughing He couldn't He was like Riddle I told you to act like me Not to be me It was so funny And and Riddle is is getting like Riddle is getting good. He was keeping a straight face and playing the Orton like he was responding and everything like Orton. 
And then he tells the guy, hit my music. And I hear voices <laughs> in my head. And then he's doing, he's wrestling like Orton, which is, is really good to, that it he's was. able to, to just kind of on a whim in like a total. Ziggler was laughing. Ziggler it, broke. I mean, it was. It's a comedy thing. He's doing it. He's doing all the Orton mannerisms, which we've seen him do for a while, you know, but he. He ends up, he hits the RKO out of nowhere, and Randy is going, you can say, you said, Randy finally just wasn't holding it anymore. Yeah, He was yeah. just like, I'm not even going to play this, I don't know if I was supposed to play this serious all the way, but I'm done. I'm clapping, I'm going in, he was loving it. And, and then after uh, he wins the match with the RKO, uh, with the the. the the RK bro, I guess. Uh, and then he ends up, Orton comes in and he does, he does Riddle's finishing move as just like a, Hey, here you go, buddy. You know, I'm, I'm proud of you. And, and he does the, what is the bro Derek? I think he ends up doing <laughs> it's just, this popped me, man. I yeah. was dying for a few minutes. Just They're laughing. Back. They're back. This is the kind of wrestling comedy. That's good. Right, it's not cringe. This wasn't like cringy. This wasn't like throwing the pizza. You know, this was this was funny. This was funny, and um, yeah, they're back, and this will definitely spark them up for. Um, oh, what well, we, we we found out too, Coop, worth mentioning. Um, day one, we're gonna be getting yeah. a pay- we're getting a pay per view on January the first. So we knew that we weren't getting one in December, but we will get one January the 1st because the Royal Rumble is actually going to be a little bit later this year because of the NFL schedule. Dual branded. It will be both SmackDown and Raw and uh, from Atlanta, Georgia. And we can kind of get a sense of some of the matches that are building up um, towards that right now. And a couple others to mention from, uh, you know, we mentioned Roman and Big E and then the women's... uh, I just I feel bad for the the women in that yeah. Team Raw Team SmackDown match because there was a little bit wonky booking, so they didn't want Sasha to get pinned. But they were when the work in the ring was good, they were chanting CM Punk and not fair to these women. No. Which here's what I, here's the one thing I don't like about that. Right, those same fans would not do that at an AEW show. For the for the women, which no. is not nearly as good as this. No. That's what that's what I don't like. I don't like the 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 inconsistency. If a if a match is bad and you want to start to kind of crap on it, or if what's happening or a whole show is bad, then I can understand. But that's not what WWE's been doing. And you can be upset with releases. You can be an AEW fan or a fan of Impact or a New Japan or whatever, and WWE's not your number one. That's fine. But I don't think that's very cool to those performers out there because they're not in, they don't have anything to do with decisions like that. They don't have anything to do with what goes on behind the scenes. Those are the same people that you want to support when they go somewhere else. So why would you not want to support them when they're there and they're actually doing well? Like, look at the women who are in this match, Bianca. Rhea, Liv, Carmella, and Zelina. Carmella, Zelina, and Liv are probably all in the middle of some of their best work. Carmella is really improved. This is the best run that we've ever had from Queen, from Zelina, with the Queen thing. If you like the Queen gimmick or not, this is at least the biggest, best run she's had. And Liv is actually in a, a pretty good spot, and she looked good in this match. On the SmackDown side, I thought, 
You know, you had Sasha, who they obviously didn't want to p- pin. That's fine. Shayna's not in the best of spots right now, but Shayna is excellent. Shotzi, you could tell they like. Nat- Natty is the uh, the vet, and Tony Storm actually looked good in this match. And Tony Storm is for the first time ever feels like she's actually got a little bit of upside, and and she's going in the right direction. I was. This is the kind of thing that disappoints me with fans because it's like you can't just be. Level-headed and just react to what you're seeing And that work was fine Don't crap on this This is, I, I guess that don't crap on this when we're talking about Shotzi But, um, you know, I don't uh, I, I don't think that was really cool uh, That's funny <laughs> that is, <laughs> it Took you a second to message yeah, It took me a second so <laughs> yeah, oh, okay, yeah. That was you that led me there the other day With that yeah, it so was, thank yeah, you. It was. I think the only time the, the crowd popped Is when Sasha and Bianca squared off I really do um, it, it's very disappointment pointing. They got 20 plus minutes and, uh, it, it, it just sucked. It, it sucked for these ladies because this is the absolute best women's roster on the planet. And these clowns is just going to do this. Like you said, it's not reciprocated the other way. They wouldn't dare taunt a WWE name during one of those awful women's matches that we have to put up with every week on AEW. So I, it was very disappointing, but yeah. what, you know, what's new? Those New Yorkers, jeez. And uh, we had him again on Survivor Series post edition <laughs> of Raw, or the post Survivor Series edition, on as we had to to Monday night. We've already talked about a few of the things from Monday night, but the the big was the uh, the carryover of the egg. The egg that Vince McMahon got was stolen, and it was this hundred million dollar golden egg. And Vince is not happy. So everybody from both Raw and SmackDown is here, and Vince says that this was gifted to him by The Rock. And it's the real deal It was not the prop And tonight They have to find it He doesn't know where Adam uh, Adam Pierce, Sonya Deville Have no clue either They had police come in with a search warrant They couldn't find anything all day, all night They think that a superstar did it They have surveillance that shows a bare chest And bare legs And Vince says If somebody finds the culprit they will win a WWE title match tonight against Big E. So, goofing, <laughs> goofiness of the egg and that whole storyline. Sure, I won't argue with anyone who will say that. I always think that the best editions of Monday Night Raw are ones that have an ongoing story throughout. That have yes. something to build. This is this was an attitude era thing with Austin. Is he gonna get this? Is he gonna get the chance to come back and get this title match? Is he gonna get here at the end? Is he gonna stun? The, there's a there's a story throughout, and or even when it's hey, we're gonna have a couple of these matches to qualify, and then the winners of those are gonna be in the main event, and you know that's gonna be whoever's the number. Those are the shows that at least people feel like they have a reason to stick around, to stay tuned all the way through, to not. There have been there are too many weeks where Monday Night Raw. I don't feel this way with SmackDown because it feels like SmackDown does a pretty good job of like checking in with Roman at least a couple times. Usually they'll maybe start the show there and he'll kind of finish the show, or you, you got a good idea of like something big to come. With Raw, some weeks it really feels like there are just a few things that if you skipped it, it wouldn't. You know, the next week you'd still really know what was happening. I like the ongoing story. It felt a little bit weird. That it ended up being Austin Theory And when I say weird I don't mean bad Because I like that I like Austin Theory I like the fact that you take a young guy And you put him there It just didn't feel like 
when they created this, when Vince is on our TV, that they did all of this for Austin Theory Austin to end up Theory. being the yeah. guy, and then him being the one that loses in in the main event. And let me say this: what I just said for Big E about looking and sort of feeling like he belongs in the ring, I think Austin Theory does too. Yeah, he he does. is really young, but when he gets in there with that main event talent, he didn't seem out of place in in ring. In the Survivor Series He didn't seem out of place in ring With Big E He just isn't quite there with his character He's getting it figured out He reminds me a little bit There are a couple of of characters that you see with him You know, it reminds me a little bit of early Shawn Michaels Sure Really early Shawn Michaels Where he's figuring things out When he goes single right after Putting Marty Jannetty through the barbershop window and uh, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry Marty (laughs) You know, or uh, There's a little bit of like even like uh, the model Rick Martel in yeah. there, you know, a little bit of yeah. the with the like with the, the arrogance and stuff, and then you get a little bit of Tyler Breeze with the selfie thing. You know, you're thinking about that, obviously. So some good heel characters who have played this same sort of role, but he's really young and he's got upside, and he's you know he's a good looking dude. He's got a lot of things that Vince likes, and so you know it wasn't his time quite yet. But I think the fact that even if they had to call an audible And let's say that for whatever reason Vince thought it was going to be The Rock Or he had planned for something or somebody else I think the fact that this guy got slotted there tells you enough That they've got plans for him And and I wouldn't be shocked if we see the US title strapped around this guy's waist sooner than later, you know Yeah, he's uh, he, he's he's got it He's He's got that look uh, the personas there. Uh, once he gets everything uh, <clears throat> rounded together, um, you're, you're talking the, a massive upside with Austin Theory. Um, I, I was a fan of him in NXT uh, when he's with uh, Gargano. Uh, it's just interesting how that some of these guys end up making it to the main roster, and some make it and some don't. Um, but as you mentioned, though, going back to Raw where – it's a lot more interesting when there seems like to have a storyline that's happening on Raw and that it ends with that episode. And I think the numbers showed that. I think the ratings were better this week. It's a holiday week. Um, it was coming off Survivor Series, and I think you had a lot of people invested and interested in it. And I think they stuck stuck through the uh, the three hours there. I did. Yep, I did too. Because I, 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 I look, I'll be honest with you. I've been bored a lot of times. And just flip it or just like eh, I'll check back in with record it, it. I do the same yeah. thing like record I can Go skip through the commercials yeah. a little bit afterwards And you just but, kind of But you I got like on this it. one I like this edition And the numbers showed that a lot of a lot of people did as well Because they stuck through it When they do something like this There's at least a part of you that's like Are they really going to do this for put this on theory? You know what I mean? Like, there's at least <laughs> sure. a little part of you that's like They yeah. built this storyline over a pay-per-view over two nights, Vince is back, and got guts, does he man. just love this guy? Like you don't know, you wonder. It's like, is this a guy who he looks at and thinks it? And what we've seen from Theory on NXT, he's he can do comedy, he can have fun, he can go, and he's got a good look. He checks a lot of the boxes. He's a body guy, you know that Vince. Those are things that Vince really, really likes. So uh, he looks like he's going to be in good shape. He could be someone that you see have one of those. Really good rumble runs yes. You know 
He yes. makes it through a lot of the rumble where he comes out early and he's hanging around and it looks like he gets eliminated five different times and somehow Austin Theory's in the final four. You know, that I could absolutely see that happening. Probably not ready to win it quite yet, but I just feels like he is in uh, in very good position as uh we continue on through Monday Night Raw. We got yeah, Becky, you mentioned the uh the promo. It was really, really good. She says, you know, who do you want to see? Bianca Belair again, Rhea <laughs> Ripley, Liv Morgan, you know, she just turned up the fans had they needed somebody to cheer in the Charlotte Becky match. They're always gonna pick Becky in that situation. Always. Ten out of ten times the fans are always gonna pick Becky. They would have picked Becky. They would have picked dorky Becky in NXT They would have picked <laughs> badass Becky They would have picked any version of Becky over Charlotte Any time through the years that the fans were going to cheer for So like any good performer She leaned into it She played a lot more babyface in the weeks leading up She talked about being a locker room leader And how Charlotte was a bitch And all these things you know. <laughs> and and then now This is where, where Becky is a really great performer Because then the next night She just comes right out and she just she sets this crowd up to make it think, you know, you're going to be sort of baby face again at the beginning. And she just turns right back the other way and makes them all. <laughs> I thought it was great, man. This was really good stuff from her. It was. It was really good. And, uh, man, what a I think she was out on the stage, too, looking to see to make sure her husband didn't pummel this crazed fan. Um, oh, my gosh. I can't believe it's taken that long for us to mention it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's just like. I, I I saw you know I knew a couple of people that actually went to the show and uh, were there at the rail and and saw this guy do it and definitely mental illness is definitely alive and well in this country folks it, it just really is because there's nothing right in that situation there no apparently this guy got sort of catfished by some sort of an account yeah. something that he was saying he was like I did it for the bloodline yeah. Um, yeah. which uh, just really sad to see because. Yeah. You know, we talk about this and we always think that everybody that's listening and knows that wrestling is scripted television show and it's predetermined. And a lot of the things that happen are not fake. Like people say the word fake. They're real athletes doing real athletic stuff. And nowadays we see people hitting each other harder and doing things that are more real than they've ever done before because they want to make sure that us as fans are entertained and we don't think that it is completely bogus. But um yeah, it's you, you kind of it's, it's scary to, to forget that there are people that are actually going to jump the ring and like want to beat up Seth Rollins for whatever reason. And like, here's a newsflash: you may think he's kind of whiny, or you may not <laughs> like his character, or you may think he's goofy because he wears you know the different suits and stuff. But let me just tell you, one: Seth Rollins is probably a lot bigger than you think he is when you look at him on TV. He's not a small guy. It, because yeah. he he can fly around and because he could do a lot of really cool like aerial stuff, he's not tiny and he's bulked up quite a bit over the last few years. And two, this dude is a CrossFit guy. Like yeah, he's a beast. He, it's like I would not want to mess with him. He got this full in a headlock pretty quickly, and and before the rest <laughs> kind of came came and sort of like pushed him off and like hey, let's get this guy out of here. But that was insane. My mom and all, a lot of people who I know that don't even uh, like wrestling at all were like. Gino, did you see the guy uh, get in the news? I saw this on the news. He got taken out by someone. I was laughing. I was, this was definitely a story. So, uh, yeah, there it's was a some Monday people. Night Messiah. I was getting. I still get those. Uh, 
Anytime something random happens in wrestling yeah. or in horse racing, I'll get the people that'll that'll send me texts. My, my mom will do it. She did it the other night. She goes, "Well, I didn't know the the Bellas were back doing a, a podcast again. I'm gonna have to watch that." I said, "Well, you don't watch the podcast, mother. You have to listen to it." Well, I really like the Bellas, and it's just she, my mother's eighty and she loves the Bellas. So yeah, there I get you go. That all the time. Yeah, that is great. That is awesome. <laughs> Bella's got another fan there yes. with Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Koopa Loop. As uh, we, uh, yeah, this is really, really good stuff here from Becky. As uh, she even ripped Liv and said, you know, Liv's only won one match in four years. And, it was a good line. It was yeah, a good line. Because you're going to bitch and moan because Liv's not going to beat me. It's not every underdog has its day. Uh, then Bianca, who they did a great job in making Bianca look strong, right? It's a good yes, thing. Sure. Survivor Series match. She, she wins. She was. You know, in a, in a spot where she was going to come back and beat everybody, that's great. I don't like the promo I said that she cut because we all knew she didn't have to come out and say "screw you" to the fans. It just don't yeah. say "thank you, fans," right? Yeah. Just kind of come out and say, "Hey, let's figure out what's next for me." Be- Becky's there. I'm not done with you yet, Becky, but I I'm going to have to uh, you know go through a few before I get to you. I don't know something, anything, but you don't need to go out and say, "Oh, thank you, fans." This was so great when like we we're talking about it. The fans in that match were an ass to her. Like until a lot of them, they were not respectful, you know. Um, so that that's one, yeah, that's one thing we've kind of been critical with Bianca is is with specifically Bianca is I never got the goofiness, all the smile, all the time. And you've no. always said it too. It just it's not real, you know. No. And she she came out and did it again, and then at, at the least we've liked with her, like you said, or when she's come out and said, "Hey, look," when when she, she just did with Vicky. What yeah. Biggie did. Biggie was like, hey, you know what? I lost. It's I lost. On I just, it's on me. You know? you know, it's cool. I lost. I, I, I'm not happy about it, but you know what? I I, I got more. I'm going to see you again, Roman. Like, boom, that's all. That's Don't it. give me this BS about happy go lucky smile. This is, yeah. Yeah. But you know what? I, I do I do like that we have a storyline with her. It's not her chasing the title. Great. And at least Dewdrop came in and we're going full hill with Dewdrop, which. You know, that thing with Eva Marie was just a disaster, unfortunately. Um, it may have been something was somebody's good idea at the beginning, but it didn't work. But I think this fits her. I, I don't like this name. The Dewdrop still sucks, uh, the name. But I do like we're getting another storyline that doesn't involve Bianca and chasing the title, don't you? Yeah, I agree. We need we need mid-card, and I don't even say mid-card, but we need secondary storylines for the women. And they're good. Uh, they can be yep. done very well. Mm-hmm. This this is great. And because this is this is good because Bianca feels like someone who people are going to want to get behind Bianca. P- Bianca's got a good following, I think wherever she's slotted, people are going to sure. be interested in her. So it's not like, like she feels kind of established. And I think with a lot of these with the four horse women now and then with someone like Bianca and I think, you know, who, who knows what's up with Alexa. They feel like there might be now eight women or so who, okay, they are established enough to where if they're not in the title picture, they can still be on TV. They can still be having feuds. They can still be involved. You know, Natty's always someone who you can slot in and put her in a match with someone anytime and it fits. 
Tag, single, whatever She's not going to win the title all the time anymore and, and she shouldn't be the focal point But she's still in that upper echelon You got the four horse women there You've got Bianca Like all of a sudden there's at least a group Rhea needs to get And we'll talk about in a minute Like they needed to, to do something with Rhea Because she's she's floundering right now And she has a lot more upside Than what we've seen from her on the main roster But I the, wonder uh, Gino If we've seen the final days Or we're about to see See her back again, Oscar. Is that over? Are we done? No, she was. She was hurt. That's right. Okay. Yeah, she was only injured. You're right. And think about her. She's not even around right now. Like yeah. her coming back, and she is someone that you immediately slot in in that upper tier. She was hot, man. She was. She hot. was. And she's really hot and really good. She's done a good job of figuring out. Dude, those know, performance center raws that we were getting with her, and remember her on. Uh, the announce team standing up and yelling at people and on the tables and, and stuff. Like going, what is going on, dude? I was thoroughly entertained. Me too. I, I, I think she, I, I don't know what's maybe there's nothing for her right now. I know WWE does that a lot of time, but I'm not even reading her name in house show reports or anything at all. And it makes me wonder. I would like maybe since we're going to get into Rhea here pretty soon. I, I would like for Rhea to turn heel and just go crazy. I agree. Be this badass bitch. Maybe Asuka come back and say, okay, let them tangle. And that gives another storyline. Because you don't have to have always chasing the title, right? That's what it seems like WWE sometimes will do to the women's roster. You have the champion, and then everybody else chases that champion. You don't have anything else. Well, I think they're going to do a good job with Bianca and Dewdrop. And I think you can do that with Rhea now that uh, you know and they they've lost the tag titles. And maybe that's where they go with Rhea. Like, uh, if you don't have a plan, if you don't want either one of them, let's say for you for WrestleMania, you've got a different plan. If it's not for Bianca or Rhea to win, that would be a good WrestleMania match. Those two, Bianca versus Rhea, you turn Rhea heel. And you have Bianca the baby face And you have these two women who have been You know who are coming up in NXT together Who came up remember last year at the Rumble It was them two going at it You could have another spot at the Rumble Where it's them two of the final four And Rhea turns Or Rhea goes crazy Bianca tosses her again And that's when Rhea snaps You know something like that I think they could maybe help each other Elevate each other Keep each other relevant And then then you can push one of them back up towards the main event, and and who knows, maybe maybe they have different plans. But I I like where you're going with the Rhea heel turn, and it feels like Bianca could be someone to where they could say, hey, look, maybe we can have a feud as for the number one contender for the for the women's title, just a secondary right. feud. Uh, I'd really like that. They need to change with Rhea, and while we're talking Rhea, they lose the women's tag team titles, which. Honestly, it felt like they were going to, and they felt like they yeah. should because they were yes. they're not hot. This team, they tried to put it together, but the Nikki Ash, the poor character, just has not really ever had legs. They she was the champion not too long ago, the Raw they, Women's Champion. This is brutal because in. they never even built this character whatsoever at all, and then she was the champ, and then they tried to build it after, and since then she lost that title. She lost these tag titles. We don't even see her. We rarely see her cutting promos, and when we do and stuff, it's kind of cringy in, in like the the way she does it. And I love Nikki, and I didn't even mind the character, but the like sort of the way that she talks, like when she presents it, it's yeah. they're like two people that make me cringe kind of right now. And, and that's one, <laughs> and Zoe Stark is the other when she like starts talking. I'm just like, oh god, stop! No, stop it! Stop it! But we, uh, yeah, we get. 
Zelina and Carmella and the, I think they're really gonna be good, dude. Me too. The mask like the gimmick, yes. kind of like it. And the I queen, like it now. It's growing. I mean, the Corey Graves having to, you know, and of course they'll go on SmackDown here and there too. But Corey Graves having to announce it and, and commentate, it's it puts it even more. Oh, don't hit the, you know, not in the not in the money maker, not in the money maker. <laughs> I like it. it it's yeah. it's good. Um, AJ and Omos got a win now. This was weird because you've got the baby faces. Yeah. The street profits who come out to the ring with a bag and they're doing the whole like what's in the bag gimmick, what's in the bag? And it's a fire extinguisher. And so so bad here. They end up using the fire extinguisher and spraying Omos with it. The ref calls for a DQ. So you've got the baby faces who have basically already planned out that they're not going to win this match. And that they're going to have to probably use this fire extinguisher and, and disqualify themselves. I thought it was a little bit backwards. I mean, if this is something you come out and do after the match, that's fine. This is like the beer truck or the Kurt Angle with the milk truck or whatever. You know? <laughs> sure. so, yes. But but it just seems weird for a team of baby faces that are kind of like a cool bit. They're actually, to be honest, one of the better baby face acts, I'd say. Right, As far as like baby faces are concerned, they're pretty popular. They're pretty well-liked. They're not... You know, I think Montez has some good upside. I just didn't. I thought this was weird. I didn't. I didn't it like was. this. It was. Yeah. I, I just. Uh, I, I'm thinking one of these guys needs to turn heel. I, I don't know who. Um, it would I, be great if it was Dawkins, right? And just yeah. say, you think you're the man, or everybody talks about you, and I'm better Something, than you. Or, that that yeah. match was the booking was just totally bad. Uh, it's just I. I don't know what was going on here. I don't know who booked the match. It was bad. Uh, it wasn't really that good of a match um, to begin with. It just if you're gonna bring something out, why? Uh, it's just this. This was brutal. This this was a low point for me. He, I, look, I thought the the twenty four seven championship stuff was better than this. At least you've got Cedric Alexander and Reggie actually doing some moves in the ring, even though it was. Spoiled by Dana Brooks. She's Dana. Like, that was so. <laughs> that was just what was so weird. It was like first ever championship ever, and then she gives this interview that was just like so bad. She's it, so bad. I, don't, I look. I it makes no, no sense. Anybody. I mean, it's just. It just is weird. Bad. You haven't built, and it's not like you have to build somebody up to win the twenty four seven championship. No, thing, but, but I really it's just, thought they did a good job with Cedric and Reggie. Me too. For the what? Minute and a half, two minutes they had. I thought, okay, Cedric Alexander's going to bring some legitimacy. And then here comes the Zawa. And here comes, I said, oh, God, what's going to happen now? I actually like they when they do broke. those 24 matches. You know what I mean? Like when they'll, do, when they'll do it like a match. Because you know Reggie, who had some really funny facial expressions throughout the night looking around for the egg. some good moves in that match. Yeah. And all these guys like looking. That, that stuff is like everyone throwing you know, tables around and like in the back, they're like, where's the egg? Everyone acting like they're crazy nuts trying to find this thing. That's just, that's a little over the top at times, but, um, we did get a, looks like we're going to get some, uh, some Finn and Seth stuff moving forward, which should be, should be good. We'll probably get a mat. Maybe we get a match from them at the, at the next pay-per-view or maybe just something in the next coming week, uh, coming couple weeks on Monday night raw. Yeah, I'd like to see a build to the pay-per-view. If you're going to do this, where they're supposed to have a match, and he kind of attacks him or whatever, I, I mean, I think it would be a good time too for the Demon. Let let the let Demon Balor and Seth Rollins. I mean, you're pro- you're looking at a match of the night. It feels good. Absolutely. It feels fresh. I'm I'm all in for that. 
all in myself and uh yeah dana brooke your new 24 7 champ <laughs> um so the la the uh the mysterio stuff has just been really kind of dragging on it's, yeah, it's, it's weird bad. because it's it felt like it felt a while ago like they were just about to turn and then these guys got kind of taken off the survivor series team and then now they're in a two-on-one handicap match that they're losing which hey i like the fact that they're starting to build lashley back up it feels yes. like, hey, we want to rebuild Lashley. MVP's back here. Let's make him look strong. Fine with that. This just didn't feel like it. I mean, I don't know what this does for the Mysterios in here. And I don't. Nothing. I don't. It's I weird. I don't think we can. Look, I don't think we can wait to WrestleMania either. No. I think that this might be the January 1st deal we get. Uh, this cannot go on for another three or four months. No, because now it doesn't even feel like they're going to turn. No. Like they went no, back just, to where they're, they're kind of just buddy. Father, son helping each other out, and uh, yeah, I feel like it, I feel like there was a moment for this to have happened, and it and, and it has not happened yet. Lashley ends up getting the win uh, on the two of them there, and uh, we then oh, we got the uh, okay. This was this was another thing that was a little bit weird. So Damian Priest makes his way out for an open challenge, <laughs> and. Um, and then, well, then then we got the Liv Morgan uh, backstage segment. It was really good. Which yeah, was. It was really good. It was good, good from Liv. We kind of hit on it a little bit when we were talking about Becky, but this is a good spot for Liv. Liv's not going to win this, but not every everybody is going to win the title every time they get the chance to. This is going to be a good opportunity for Liv to just show what she can do in a big match, in a big opportunity with Becky to say, hey, look, Vince, or hey, look, whoever else, like I can I can compete with them. And they've started and stopped on her with her a few times. I'm 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 excited to see Liv get the opportunity to to go maybe you know, hopefully 15 minutes or so with Becky. Uh, it, it, we saw a lot of emotion. Um, she cried. Um, Becky just kind of taunting her. And then you know she kind of pissed uh, Liv off, and and Liv popped her a good one. I I do think that we don't. Get tag team stuff with them I, I don't you know WWE is notorious Thank for goodness. You know, you mean, I don't think we're going to get this With Becky and, and Liv they, I, think this oh, is, I think this is a January 1st Deal right here I don't even know if it lasts To the, uh, to the Royal Rumble um, But I think it, if it's built correctly I think it's somebody we can get Behind Liv she cuts good promos She's great to look at she's not bad in the ring I'm actually looking forward to it. I know a lot of people have kind of crapped on it a little bit. I'm not. I like it. Me too. I really do. I think uh, I think this is a good opportunity for Liv. Every title match, think about it in all the other companies that you watch. Think about every sport that you watch. Every match isn't all every, – even every match against the champion and even championship matches, it's not always the top, top teams and the top competitors against each other. Sometimes you know that one's better than the other, and it's it's a learning experience. It's a stepping stone for a team or a player that may not feel like they're they're quite there, but you know that they're going to learn a lot from this. That's that's what this uh-huh. is for Liv. As uh, we got back to the open challenge, so you get Apollo Crews who comes out, and then he says he doesn't want the open challenge. Why would you not want to just no. take a free shot for the uh, the uh, U.S. title? It's so much so that Sami Zayn is he gonna is he like turning baby face almost? I don't know what's going on. With it him. felt like it because he was really entertaining throughout the night. Yeah, it's crapped all over him, and because Sammy um, Sammy was the one who snitched on Austin Theory, 
Um, Sammy doesn't get the title shot like he thought he would. So he actually interrupts and says, Hey, I was I didn't get that other title shot. I'm gonna take this one. So Sammy comes out. We end up getting uh this match, Sammy versus Priest. I think because he's goofy, people forget that Sammy can go in the ring and, and is really yeah, good at the sure. ring. And this match was a lot of fun. Damian Priest ends up getting the win here, but I thought Sammy was pretty entertaining throughout this show. I thought it was really good. I, I had no idea what Apollo uh, was doing at all. Uh, he got a decent heat, and then he says, not now. And I'm like, well, why are, did you even come out here? I, I, I just Some of the things that they do is just puzzling, because I really like Apollo Crews, and I really like this new character change. Um, don't know what that was about. I'm sure it's to set up Apollo and Damien down the road or um, – I don't know, man. It, it was a good match. I'm not a Sammy fan, but I was very entertained by him Monday night. I thought he did very well. So the title match ends up being Austin Theory versus Big E, and it was a good match. Yeah. It was a good match. It was from both of these guys. Like they, it was a, a solid main event kind of match. It, it's cool to see some a couple guys like this. You know, I've been in main events on Raw over and over through the years in it. And then after the match, you get all uh, Owens and Rollins kind of arguing and they start shoving each other at ringside. And you go, Big E takes the title and um, he ends up hitting Rollins from behind. So you wonder if, if it's going to be a triple threat with these guys. Sort of feels like that's where they're going now. Yeah, that's what it feels like. We may even get a tag match with Austin Theory involved in it somehow, right? Yeah. Maybe not. Yeah, we could get. We could get multiple, and that's probably something that they they point to for the uh, maybe the New Year. So uh, the the January, um, it, it depends. They they can go different way. They can go, you know, Big E versus Roman or versus uh, Seth and one of them, and then versus KO. We can do a a, a triple threat there. Um, but I thought Raw was was not bad. I actually the the numbers were up. I know the the egg stuff was goofy, and people were. I I try to treat things. Like when we recap them here, I'm recapping what happened and not as much like what a lot of people wanted to happen. A lot of people wanted The Rock to be there. That's great. They didn't they didn't say The Rock was coming and he didn't show up. They didn't they didn't like promote The Rock and then him not show up there. So that that's the difference. It wasn't like, oh, hey, they promised it and they did. They just completely lied to you. They built it up. A lot of us thought that. But here's the thing. There had to have been a reason. I don't. I do not think that they they asked The Rock to send a video in, and he was like, "Screw you guys." Yeah. No. Sure. There's no. no way. Why would he? So there there was a reason why they didn't. For whatever reason, maybe they don't want. Maybe they know they they can't have that match, so they just don't even want to start building something like that. Like they don't even want to have. But I, but what's weird? They had. Was it Jimmy Kimmel ask Roman Reigns about it on the Jimmy Kimmel right. art show, which was a little bit weird. And then they've got Roman Reigns in the backstage segment with Vince talking about The Rock, which is a little bit and weird. Roll it, yeah, and rolling his eyes. You know, the, so was interesting. So those are the things where that made people, you know, think, okay, maybe The Rock's going to show up at some point. But I don't. I see a lot of people that are like, oh, oh, The Rock doesn't want to. Like you're, the Rock would have sent them a video if they asked, if if he asked, you know, he would have sent them a freaking video if 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 they asked him if he want. There was a reason why he either didn't send it, didn't show it, or whatever. But it's not as if the Rock is like big timing them and like screw you guys. No, like, no, he that's... he's got hundred and 
hundred million dollar projects going on. No. It, it, look, wrestling is not uh, probably on his radar at all. I, I mean, it just this happens, folks. It, it yeah. is. I mean, and, and if it was, and if he was doing the storyline, he would have sent it. And if they asked him to send it, he would have sent it. He would have taken sure. two. He would have taken yeah, the two big time on, on his no. set. He we see him do it all the time. He would have filmed it from the set. Of whatever the movie he's filming Hey guys I'm on the set of this movie 25 years my family in the WWE I love you all boom it would have been simple Easy that's what he would have done I think right. honestly they don't know I think it comes down to they don't know what their plans Are and I don't no, think It's timing look it, look Wrestlemania Is two nights again in Dallas If the Rock is going to be there It's going to be uh, That's the main event there's Absolutely. no other I, There's just it, It's Rock versus Roman um, you just don't know, man. I, I, I mean, there was so many people on Twitter just so disappointed, just cussing out WWE. You did this. I knew you would waste three hours of my life. And I'm like, gee whiz, what, what is, I don't even know. Was it a disappointment? Sure. Did I expect him to show up? No. No, um, or they would have done a better job teasing that they, he would show new, up. Newsflash, they wouldn't have teased it. They would have said they he's going to show it. up because <laughs> he's moving the needle, folks. Yes. Like there are going to be <laughs> more needle mover. There are more people tuning in if they know that he's going to be on the pay per view or on Monday Night Raw. So he's not showing up without being promoted. Period. Like they're just they. They, that's what's funny is that everybody got upset about it And it's like the opposite They would have said <laughs> the rock is going to be here and, and So um, that was Yeah that was raw As we move into NXT As we really start ramping up the build For war games Which is going to be coming up on um, what Next Sunday is that right Not this it's coming Sunday, up pretty but soon next Sunday, next, I think just uh, yeah, next Sunday, two, I think. two Sundays two from now Yeah so we open up the show with Grayson Waller Who's had his full heel turn And he cut You know what he's he's not a finished package But he's definitely <laughs> a good Like he's got the good heel energy He cuts good promos He's pretty athletic and can go in the ring He's talking about how uh, You know the John Cena, The Rock and Roman Reigns, the fans all Didn't like them and they were They were not into them at the beginning And um, then here comes Ciampa out there to interrupt, and we get a, a we get a match right off the bat, non-title match, Ciampa versus Grayson Waller, and the fans really started getting into it. Like Waller can go, Ciampa gets the win. This character feels so much better for Waller than where he yeah. was like a month or so ago. This feels yeah. a lot more like him. Really good match. I mean, the, the, the as you mentioned, the fans got into it. I got into it. I thought it was solid. I mean, the, the kid is good. I mean, we know Ciampa can go. Uh, he looks, you know, he just looks so much older than everyone there in NXT 2.0. But it was a fine match. It was a good way to kick off NXT. You know, the ratings aren't going to be very good. I haven't seen them, but I, I looked at the Twitter trends and NXT struggled to trend Tuesday night. And that's unfortunate because I really thought it was a pretty good show Tuesday night. I did, too. I uh, I liked with uh, our boy LA Knight getting the the baby face yeah, now. Hey. He's the he's full on Love baby it. face. He brought back his old 
hey, this uh, it's a fact of just a fact of life. His old uh, little catchphrase that we we used to hear him say a little more often. And yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's interacting with uh, Joe Gacy in the back uh, for a little bit, and um, yeah, I I thought you no know, La Knight on this. We'll talk about him again a little bit more on this episode. Was uh was pretty good, and Joe Gacy's just kind of goofy, you know, like he shows up. <laughs> And I kind of like laughing, like waiting to see what he's gonna do or or sort of say. And um, again, it's not like he's got to f- sort of keep fleshing out this character, but it, it there is something there with him. There is, yeah. This safe space. Hey, hey, leave that hostility. You know, leave that hostility back here in the locker room. We have a safe space out there. I, I think he needs a little more time. I think some. I. I his character needs to be worked on a little bit more. And I think he needs to be in front of the fans a little bit more. Um, but I think there's something there to get really pissed off at him about. I like it. I like it as, uh, we see, uh, poke. Oh, this, toxic, to- this, toxic attraction. First, we got uh, a yeah. toxic attraction. They're walking backstage and they, uh, we, they kind of took a shot at Cora Jade. Then Dakota Kai is walking along with them. Um, and we see Kaylee Ray kind of knocking stuff around in the in the back with the baseball bat. So they're continuing to set things up for war games. We'll see in just a little bit. But the Cameron Grimes stuff, um, you know, really what, man? good here, man. He looked this. This th- is fantastic work by him. This felt to me like I always thought he had the it. He had what it takes to be in main roster, whatever you want. But I get the look. The way he just looked with um with the 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 hair and the beard just kind of trimmed down a little bit and he looked like a star, you know? Yeah, he did. Um and he talked like a star. He cut a great promo about where he's been, what he's done, and he challenged uh Duke Hudson to a match, and they're gonna have a match coming up at War Games. Duke accepts the challenge. He was on the uh he was just on the uh the video tron there, and I mean I I thought this was really good stuff, and I actually thought uh, like some of what Duke was saying was pretty good. But this is like a lot of good work from Grimes, man. Like he's just another one of those guys that whatever you put him in, he makes the Star. best of it. Yep. And a few weeks ago, we were like, "Oh, damn!" When they did the poker thing in Duke's poker room, it was like, eh, it was kind of goofy. It was a little bit weird. Then the next week, when they did it in the ring, I liked it. It was. It was pretty good and I thought This is good they've really turned me on This feud where just a few weeks Ago I didn't like where it was headed I thought this was a great great week from Grimes yeah and this promo Was really heartfelt yeah he got emotional There looking into the camera I thought there At the end uh, of that Segment was a little odd they kept going To Duke then they get kept going Back to Grimes I, I think it was Probably would have would have a little bit Longer than expected but you know now we have something at war games hair versus hair match and uh man it just getting some of that haircut made grimes look like a totally different person didn't it it did to me i uh, he he had this it, yeah i agree like I, this is time as maniac yeah and there is like th- this is coming from two guys who have always liked grimes this yes. just felt like his upside maybe now with just these short these these small changes and then just a little more seriousness in the character Knowing that he's got the comedy chops there too Really really like this As we got a match with uh, Persia and Indy And Indy is worried because 
of Dexter and now Dexter's hurt So Indy's not really focused Which is bothering Persia because we saw Persia actually get a win by herself Last week and Indy ends up Losing her focus And they lose this tag match To Carter and Canizero So Caden Carter, Casey Canizero win And they kind of stamp themselves as a a Contender for the tag titles Moving forward They aren't going to be in the uh, the the big match, but they are, you know, they are likely going to be. This is a team that they we've seen a lot more from recently, and they'll they're going to be in the mix here. Yeah, um, Persia's probably turning heel, correct? Absolutely, uh, Andy on, here on Andy, for sure. Comes a little goofy there, but Caden and Casey are are a pretty good tag team. I, I don't know if they're going to be tag team champions again, uh, or or will be tag team champions, but they're. You got to give it to them. They're really good in the ring. They're really good. Santos Escobar, he's good back. To see he's, him back. Yeah, because he feels sort of, he feels pretty top tier on this roster right now. Yeah, he does, and he Just makes kind of, that group better a lot abs- better. Absolutely. So I would not be shocked to see him. Um, let's say, you know, Braun is probably the next guy to win the title. I'd say I wouldn't be shocked if he he was a challenger. For I, let's say Braun doesn't win the title soon. If not, he might be someone that Champa challenges. He could be someone that gets elevated to a a, a main uh, to the NXT title level because he just feels you sort of look around and see where everyone is. He sort of feels like that could be him. Um, That's a good as point. A, yeah, as a heel like uh, that. in that in that spot, we had uh, EO and oh, so we we got the. Uh, the war games, the tag titles Right after this match Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner They want the tag titles And then we got Imperium, Marcel Barthel And Fabian Eichner <laughs> <sighs> They come out And so we're going to get likely Some Combination Of maybe a triple threat Is that where you think we're going? I think next week we get Uh the two we get for, a tag match and the for the number one contender. Yeah, the William yeah. gets a pinner at War Games. I think okay, there we go. Set up. So O'Reilly and Von Wagner versus a uh, Legato, and the winner gets uh, gets the uh, the tag team title shot, which would yeah. make sense yeah. for it to be O'Reilly and Von Wagner with you know the way they've kind of been pushing them as a team and stuff, and then maybe that would either lead to a singles because shout out Kyle O'Reilly, his contract's coming up soon. We don't know. If he's going to be long for NXT anymore If he heads over to AEW where they've You know already had Bobby Fish over there And they've done a lot of Undisputed Era Teasing so that's Shoot, uh, man I read I read today that Gargano's contract is up And he signed a week extension To get him through war games Because he's in the war games main event Similar to what Cole did I think Yeah, Cole did yeah. that same thing when he was in a feud with O'Reilly So because I had been re- also been reading That Gargano was was getting some Really nice offers and so yes. you you wonder with someone like him um, if he chooses to stay. If he does, I, I, I did also read though that WWE was very interested in re-signing him. It doesn't. Yeah. It wasn't one of those. Hey, you you go do what you want to. He is a guy that the WWE would like to keep around. Whether he does or not, I don't know. But he did at least sign an extension so he can go through the War Games match. So I don't know if that kind of tells you what's going to happen at the War Games match. Um, but it looks like an indication. I think you and I both kind of know which way that the men's side of it is uh, is going to do. And you know, you feel like he's one of those guys where, yeah, if you if he were to show up in the Royal Rumble, he'd get a really good pop. 
Yeah, he would. He came out. The he would get Johnny Wrestling chance. Yeah, he could have a, a cool little run, and then he could be someone that you have. You don't have to have him win your main event title, but there's no reason why Johnny Gargano cannot be a U.S. title or IC title holder and one hundred contender. Agree, dude. Love that guy. And he he's got what. He's not just one of those wrestlers Like for example uh, Someone like Roderick Strong Who we're going to talk about in a minute He's a really good wrestler But if for some reason he didn't like make it On the WWE main roster I wouldn't be all that shocked Because he doesn't really have the kind of comedy Or he's not like a lot of the outside of the ring stuff He doesn't really have as much That's why he's good with the Diamond Mine With Bivin and with that package But Gargano's got all of that other stuff He's got the he funny, does. the goofy, the personality. He does all the facials, like everything that you wanted. He's like I mean, a Shawn Michaels and a Triple H guy. There, he would be someone that would would have. Like, I would love to see on the main roster. I, I would really like to see that. So, and let's hope we can uh, we can see that with Johnny. We did get uh, the the ladies EO and Cora and Raquel trying to figure out who they were going to get to. To help them on their team because we know that we were not going to get um, Zoe because Zoe's hurt. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I think I, we kind of know probably who's going to be on this team, right? It's what's what's her name? Kaylee. Kaylee, yeah. They they've been teasing it already with Kaylee, who yeah, they, they I, I would think she's going to. She she comes out and uh, and and ends up. Uh, helping in the end so we did get The setup for both of our uh, our War games matches in this show As uh, the the men's Like that that's the one problem I have with Once we get there Those matches are going to be great I think sure. they'll both be excellent They did feel sort of just thrown a little Together because they we've do. got war games yeah. Coming up it's like oh they hey do. we've got war Games so we're going to go do this and, and and that's fine. It's like it's like how an old Survivor series would have been. That's fine, but it it does not feel like it's part of the story to have these teams kind of like naturally interacting with each other. Like a lot of times through the years, war games was where you'd have these factions that were a lot more natural. At least right. with the women with toxic attraction, you have that, and then you you put Dakota with them. That at least sort of makes sense. As uh, yeah, that's what we saw with the women because we had the. The the women's championship match, Mandy versus Cora. Um it, but I think it was non-title match. Um, non-title because Cora went over. Cora gets the win and she looks she looks good. She's young. She, she looks good yeah. in the ring and she's excited. She's starting to get more and more confident the more you hear her uh talk, the more you see her on TV. And Cora afterwards, uh you know, she after getting the win, that was where we get more and more of the build. For the ladies, so what do you think uh, about the uh, the way that they've set up this women's this women's match? Now it looks like we're going to get the four, we're going to get the toxic attraction, and we're going to get Dakota Kai versus was it EO Raquel? We uh, we got Cora, and then Cora. likely now Kaylee. So from an right. in ring standpoint, I think this is going to be a really good opportunity for Toxic Attraction and Mandy yes. to sort of prove themselves, you know? Yeah, I, I hate Mandy losing in this fight. She totally agree. I, don't I just, like it at all. I don't like champions losing. I don't like cheap roll-ups. I, I just, I don't like outside interference. Find a way. I mean, Toxic Attraction should, you know, uh, should have been there. The other two members should have been there. I, I don't know. I just, I hate that. 
Um, the match is going to be interesting. You, you've got uh, some veterans, so to speak, of NXT against uh, uh, some of the, the young ones, and there's going to be a lot of risk-taking. There's going to be a lot of chances taken in this match, and that's why I like war games. Um, I expect all stops, um, especially on the women's side. We know the men will go all out. Uh, the women's side could be a little concerning. I know some people are saying, well, we don't know if Mandy can do this, Mandy could do that. I think this is time for her to shine and uh, the rest of some of these younger faces. Uh, we know, you know, Priscilla Kelly, uh, 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 Gigi Dolan. Uh, we know she's got plenty of experience, but we're talking main television pay-per-view experience. This will be the only party in town for them. That, that, I mean, look, it says a lot that they're going Sunday night on the Peacock Network and no one else is. This is not a WWE weekend. It's an NXT 2.0 weekend. So I think this is going to be a fun match. This is going to be the first one without a, a, you know, a takeover brand. This is the new. This is the first new one from the from the relaunch. So I think this is this hopefully will set the bar for what's to come moving forward in 2022 with NXT 2.0. We got uh, backstage Tony D'Angelo talking about the North American title main event. He says, Petey Poppins doesn't stand a chance tonight. No Petey Poppins. People are betting on Carmelo Hayes and Johnny Gargano, but Dunn doesn't stand a chance. He goes to tell Mackenzie to put her bet in because uh, you got to go go put your bets in. I know the guys with the bets, man. I'll make a, I'll make a, big, a, waiter, a major wager or two. And he, uh, he says, let's send it back to the three stooges at the announce table. So Tony, Tony D on the show... Uh, there and then we see Tony D pop up a little bit later. There was another backstage um, interaction with Joe Gacy, who yeah. um, first he was talking about Harland, and then we saw Joe Gacy actually in a match versus Grayson Waller, which ends up afterwards, you know, getting it leading us to where we're going to get Joe Gacy versus Roderick Strong at War Games. Yeah. So, um, I mean, he Roderick Strong waves the weight limit here, and this will be interesting. I, I don't think we've we still haven't really seen Joe like with the with the the cuffs off. Let this guy go, and so this might be an interesting opportunity on a pay per view like this. If he gets 15 minutes with Roderick Strong, this guy, if he can go at all, he should be able to show it to us. And, and knowing his history, I've seen a lot of what he can do. He's he's fine in the ring, but this will be another good chance. This is a really good prove it show for a lot yes. of this talent on NXT coming up. They're gonna get time. They're gonna get opportunities. Like you said, where people are watching them. And just them in a big pay-per-view situation And they won't get the time that they're going to get on this pay-per-view Most of the time during the week We've seen a lot of the the matches get shortened up a little bit You're probably not going to get 15-20 You're going to have commercials and stuff This is a this will be a big match for Joe Gacy I think this is a, not a make-or-break point But as I mentioned, I, I think this is, this is big for this company going forward um, I, I expect... Balls to the wall here. I think you're going to see a lot of guys who normally don't, who, like you said, Gacy doesn't get a lot of time each week. What we've only seen him basically twice. We've kind of seen him in a jobber match. And didn't he work with Tommaso? Uh, it was kind of weird. It was Tommaso uh, and Breaker were going to do something. And then yeah, Tommaso he had gets a, the title on the line. It was really I weird. Or no, it's not on the line. If you win, you he get was a win to get in. Way. 
Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I didn't like that spot for Gacy. Nothing wrong with the match. I just, there's not a lot of memorable moments from that match. I, I, I'm with you, man. I, I think this is a big spot for this company, for this brand, and a lot of these names to make a name for themselves. We got grizzled young veterans versus uh, Brooks and, or versus Jensen and Briggs. Jensen and Briggs get the win, so they're building them up as a tag team. They're building Ivy Nile up. She picked up a win earlier, so some young folks who we probably won't see on on the War Games pay per view, but they're definitely starting to stack their wins and build their resume. So before sooner rather than later, you'll probably see Ivy in the uh, yeah you know, in the in the mix yeah. for a women's title shot, and you'll probably see these two guys in the in the mix for a. a a tag match. We've also seen some of the vignettes with MSK where they're driving and they get <laughs> the shaman. And they're yeah, they're uh, for the shaman. And you know what? They're different. They're at least they're it? trying. Who to... is it? Who is it? So everyone Who's... says it's Jeff Hardy. Everybody says on Twitter, "Oh, it's Jeff Hardy." You know, they love the Hardy boys. It can't be Jeff Hardy, right? It makes no sense. I thought it was like it... RVD. Yeah, because it's gotta be somebody's just way off. Yeah, yeah. I think it's got to be some. Jeff Hardy wouldn't make a lot of sense because Jeff Hardy's just on the main roster. They can just go right. find him on Raw or SmackDown. Right. It's right. like I know where he is. So, <laughs> yeah, give me somebody. I'm trying to think too. Yeah, it's got to be a. It, it'll be funny, and I, and I don't mind this if you don't really have that much planned for them right now. Um, you give them a little something to kind of get them liked a little more because whatever reason those. They were kind of sabotaged by some of the fans in NXT, and it kind of caught on, and they'd get booed sometimes. Like we we heard all that stuff about the that that family, which was really bizarre. So, yes. uh, yeah, let's let's give them some love, and uh, let's get them back into the mix because Imperium. Ah, I don't I don't love I don't yeah. love them holding those tags. <laughs> not at all. We got the triple threat match for the NXT North American Title: Gargano, Pete Dunne, Carmelo Hayes, and Carmelo ends up winning because. Tony D'Angelo interferes in this match, and the only thing I thought of when I when I uh, see uh, the end of this is like, so Carmelo goes to the top rope and he hits the flying leg drop to Gargano, and it's like Gargano gets pinned by that. He's been in matches with Champa where Champa has freaking murdered him, like. The guy and he would not pin Get pinned it would not go down I mean this guy's been Every single thing kicking out But that was the one from Carmelo That did, it. Drop, right? that did it that did it But uh, uh After the match Carmelo Is out there and Tony D'Angelo Goes and like you know Meets up with them and LA Knight and Grayson Waller They come out to the ring they're brawling they're Bumping into everybody and so everything just starts getting out of hand. We end up getting it where we're stacked up with this this like new four versus uh sort of an older four where sure. we've got the uh like the new guard trick and Carmelo. You've got Grayson Waller there, and you've got Tony D'Angelo, and those four are on one side. On the opposite side, you've got you know LA Knight, you've got Gargano there. You've got uh, Dunn, Gargano and Don who are in the match there, and then Champa. Yeah, he walks out and he picks up Johnny Gargano <laughs> and like looks over, and they don't say anything to each other, but they stand tall next to each other. So it looks like that's going to be our War Games team uh, on one side, and then right afterwards, 
The music hits and here comes Braun Breaker So Braun <laughs> Breaker is actually on the I don't want to call it the heel side But it is, it's the heel and sort of the Up and coming younger, you know Team, and all he's, he does Is grab the mic and say War games <laughs> <It's just laughs> run in, Which was corny, but I did like it You know, it, it did, was good, yeah. it did pop me I So popped. I was cheesy pop there Again, like a lot of this felt Almost like um, Oh crap, we might have needed like one more week To build to this show Kind of a thing with like the game realized last week Like uh oh, we, we maybe should have started like A little bit more a week or two before <laughs> But all that being said I think when we get there I'm really Excited for these matches Because one, I mean I think they're going to be good But two, I want to see these new people In these new spots and see how they Respond It's like any, we're big fans, right? A quarterback starting quarterback goes down You've got the backup here This is a guy who's been waiting for their opportunity forever Now they get the chance to jump in What can they do This is what it is for a lot of these guys and gals They're not And they're not like second stringers Or third stringers These are just young people Or or, uh, you know people who are Different characters Different gimmicks This This is their opportunity now to show what they've got So for Tony D'Angelo For Grayson Waller For the women in toxic uh, attraction For for Joe Gacy For a lot of them This is like the biggest matches That they're ever about to have In their entire life coming up soon Yeah, I mean, takeovers have always been Some would argue They're always, you know Majority of them are on the weekends Of a big WWE pay-per-view weekend And most of the time, the TakeOver shows would outdo the WWE pay-per-views. Heck, there was TakeOver shows that outdid the AEW pay-per-views that weekend. And so, I, like I said, it, this is, uh, we're going to find out a lot about NXT 2.0 with War Games. The TakeOver name is gone. Uh, a lot of these guys will be on the center stage for the first time, and it's them. It's them by themselves that weekend. There's no other wrestling that weekend. Uh, center stage uh, They have a lot to prove uh, But I think this is a, a good opportunity uh, To see some of these stars And we're going to see We're going to see some probably working NXT For the last time Or maybe the yeah. last couple of shows And we're going to see a lot of people uh, That who we didn't think uh, Were good or good enough yet um, You know make their mark So I, I'm excited that about whole, shows like that They have a lot then, to prove that, that, that whole men's team if you told on the of the the veteran team, so if we're talking Pete Dunn, Gargano, Champa, LA Knight, if you told me come Royal Rumble, any one of those four were on the main roster, I wouldn't be shocked. No, and sure. any one of them could be up and could be main roster combinations of of any of them. Johnny could be gone soon. Soon he could be in yeah. AEW. He could resign and stay in NXT. We don't know. You look at the at the women's side. Same thing for Raquel and Dakota. EO doesn't it feel like EO You know they tried to put her back in there with Zoe but like EO She's not she was awesome When she was the champ she was was. Incredible matches she's gonna do some crazy Shit at this on this show man She's gonna do something insane (laughs) Match and It just feels like this is Definitely the end of the year This is a pay-per-view for them to maybe Say goodbye to a lot of People who have been around for a while and maybe give Them a freshening to start the you know the year uh, up on the main roster, so I'm I'm pretty excited about this show moving forward. I, I really uh, think it's going to be a good one. I'm looking forward to it, 
and Koopaloop. I always look forward to our conversations. We will talk more AEW next week, as we said. Uh, but I didn't. I'm not sure. So we're recording a little bit early. Did, were there any games that you looked at this week to give out? Man, Gino, I've been bad. I, I, I've been. I've been bad. Uh, but every dog has its day. And let me tell you a quick story about a dog, a famous dog, about a dog that chases his tail. Clapping dogs, rhythmic dog, harmonic house street dogs, the dancing dogs, the funky dog, the nasty dog, the atomic dog. I got a dog locked for you, Gino. Let's hear it. I've got it. Are you kidding me? The University of Texas is just a complete, it's a total mess. And and Sarkeesian is there. They don't know what to do. Players are quitting. Uh, They've got coaches dating strippers. And those strippers have monkeys that are biting people that are walking around trick-or-treating. The University of Texas is a disarray. They're not going to a bowl game. And they're giving Kansas State points. This weekend in Austin, I'm going with a dog. I'm going with a funky dog. Kansas State plus three. That's this my feels lot. this feels like a team that is in some trouble right now. I oh, like man. that spot Ooh. a lot. I know Sark, man. Things go wrong and the floodgates all start to open over there. It's not going to be a good weekend for uh, a former USC coach. It wasn't a great weekend for USC last week putting up. Hey, you know what, Koopa. Uh, you know, uh, UCLA football scored more points than they did the basketball team did last night. The, <laughs> they the did football team put up sixty six <laughs> against my Trojans last week, and the basketball <laughs> team only put up sixty three against Gonzaga last night. So, uh, yes, yeah. So, uh, my man Coop again. Uh, I, I I can't say thank you enough. You have been such a a huge part of this show for so many of the episodes. You've given me so much time and given all the the listeners and the folks so many. Uh, uh, fun things and uh, and so many great thoughts and insights and scoops and all sorts of different information. Whether it's talking WWE, AEW, Raw, SmackDown, if we're talking independent stuff, whatever it is, man, uh, it's it's been a great friendship from the very beginning when we were talking Delta Down stuff back in the day. But wrestling was always sort of the thing that we connected on, uh, you know, the most. So it, it's been great, man. Thank you so much. The people love uh, love it when you're on, and uh, I, I I can't thank you enough. You and I are two dirty dogs, just like Big Bob and Dolph Ziggler. Have a good Thanksgiving, Gino. You too, brother. Give Chad a follow at the Chad Cooper. You can follow everything that he's got going on Twitter and on Instagram. Happy holidays to you and yours, buddy. Tell Mrs. Coop that she can uh, she can watch plenty of those Bella stuff uh, on on demand anytime that she needs. You got it, man. (laughs) (laughs) That is Chad Cooper, folks. Don't go anywhere. We got plenty more on. That's what she said. Thank you, Koopaloop, and happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. This was actually kind of like a post-Thanksgiving episode because a lot of the stuff we were talking about was actually after Thanksgiving, but I'm recording this before so that way I could have a few days to kind of hang out with the family a little bit and, uh, and celebrate Thanksgiving. So thank you again to all of our sponsors, Better Than Vegas. Thanks to Cindy Crava for jumping on for the interview and for all the support through the years. DRF.com and DRF Sports. We've had a lot of fun hanging out with Jack Fitzpatrick and and sharing all the great information with DRF Sports and with the DRF Cash Grab app. Eric, who's become, I mean, he's just part of the show now. Every episode, you know you're going to get some Eric. He helped us out twice this week with NFL Stable Duel. Better. You gonna you got that song stuck in your head, don't you? Play, race, win, stable duel. Friday, racing from Churchill, Aqueduct, Laurel, Del Mar. Can't forget one of our earliest sponsors ever, 
Sarah Candles, and Tyler Herringer over there. Thanks to Koopa Loop one more time. Thanks to all of you. Have a great, great holiday week. We will be back very soon with more. Don't forget, come follow me on Twitter for some Saturday racing action. It's me, Gino B. Fighting.